Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The mysterious Gram Box from Morbeer brings you this Brewing Network Sunday session. See the Gram Box affordable control unit at morebeer.com. We bought dogfish heads, old brew house. They just have a more of a connection with this living organism. And let me tell you, that was a piece of shit. Well, it doesn't help that we got like 12 dudes in here. I feel like Sam bent me over. Probably preferentially, I think you'd be naked the entire time. Sam's a walking boner. Well, don't get used to it. Going right now. Yeah. I don't get those cues that well. Maybe because I'm not freaking gay. Sometimes you need to take a step Keep back and just go. You're kind of small. I'd climb in that manhole pretty easy. In defense of your wiener, your balls are gigantic. <laughs> no. Seriously, weird oh, um, sideshow big. No. Sweet God. <laughs> now. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Happy ending to SF Beer Week. Finally. I think probably the healthiest SF Beer Week I have ever had, I've ever lived. Sick one for me. Easy for you to say. You guys, you went hard, huh? I went down. I lived four days. I was down. You guys, you never learn your lesson, do you? What's the lesson? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not learning it. Never. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, here was my philosophy this year with this whole SF Beer Week business. And I don't mean to not, uh, I'm not a hater about it necessarily. I think it's great. But in the Bay, especially, and, and increasingly all over the country, there's great beer events all year long. Uh, that's true. I got to go cram them all into, by the way, SF Beer Week is like 12 days long. I got to go cram them all into a 12-day week. Yeah. It's also strong beer month in San Francisco <laughs> during the month better. of February. So yeah, we already had a running yeah. start. I think. All right, that's what happened. So it just gets crazy. There's so many events to go to, yeah. and I feel like I like the year where it's spread. You know, and leave it to San Francisco. Uh, you know, to decide that a week is no longer seven days. Too. Yeah, that's right. By the way, we're so entitled over here. We're gonna make our week twelve days long. <laughs> so, pretty much, I think I went to. Maybe three events. Maybe not even that. I think I went to two events. I went to the opening gala last uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Right. Yep. And then Sourfest last Sunday. Right. And then that's it. I stayed home the rest of the week while you guys went out. Yeah. Didn't do anything. There's a lot going on. 
The thing is, a lot of people are in from out of town, like a lot of the brewers and stuff. So you you get to meet a lot more people than you don't normally run into when you're yeah. at, when you're at these events, right? Yeah, assuming you like people, that's good. Well, that's well. It, in fact, it is. <laughs> isn't it all about the people and make them up? It is. Yeah. I think I, I did get to hang out with some people just sort of outside of the events. I went to a couple of things that were the after events and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. But the Sour Fest down at Triple Rock, as always, Roger and his crew down there did a fantastic job. A lot bigger this year than it was mm-hmm. last year, which for me was a little disappointing because that, that just meant bigger crowds, right? Right. Remember the first year of Sour Fest? Yeah, it was like nobody. Like a private taste. It was great. It was. There was like 20 of us there. Well, I think it's because he uh, combined the Barrel Fest this year with the Sour Fest. Oh, good point. Good point. Brad is in studio with us. Brad Allen. JP called in sick today, and Brad's filling in. Um, Better looking than JP. Um, Maybe not funnier, though. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I'll get the scorecard up. Yeah. And we have a skeleton crew today because Doc is, it's a scheduled day off for Doc. It's in his contract or something. And uh, we had a we had a guest lined up that canceled on us on Friday, and then JP called in sick this morning. It was dwindling fast. I was waiting to hear that Tasty was uh, <laughs> going to Celebrator instead or something. Uh, no, no. I just kept waiting for the next phone call to come through. Getting nervous. It did happen. In, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. One time in the history of the BN did I get left alone in this chair years ago. It ended up being a, a water topic of all goddamn topics. For Doc to not show up for, uh, Plisse couldn't show up. It was me and Daniela talking about water for an hour and a half before Doc <laughs> finally showed up. Imagine the information that came out on that show. I'll have to go back and really? listen to that. It could be interesting. <laughs> Man, Actually, yeah. I thought it was pretty good, wasn't it? I just read from How to Brew, right. so it couldn't have been <laughs> right. that bad, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often like this that we all don't, you know, just shit happens, but... So today we're going to talk a little bit about bottling. We've got Brad here to help us do that. It's kind of going to be focused on bottling your sour um, and, and lambic style beers, your goose, things like that. Uh, and Brad's going to help us out with that. We'll talk about bottle sanitation. This was a topic we put together based on a lot of um, listener questions that have been coming to Moscow, I guess. When Moscow got the cancellation, he sent me over a whole list of questions about bottling that he's been getting. And uh, they want us to do a big elaborate show about it, but... We're not going to do the huge, elaborate bottling topic. We'll, we'll save that for later, but we're going to cover as much of it as we can for you today. Also, we'll be getting some live phone calls from the Celebrator uh, Beer Festival. It's their an- oh. uh, their anniversary party that has now become the closing bell of San Francisco Beer Week every year. And usually we, we broadcast from there, but it's really kind of a pain in the ass to do that. And we can never do it live. They don't, they don't have an internet connection. So I thought this year we'll stay in the studio, and Scott's down there, and he's going to do some live call-ins with some of the brewers and the organizers, so we will get the live feel of Celebrator mm-hmm. without having to go set up a show that nobody can hear. So kind of happy about that. That'll be good. Other than that, just a few updates for you. You know, JP and I are, are ever closer to this, uh, this, in, this TV show that they gave us, Brew Your Own Beer TV, BYOB TV. Yeah. How's that going? Wow. You must have had a busy weekend. It's been busy. It's down to the wire because we start uh, uh, filming already on Friday, coming up this this Friday. So we had our casting call on Saturday, totally Brewing Network style, just last minute, everything. A lot of homebrewers or what? There was a lot of homebrewers. I think we had something like 40 people show up. Um, Actually, no, there was probably more than that. Maybe we only got through 40. Maybe it was 100 or so. We got through 40. Mm. Um, And a lot of homebrewers. I met a lot of homebrewers on Saturday, a lot of nice people. 
Uh, I will say this about the the casting call situation. Uh, I don't like being the the guy on the power side of the table, or the guy on the couch, <laughs> or the guy on the couch. I am too big of a pussy to do the casting call. I felt so bad for these people. So they're so nervous. You know, they really want to be on the show, and, and re- some really, and you know, some home brewers. Let's face it, a lot of home brewers are not your most outgoing no, public not types, at all. right? That's why they choose that hobby. Yeah. So they're in there, and <laughs> and these poor guys and girls, they're like their hands are shaking. Sure. Should have gave everybody and, a beer when they walked. Oh, in. I, I just wanted to hug half of them. I felt like <laughs> such a dick on the, you know. But you got it. You're trying to get their personality and, and get a. You're trying to get to know them. That's. Uh, I've never done it. What the hell do I know about casting? But uh, we, we figured the idea is that you you get to know the people so that we know sure. what you know what we're going to get on the show and. So you're asking questions, and the poor guys are so nervous. They're, they're stumbling over the questions. They can't answer, and I'm just feeling terrible. I feel awful. So the show needs to become successful enough that next year I can just pay somebody to do the casting. There you go. Because I'm just, just going to hang out in the lobby with them where they're all feeling all nervous and stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to get drunk coach. down in the lobby with the cast. Yeah. Yeah, get them loosened up. Yeah, That's them. my side of the gig. I, I want to be with the people, not on the – sitting on that wrong side of the table, I did not like it all. Hmm. I was I – was, I think I was more uncomfortable than them. And the more they shook, what am I going to do when, when a friend of mine asked me this? You know, we have to, the show works by, uh, you know, we com- we're competing each week. We're setting up these challenges. And then people will get eliminated, kind of like Top Chef. Right. I may tell you this. If somebody cries oh. when they get eliminated, You're gonna cry. I'm going to cry <laughs> like a big pussy. I'm going to be standing there crying like a sissy. Yeah. If so- I swear if somebody cries, I'm not going to be able to hold it together. <laughs> we're going to have to reshoot the whole thing. <laughs> Hug it out. No way. <laughs> Keep the tears there. That's gold. How awful is it going to be when the host is sitting there crying like a girl? That's rad. <laughs> so did you have like resumes in front of you, these people? Or did you, was it kind of just like the same questions? I mean, what, how did that work? It was a lot, of the, a lot of similar questions. We had an idea of what we wanted to get to know. Of course, mm-hmm. we wanted to get to know what their homebrewing experience was. Uh, we, we, we filmed it all, by the way. So some of it you're going to get to see in the first episode. So that must have been intimidating for him. I think so. Having there the was, camera in there. There was, you know, uh, cameras and lights and uh, three guys on one side of the table and then just you on the other mm. side of this, like, big... It, it was like, um, what's that Donald Trump show? Apprentice. Um, like The Apprentice. It was like a big conference room table. Oh, like, nice. we kind of did it up, you know? Uh, not, I didn't. We didn't do it that way to make it intimidating. It just was the best set to to shoot, and so we asked a lot about you know how long have you been homebrewing? What's your experience? And and you don't have to be a homebrewer to be on the show. Um, you just have to be a beer enthusiast. And then of course we want a lot of homebrewers. We're gonna we're gonna put them on teams. So you'll if you're not a homebrewer, you, you'll you'll get put on a team with a homebrewer. So we had to get to know that stuff. And then we asked, you know, we wanted to know things like, like, what are you, what are your other interests? What else do you, we wanted to find out if anybody does any weird shit, like, you know, unicycling or something, you know, <laughs> just to get their personality. And I'll tell you, brewers don't really do much else <laughs> because that was a tough question to answer. Yeah, really. Kept uh, asking, kept asking, um, um, Sully helped us out. He was on. He was on the panel of us trying to help us get their personalities. I thought he'd be good and have good questions, and he did. But he kept asking, "What's your most embarrassing moment?" Nobody would answer. Right now, and you know, I know. First of all, it's kind of on the spot, right? But you know that everybody remembers their most embarrassing moment. And right when you get asked, "What's your most embarrassing moment?" Something flashes into your head, and they, none of them said that. Yeah. None of them wanted to say that. All they all just said, oh, "I can't think of anything." Yeah. And at, that was the time I was sitting there going, Psh, 
bullshit you can't think of anything. I want to know what just flashed through your mind that you're afraid to tell us. But not we didn't get one single answer. We finally huh. asked the question because I was like, look, it's just taking up time. No one's going to answer it. But uh, we got to see some weird talents out of people. Hmm. Some guy came in and like belly danced for us. Oh, some guy did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a dude. <laughs> well, you had it in San Francisco. Beer belly, <laughs> beer belly dancing. Uh, was yeah. kind of like hairy belly dancing. Oh, is what it was. Oh, okay. Was it JP? It was not JP. I think that'll probably make the footage. You'll, you guys will probably get to see that. Great. <clears throat> so it was fun, and it was a learning experience, and it was great to get to meet a lot of these people. We had some couples come in, um, so that was real cool. And uh, some people that we knew, you know, uh, that, that had heard, of, obviously, from the Brewing Network, people we've met down at festivals and things like that. So a lot of Brewing Network listeners, listeners came in there and, and tried out. And Good. That was cool to see those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought us a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. We asked them if their homebrew was to, to bring us some beer. We'll give it a shot. It wasn't part of their resume. We just wanted to know. and um, Wanted free beer. Wanted free beer. And I, I got kind of shit-faced by the end of the of the casting call. Like slurring my questions. Yeah, they're too nervous to drink, and you're you're not. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not nervous yeah, at all. For the beer. Everybody well, comes in. I'm like, yeah. Before you even sit down, open that thing up. Yeah. Pour me a glass. Nice. Well, that must have been a highlight for them talking about the beer. Were they pretty excited talking about the different recipes, or do you didn't get into that really? We we didn't get into it too much. Mm. You know, we had so many people waiting, we had to yeah. push through it. So that was unfortunate. JP tried to get into it a little bit, but we had to keep moving. Right. Some of the guys wanted some feedback about their beer, like <laughs> right there. <laughs> Tasting panel. Well, and some of them, look, you know how it is. Uh, it's not all great beer being brewed out there. And and some of them needed some work, to put it nicely. And, and, and some of those people were like, yeah, so, you know, so what do you think? And I don't like to lie, so I wasn't mean, but, you know, I was like, well, could use some work. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a couple things going on in there that you could eliminate, I think. Yeah. By the way, pass me that first... dump bucket. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, That'll man. make the first episode, too. <laughs> right. So that that makes me uncomfortable, too, having to do that. How many were fans uh, of the radio show? I don't know. There was, there was quite a few. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it was a third of them that were, um, but there, there was quite a few. Quite a few that had never heard of us or knew us or anything, and then, and then quite a few that, that did, did. So, yeah, we had some guys just coming in. Like, we had a guy come in with lunch meat shirt on, you know. Hmm. JP didn't even want to interview him. He just said, you're in. You get out. <laughs> uh, so so we got through, um, I guess, about 40 of them, and we've got some more uh, video submissions coming in, and then we're going to pick our, our finals here in the next uh, couple of days. Good. So we'll have our cast down, and we start shooting at Friday on Friday already, and then there's another episode on Saturday, so it's a busy schedule. Lots of hot chicks or what? Not as many as I had hoped for. Son of a bitch. I'll tell you what, though. The producer, he's got a hot little assistant. She came in about the middle of the casting call, and all of our eyes about fell out of our heads. (laughs) We've been looking at douchey homebrewers all day, and then this broad walks in. Mm. And uh, she's real cute. Nice. Bouncing around. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I guess I'll get to work with her quite a bit on the sets. She's, you know, production assistant or something. Mm. So... Looking forward to that. Private There's, meetings? Yeah. <laughs> to get some, some private uh, casting meetings or something. I don't know. Um, there were some chicks, though. Cool. You know, like I said, there were some couples in there. and We need females on the show just, you know, just to show that it's not all dudes homebrewing, you know. Or into craft beer. You know? yeah. 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 So we got some of that going on. And, 
you got some people that uh, don't know anything about home brewing. You know, chugging out of kegs, still, you know, doing keg stands before the casting call. Probably anybody do that for one of their talents? No, no. can I get a keg? Watch this, guys. <laughs> that would have been nice. That would be cool. Tie me. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but there were definitely some interesting characters. I don't want to give away the more interesting things because I think you're going to get to see it on the show. But we had some people come do some weird shit, which was kind of fun to watch. And uh, at least those we were, you know, those ones were easy to do. I didn't feel weird about it. If they're if they're not embarrassed to come in and do the weird shit they know how to do, then I don't feel bad about asking you questions. You know, so that was pretty cool. So I don't. I think it's going to be a good show, man. The the games are coming together now. At first, I'll be honest with you, I was a little like shit. I don't know going to be okay we'll do what we can but it's really coming together and i'm kind of proud of some of the contests we've been able to come up with to to balance some beer knowledge with some with something entertaining you know it's got to be fun to watch too and the closer we get to to really finishing the details the more excited i am about the games and the shows Mm. so i think it's going to be a pretty good show i think you're going to have people complaining that it's not all homebrew and you're going to have other people complaining that there's too much homebrew you know but the show is called Brew Your Own Beer, and we're trying. And but you also got to be able to watch it, you know. Otherwise, we don't get a season two, I suppose. Mm. So I think it's going to be good. Won't be the best show you ever saw. It's no Jersey Shore, I'll tell you that, Bebo. <laughs> but uh, you are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm trying, and it's all Bay Area based, right? All around San yeah. Francisco, yeah, East Bay. I think you have to be a California resident um, to have applied, and uh, then we'll be shooting it at different locations all over the Bay. Cool. Most of them we're not allowed to disclose. There's a lot of a lot of stupid laws, all because of the ABC. Mm-hmm. You know, like if a place has a, a retail license, you're not allowed to promote that we're doing it there. So, if for example, right. on one of the episodes, we wanted to invite a lot of people to it as a, as part of the background or as part of the fun, we're not allowed to do that at any place that has a retail liquor license because you can't advertise that you. Remember when Peter Hoey from Odenata yeah. came yeah, in? Yeah, you can't do the pint night thing. Hey, we're having a pint night at this place. Or, no, yeah, you can. I think the way you if you go you. back and listen to that show, he said, yeah, you can say, hey, Peter, where in the Greater Concord area will you be having a pint night on Tuesday? And then he can answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> but it has to be a specific question like that. Hmm. And it's the same thing with promoting the show. We have to be very careful about what we're allowed to advertise we're doing. So there's a whole legal team on that stuff that I have to meet with once a week and send our episodes to. And every update we do, I have to send it to the to the legal, which I guess is great so that we don't get in trouble. But you guys know me. I'm a fucking slacker. And now all of a sudden I got to dot my I's and cross the T's and send in the paperwork and make the phone call. These phone calls are at 11 a.m. sometimes. Do you believe that? Oh wow. God, that's freaking early in the day. <laughs> so, then you got to watch what you're saying on Sunday nights. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that they still don't listen. But I think maybe as the show goes in, the sponsors might start to listen to my show. Maybe the internet doesn't count. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Well, let me tell you this. You know, From the time that I pitched the show to the sponsors and the TV station to the time that they approved it, it was about seven or eight weeks. So, you know, I thought... Well, it's 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 done. You know, they're not they're not calling me, and I was kind of happy about that because I thought, well, look, I don't want to shower that much, and uh, I don't want to do all this work. And well, I was convinced that they had tuned in to the shows no, they, in that time, and were like, well, fuck this, we can't have this guy <laughs> no. representing us. So I'm pretty convinced that they've never heard our shows. There's no way, right? If you listen well, to me and JP on this show, 
and especially wasn't the Christmas show in that time period? Yes. Yes. We pitched the show right before the right. Jewish Christmas show. And Hanukkah. Show. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, they listen. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's not good in television. You insulted all those Jews in television. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that they don't. I, I should make it more difficult to go listen live. <laughs> more difficult than it already is. Uh, because it really could change everything. Maybe at this point it's too late. Maybe maybe even if they heard me, I'm locked in. Where else are they going to go, right? This show's got to air soon. Kind of hard to switch. It's true. You know, I have to I have to somehow make myself indispensable so that I can keep fucking around here on Sundays and not have to worry about it. But you know, once I'll tell you, I was always afraid of that too. Once money gets involved with things, like they start, they're not paying me big money, but I know that they're paying money to produce this show, and. Once that gets involved, everybody gets real uptight about stuff, you know? What you say, where you go. Sure. They haven't given me any, other than like the rules that are ABC rules, though, they have not really given me any guidelines or rules. They they have an unhealthy amount of faith in me Hmm. to not fuck this up or not embarrass them. This season. This season, that's right. Which actually means they haven't listened. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. There's no way they could have listened. So... But you know, I can be responsible. I think yeah. I can. I'll put my game face on. I'll uh, trim my beard once a week, maybe even shower once a week, and uh, I'll I'll try to make them look good. Should I get a haircut, Bevo? Do I have to? I was asking some broad the other night out at a bar who was going to watch the show if I should chop off my hair. No, I think you should tease it up like Snooky. <laughs> get Snooky bangs. Like tie, flatten it out, and then tease right. it with a comb. <laughs> you could rock that shit. I should. I want to be the I want to be the Snooky of the beer world, all hoary. <laughs> it's <I> opportunity. <laughs> there is. Yeah. I think it's wide open. Right. <laughs> there is no other Snooky in the beer world yet. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. It could be me, me or JP. You know? <laughs> oh God, JP. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you'll be able to watch the show come April on Coffee TV Twenty. It is not a Brewing Network production. They've just. Uh, Hired us on to create the show for them, and I'll be hosting it. JP is in there all the way through. You'll see him on the show, but it is a coffee TV show. Coffee TV 20, Channel 13, starts in April, and we start shooting already next week. It's only local, right? It's only the Bay Area. It is only local, but I've talked to the TV station about making sure the episodes are available online. And I basically threatened them. I said, you know, if you don't figure it out and drive that traffic to your website... My listeners will. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. someone's going to figure it out and then share it with the world. You might as well sponsor it and put it on your site. Um, so I just warned them and said, it's going to be out of my control. I just I know what's going to happen, that most of our listeners are not in the Bay Area, and they want to check it out. So they told me that they're going to get to work on putting it on their website. So I'm hoping that okay. whole, whole episodes are on the site. So only like 30-minute shows. You know, it's like a regular 30-minute slot. Reality TV. I would have thought That's they right. given you an 11-minute slot. Yeah, you and me both. I'm surprised they gave me a slot at all. So so what is it? Is it CBS, ABC? What, what's the affiliate? Or the... Well, I, you know, I don't even know that it's an actual ABC oh, okay. affiliate. They run ABC News at night. Okay. And then during the day, it's a lot of, like, Jerry Springer and, uh, and reruns. You know, there's some Seinfeld stuff, I guess. And then they have a small lineup of original programming. And we're part of that. Um, I think there's maybe only four shows even. We might be like the fourth show in the original lineup. There might be a few more than that. 
And, you know, they're just, they're really all about being a local TV show. It's it's pretty old school, the station. Even when you go in there, the way they do things and the, the program they put on, they like that kind of old school uh, local feel. I When I think, when I say that, I start to think about that Weird Al Yankovic movie. What's it called? Uh, oh, yeah. UFC? UHF. UHF. Yeah. <laughs> I start to think that it's like a UHF station. But it's not like, it's not that. It's like a lot of old furniture, like brown and green and <laughs> well, orange. And- there is. And they have like a big green screen so that you could do like cheesy television too, you know? I'll have to use that for something, nice. I suppose. Nice. Yeah. Justin Point oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just take random beer videos all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's a lot of good material out there, I'm sure. But I presume that at some point I'll have to shoot promos and stuff for the show. So maybe we can do. I just want to do creepy stuff with the green screen, even if it doesn't make sense. Like I don't even fun. want it to make sense. There you know, yeah. like Niagara Falls behind me. I don't care. Just be fun. <laughs> Did you really meet a Wayans brother? Uh, was that a cardboard cutout? That was a cardboard cutout of one of the Wayans brothers was in the casting room. <laughs> nice. But we thought if we took a picture properly, it could look like I was hanging out with Damon Wayans Not during the during the casting. It wasn't even close, huh? Not even a little bit. Yeah. Where'd you see that? Facebook? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Facebook. Watch out for that mic. Yeah. <laughs> you are an idiot. <laughs> she just rammed her head into the microphone. So we'll see. It's the first show of its kind. We, I'll oh. give it that. Another first for the BN, right? There's, you've never seen a reality show of homebrewers competing against each other and doing stupid shit to get to the next <laughs> episode. So I'm, I'm proud of that. I feel good about that. No matter what happens, you know, season two or no season two, we were first. Well, you're you like know. a new Emmy category. You might be the only one, you know, the first one to win. That's yeah. right. I think I'm winning all the awards for next year's BNAs. Yeah. Yeah. Or it'll all be for this show. I'll give myself best host and best casting guy. I don't know. Anyway, it'll be fun. So look for that on Coffee TV 20. I think there's also a Facebook page if you want to go check it out. Look up uh, Facebook. Brew Your Own Beer TV. Well done, Brad. He's right on <laughs> like it. Like JP's right here. <laughs> what does JP have? Anybody know? Yeah. Besides, besides, uh, where do we begin? Additionally, I don't know. Where do we begin? Uh, if he was making out with Terrence, he might have the swine flu. Oh. Why? Does Terrence have that? Terrence has the swine flu. He does, really? Yeah. Isn't that serious? Dude. Yeah. Like he could die. It's not like a super serious case, but okay. they gave him the swine flu medication. So. Wow. How did he, how did he, he got so sick he had to go to the hospital and that's how he found out? Or No, his wife just. Oh, that's right. His wife's a nurse. Yeah. Okay. And then she was like, yeah, you should go to the doctor. And then they were like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. See, I would have laid around for two weeks before. It would have taken me until I was half dead and Chad had to drag me to the hospital before <laughs> yeah, I, I found think, out. I think he had a fever of like over 100 for more than a few days before he went in. Oh, Ooh, right. That's not good. That's nothing. As long as it's not over 106 is my philosophy. I think it was a solid 103. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. All right, thanks a lot to our sponsor today, More Beer. You can go over to morebeer.com and get all your homebrewing needs. They ship quickly. You can find literally just about everything that you need for homebrewing. They've been our sponsor for a long time, so please go support them. Um, Today's show, as I said, we're going to be talking about bottling beer. And uh, we'll also be doing a little bit of an SF Beer Week wrap-up when our producer, Moscow, is calling in live from the Celebrator Beer Festival down there in Berkeley. It's at the Trumer Browry in Berkeley, and he'll be calling in with different brewers. Um, we'll get to talk to uh, Tom Daldorf, who's the organizer over there, and, um, of course, owns Celebrator Magazine. And hoping to talk to guys like Brendelson. I know he's in town and from Firestone and a few other people. Got to hang out with, with Matt Brendelson last night. Good um, guy, man. Yeah. You guys all were hanging out last night with the Heretic 
crew. Was that like a whole day of heretic stuff you guys were doing yeah. yesterday or something? No, no, we met up with them. We we went to Ankerstein to the um, home brewing party. The home brewing party they give for the uh, home brew club of the year, the California home brew club of the year. Okay, uh, which was who again? The Falcons. Not those Falcons. From, yeah. Uh, from Burbank, mm-hmm. and uh, the Heretic team had gone up to Russian River to, and uh, Lagunitas for like beer research kind of stuff. Okay, and then we they met up with us there at uh, at, Anchor. at Anchor, and then so did uh, Sean Paxton and uh, Matt Brunelson. So okay, from there we all went uh, to Twenty One A. Nice, yeah, that's where I was waiting. Yeah. I saw you guys all there. Yeah, I know that Push was in town, and and they did a little day at Russian yeah. River hanging out, and I got to hang out with Push and Mrs. Push, and and yesterday that was a lot of fun. Push ended up, I don't know what he was thinking, he left Mrs. Push with us to party. What a guy. Yeah. What a gentleman. It, it he is was a just gentleman. her turn to hang out, I think. He went and took care of the kids, and yeah. we got Mrs. Push all liquored up. We had a good time. <laughs> Hanging out, kept serving her beer. She was fun. Oh, yeah, we left early. How, how was it? How did it turn out? That turned out great. Stumble out of there. She's right? more fun than Push is, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, Push yeah. is a stick in the mud compared to Mrs. Push. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> And Matt stayed around for a while, um, so that was very cool. And uh, Paxton, that Monk's Blood, the 09 Monk's Blood yeah. on tap. I don't know if it's still on tap, but if you're around the Bay Area, go to 2 and A. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then they had the cans of the, the recent version, but right. man, last year's was just amazing in the keg. Yeah, that was a good really smooth, year. yeah. There was another pale ale I had there, like 5 to 1. 5 South. 5 South. Yeah. Is, that, uh, is that a 2 and A beer? Yeah, I believe so. That was a pretty rad pale ale. Yeah. I had about... Seven pints of that, I think. Well, like a session pail, I yeah. guess. You'd explain it that way, right? I don't know. How I would you describe so. it? I think so, yeah. It was, you know, it was, I still think it was 5%, uh, you know, 5.2% or so. It was hoppy enough, but not bitter and smooth. It was a real nice beer. It was, it was just yeah. what I needed because I had been drinking that homebrew all day. You know, some of it was good. And, um, I, you know, I needed something light. So I had a, a couple pints of that. Then I had the 09 Monk's Blood, the, the Paxton and 2-1-A collaboration that, like you're saying, was just awesome. Hmm. Um, and then I went back to the 5 South. So I recommend that, especially now during Strong Beer Month there. If you need a palate cleanser and something to chill out with after you're trying all the strong beers, grab a 5 South. Or a Bitter American. Yes, the new one in, yeah. in the can. That's awesome. Yeah. They're changing a lot of their their labels, um, and they all look great. Yeah. I think Sully has the best packaging in beer right now. I mean, his designs are fantastic. So, and that Bitter American is is one of them. They changed the Brew Free or Die. I don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. new logo. That looks real nice. And then the back in black is just is just cool. Everyone on the East Coast loves that one. Oh. Got the motorcycle on it. Yeah, that's an East Coast look right there. <laughs> Revere. Yeah. Paul Revere in the front. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, good stuff happening at the 2-1-A. Did anybody here go to Barley Wine yesterday? No? Brad, you didn't go? Skipped it. Too uh, many people. Yeah, I, I don't I know. I guess they didn't judge the beers this year. That's also. what I heard. So, a lot of you know the BJCP guys usually come rolling over to Anchor, and I guess that didn't happen. So, sounds like a lot of people kind of skipped out. I don't know what happened there, but huh. logistically, maybe they didn't have a location. or Yeah, I think I heard they lost their judging space. Mm. The, across the, the street. The Peacock Lounge across the street. There's some renovations and stuff going on over there. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I, do, I wouldn't want to go to that festival without the location open across the street, because it's just too crowded. Yeah. yeah. But... It's too bad because it has always been one of my favorites. I do like the Barley Wine Festival. Mm-hmm. I just can't, you know, it's just, and not that I mind being in a crowd, but if you can't get a beer or hold your beer or set it down somewhere, well, it's just too much. 
two ounce pour is not going to do it for you. No. <laughs> I th- Matt was telling me that one guy um, might have been Todd from Fifty Fifty. He was mentioning one of the brewers. One of the brewers was there. Got all fifty <laughs> barley wines. Just at once. He just ordered them all, found himself a table, got all 50, and then they all just stood at that table for a couple hours tasting each one. And cool. I thought, well, look, if you're going to do it, that's the way. Because you, you only want to have to order once at that when it's that crowded. I went to a nice uh, tasting with Todd Ashman from 5050. He had the um, Eclipse, um, the, the stout he does, the Imperial Stout. And yeah. He had about uh, seven different bourbon barrel-aged um, versions and then two brandy barrels. Awesome beer, man. You know, really we have awesome. those beers, too. I, I know. I brought it up, and I, I didn't really know about it, because I guess Scott kind of went up there and grabbed them or something. Yeah, well, Scott went there, and Todd was like, hey, bring this to your crew. Right. And we've just been waiting for a segment to do it. Scott, I told Scott to keep the beer so that I don't, you know, on, on one drunken Friday night, just start cracking open some Eclipse, you know? So I guess, you know, apparently, like, Todd Ashman, he's one of the pioneers in, you know, barrel aging and... and um, just a big deal, this beer. And uh, I started talking to him, going, hey, I've never had this beer, thanks. And he goes, now, wait a minute, I know you and Justin. He goes, what happened to those beers I gave you? Right. Who was that guy? He starts going, was oh. that guy with you? Oh. Like, he got Did nervous. you set him at ease? I did. Okay. I did. Oh, wait, good. no, 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 we have those. Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he just... was like... Wait a minute. <laughs> I just gave to some <laughs> random guy with yeah. a hop grenade shirt Guy on. with a good yeah. line of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, you, if you're not familiar with this beer, it's an Imperial Stout. And so he had all these different um, uh, bourbon barrels. And the one that was a big deal was a Pappy Van Winkle bourbon barrel. Apparently this beer is selling for like $165 a bottle. Really? Yeah. I wonder if that's one of the ones we have. I don't know, but I tasted it. The, Do you the, think we should sell it I, instead of drinking? Not to bash anybody, but $165 for a bottle of anything? Yeah. I don't know. Right. The Pappy Van Winkle is what uh, Paxton's beer was. Um, the wheat wine that they did up in Sacramento with Peter Hoey when he was at Sac Bruin. Oh. That was where Pappy Van Winkle barrels. I um, see. Like, I'm really, just starting to learn a, about it. That was a great beer. I mean, and w- do you know the story with Pappy Van Winkle? Or? It's just their high. It's just their high end of the the. It's like a 22 year old barrel yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. the high end of their their Van Winkle. That there's a whole line of bourbons that they do. Mm-hmm. And 165 dollars, I think, probably sounds about right for it. Uh, I you know I'm not saying I you know agree with that should be know. the price. I, but right. I'm not uh, I'm not bashing 50, 50, 50 or Todd or anything, but now, I don't did, think any beers. Oh, are that, well, is the eclipse of that? That's about the price of what the Van Winkle bourbon sells for. I okay. think so, so. Maybe that's it. See, I don't know much about the bourbon. I'm not. Is big... Todd the guy who told you that that's what it's selling for on yeah, eBay? Yeah. Does that bother him that, that there's a black market beer? Or he just brought it up. He I didn't see. really say either way. Um, the owner was there too, and he was just kind of. Hey, you know, whatever. I've uh, heard that that some, and I and I always wonder if it's bullshit, if it's like a story. But I've heard that brewers they don't like that that their beer gets sold on eBay. But I tend to think that somewhere in the back of their mind, it's kind of cool that people like you kind of might feel good that people are buying your beer and that it's so coveted that they're then selling it on eBay for ten times the price. So I think when brewers, I'm just putting this out there. I think when brewers go, oh, yeah, I don't like that. You know, you should buy it. I'm call, I call bullshit. <laughs> I think they feel well, pretty damn good about that. But then you kind of run into the issue of okay, this guy that's selling you the beer, how did he treat it? Um, right. Where is it coming from? Uh, is it still the beer that's in that bottle, or is he just sending you a bottle right, or something? Right. I, you know, yeah. it's just all those questions I would have. Sure. Yeah, as the brewer, you know, you, it's not a good representation. When the value is way up, the expectation is up as well. So you're saying that guy's only going to be disappointed in this beer, right? Like he told us it was 165 dollars. Like that was a big hype, right? Like oh, wait till you have this beer. It's 165 dollars a bottle. So it was like oh, okay. 
then when it came to it, it was like, okay. I mean, it could have just been one of the other bourbon barrels. To me, I mean, sure. I just didn't see the um, just the big flavor profiles or the right you know, the the little details. But I mean, I don't know. I just think that's just it, it drives the market way too much. I mean, that's kind well, of gouging, and that's, I don't know. It is. The and, eBay but, thing. And, and that's kind of how legends are built, right? You yeah. make a beer that you can never make again the same way because of the whatever barrel or whatever blend. It gets some great reviews when it was being served, and then there's only a tiny quantity left, and boom, you have a legend. Right. So... And you only have, what, 60, 55 gallons of it, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. But, I mean, look at, like, the younger, you know, dollar an ounce, um, you know, beers like that, dark Lord or whatever. Um, right. There, it's a lot of hype. Is that what younger is? It's a buck an ounce? Some people are getting that. Yeah, you know, retail, whatever, I you know, when they do a release. But. So so, so if I go to one of the younger releases, it's, um, what do they pour that? In eight ounce glasses? Ten. Oh. ten so I pay ten bucks for that ten ounce glass, right. typically? Phew. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, I, the, beers, wow. the beers are great, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's, you know, is the value there? I, I, you know, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's either. tough. That's a tough uh, debate. Well, I hope we have that beer in our lineup. We're going to yeah. get to that segment one of these times. It and... was a very good beer. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Very good beer. I think he gave Moscow like seven of them cool. and said, hey, bring this down to the boys. And then instead of drinking them off the air, we thought we'd share them with you folks at home, at least in, in letting you hear about them. We're going to do a little side by side. I'd love to hear someone call in if they know more about the beers or they're at the tasting. Um, right. I know there was a couple BN listeners there that night. It was at Cho. Um, so they paired it with chocolate and some cheeses. Ah, uh, um, okay. So I'd love to hear more about it. I asked Todd all the questions I could while he was there, but um, I think he didn't want to get into too much. Um, right. It just seemed like the crowd was, you know. Uh, so apparently I have so to get, uh, I'll have to get JP sick again. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you when that segment's going to come up, Brad, and then you can go, like, dose his beer or something. Take him out for a beer on Saturday, get him all sick. Yeah, we can do that. Any other good uh, SF Beer Week events you guys want to mention that you got to attend? Uh, you know, I mean, Beer Revolution's been doing some great Meet the Brewers. A uh, ton of homebrewers always down there and beer lovers. I mean, you can always find somebody you know or meet somebody that you haven't known, and they're into beer just as much as you are. So, Yeah, I like that place. Yeah. yeah. You know, so places like that. I mean, wherever there's a Meet the Brewer um, event going on during SF Beer Week, just show up. And they usually overlap, you know, only two or three in a day, um, all over the place. So I went those are to, great events. I went to Beer Revolution on Friday uh, uh, with Mike White. And the only thing I didn't like was that there were so many damn beers to choose from on the board. So, obviously, upgraded, so yeah. I'm complaining here about an obviously very positive thing. <laughs> so many beers that I'm just going, man, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, yeah, they just tripled their taps. Uh, did yeah. they? For their first anniversary uh, two weeks ago. Them. Wow. We were there the weekend before, and then they tripled them. And they've got that great bottle selection, too. So yeah. it makes the selection even harder to pick. Well, we know the owner, Fraggle, and his, is it his girlfriend or his wife uh, that also owns it? It's two of them. I say wife, Rebecca. I would Rebecca. vote wife, too. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Fraggle and Rebecca, really nice people, and I'll tell you what, I'm proud of them, because the place has, has barely been open a year, and it's a huge success, and I think that it's a success because it's so well done. Like, it's just a cool place to go. The beer tastes great. The staff's pretty cool. And you're looking at that tap list. If you turn around, there's great bottles right behind you. Right. Tons of bottles and coolers right behind you. So they have it all. Yeah. Sour beers. I mean, you name it. Whatever you want. You know Gluten-free who, beers. You know who charged in on us when we were hanging out there is Homer. 
Oh, yeah. That's where Homer likes to go hang out after yeah. work, too. Yeah, yeah. Homer from Oak Barrel down there, he likes to go over to Beer Revolution afterward. Yeah, yeah we've seen him there before. <laughs> he showed up in his uh, BN Winterfest hoodie. Oh, yeah. So he was rocking the Brewing Network gear, too. So that was a proud moment. Oh, yeah. I like seeing Homer. He's a man. Yeah. Homer and his whiskey, too. You gotta, you gotta watch out. Don't try to, don't try to party with Homer if you can't keep up. Yeah, what was that stuff? Seventeen ninety two or something. He had us drinking the other day. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh, you were at the shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, have a beer. You know, wherever you get there, you gotta have a beer. Yeah, you gotta have something in your hand. You oh, can't you, just walk in there and no, you start having a conversation. Say no. It's no. like going to my aunt Gloria's house and telling her you're not going to have spaghetti. You don't do that. You eat it. It's a big no no. And that's that's what Homer. <laughs> you tell Homer I I did it once because I was I had been sick and I was just getting off of the sickness and I didn't want to drink. I stopped in there for something. Yeah, why don't you have a beer? No, that's all right, Homer. What? <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, I'm yeah, not, he won't yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not feeling well. I got work to do. Hey, beer's a beer. You got to have a beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he was yeah. offended. And uh, it's always nice when you go down to Oak Barrel, too. Uh, Kel and uh, Ben, they work down there, and they just started to label uh, Dying Vines uh, Brewery. And they always have their beer on tap. So that, That's their stout, new brewery, right? Right. Um, so these are great guys. You ever go to Oak Barrel, just say what's up to Kel and Ben and try their beer. You know, it's on top there usually. So We had their stout the other day, right? Yep. yep. Great yeah, that, stout. That was a good stout. Yeah. yeah. They're making nice beer. And so Kel, who works there, well, you said Kel and Ben. Yep. Uh, I didn't get to talk to Ben too much, but I talked to Kel about a couple of things. And that guy knows his shit oh, yeah. when it comes to yeast and oh, yeah. when it comes to barrels and you name it. Cheese making. And cheese making. Big and cheese I think he's a chef. Yeah. I think he went to culinary school on top of all of that. Great barbecue. Cal really knows what he's talking about. I'm looking forward to more beers out of Dying Vines because he's just a smart yeah. kid about beer. Yeah, he knows a good beer. No, he knows how to make it as well. Yeah. Th- it seems like he might know wine, too. Yeah. I think he was talking to us about wine yeast there, too. So, guy knows what's going on. Yeah, look for those beers in the bay. All right, next week we're live at Downtown Joe's in Nepas. And uh, come join us out there. Colin wants to see your faces. And it's going to be another tattoo show. Tattoo your face. Yep. Colin's brought in, uh, I think his name's Jason, if I remember right. I forget. But uh, the same tattoo Beaver guy as last time. Beave, you remember the guy who <laughs> inked, who put your tramp stamp on? It's not a tramp stamp. Yeah, you moved it up six inches, so it's not a tramp it's stamp. It's my shoulder blades. Does it need a touch-up, or are you good? I'm not going to be there, but... Um, oh. You're not there next week? I've told you that like 12 times. Yeah, yeah, I probably did. Bachelorette party. Is, I hope Terrence is going. we got to get his touched up. If he doesn't have the swine flu. Right. Is his name like The Rob or something? The Rob. I think that was his name. Yeah, it's The Rob. The. Damn, mine does need touched up, too. It does? Hold it. Let me see. No. How bad is it? Not bad, just my my line, like my black lining. He does free ones, you know, free touch-up. Well, good. Why don't you skip that bachelorette party and come get uh, tattooed? We'll, we can add on to it. Or bring the bachelorette party. Uh, yeah. Down, down, Joe. See, Brad, like... you're smarter than I am. <laughs> I'm pretty good with a Sharpie. <laughs> Sharpie just would work, too. It would hurt a lot less. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's only room for like six or seven tattoos, and Colin tells me that people are clamoring for them this oh. time. So you got to contact Colin over there at Downtown Joe's if you want to get. You got to schedule ahead of time if you want to get your tattoo. I think we tattooed three of my friends and staff at the last show: Terrence the Black, the Beave, and Sam. Got his too. Got his bicep tattoo. <laughs> Everybody got. And now it's only hop grenades. You can't go in there with some stupid. 
Maybe a unicorn. I'll maybe allow a unicorn. But uh, but hop grenades and unicorns, and that's it. You know, don't go in there with your a picture of your baby that you want put on. And by the way, don't get tattoos of babies on you because they grow up. Well, babies are already <laughs> ugly, and then you put them in ink on your nasty skin, and they're twice as ugly. And no one likes to look at that except you. Get it tattooed to the back of your eyelids if you want to get a tattoo of your baby. Interesting. I don't know if you guys... You ever, <laughs> have you seen these baby tattoos? They're, they're ridiculous. I think most... It's, they all look like a cross between Buckwheat and the Gerber baby. <laughs> Every one of them. I think oh. most portrait... Uh, unless you go to a really good portrait tattoo artist. Right. Most portrait tattoos are terrible. It's true. A friend of mine has his grandma on his back and his, oh, God. his grandma looks like Hank Hill. <laughs> oh, Maybe man. his grandma did look like Hank Hill. She didn't. Oh. <laughs> See, that's another one. Let's face it. Uh, listen, I'm sorry grandmas of the world, but you're not the most attractive human beings left on the planet and you don't go getting a tattoo of that. Now, pinup girls, I've seen some nice pinup girls get tattooed, but that's because it's a cross between like a cartoon and a real image, and that can be tattooed. Hmm. Brad, you don't have a, a tattoo of a baby on you or something. Uh, you? You're not. looking at me I like do not. A... <laughs> I'm just curious, are you getting the tattoo of the biscuit you know, anytime soon? Well, now that's a good question, and let me tell you, if I had a dog that was not a pit bull that I loved as much as the biscuit, I probably would get the, the old dog tattoo. But how ghetto is it to get a tattoo of a pit bull, right? Like, it's not usually, people don't do that That's because ghetto. it's their dog. They do it because they're gangsta. <laughs> and, and imagine me, right on my, I should do it on my bicep, right on my skinny bicep, get a pit bull right there. It would just be ridiculous. And a Rottweiler on the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drive around with your ram. <laughs> yes. But I kind of do want a tattoo of the biscuit, you know? But look, I loved my dad, too. I'm not putting his ugly face on my body, you know? Yeah. Tattoo? Uh, 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 Tasty, are you going to get your Labradoodle tattooed? No, no, I just don't feel that kind of bonding. No, no, no. I think you could I draw get, a line, you know? You could get your whole back done as a Ooh, Labradoodle. Yeah, really. You've got the hair going back there. Yeah, exactly. Just have him tattoo it just so that it fits just right the in the hair spots. all I need, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gross. Just buy a T-shirt. All right, so come out to Downtown Joe's. You can get tattooed, and we're going to be talking to Colin. I think we'll get an update of Tasty's uh, Pale Ale recipe. Yeah, there's a new version. Experiment, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. New version out. Mm-hmm. Have you tried it yet? I know I haven't. Okay, so we'll be doing that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and he gave me some other topics, too. I just forget. But that's next Sunday. Come join us out there. Subscribe and join the BN Army. We're giving away one of our more beer donation giveaway raffles tonight. Um, and uh, if you sign up to become a recurring donor in the BN Army, you're automatically entered to that. Also, just helps us stay alive around here. And uh, we need all the help we can get. So do that. Uh, get all these updates on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. Thank you. Uh, send your show ideas to Scott the Jew at Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's Scott thebrewingnetwork.com. And send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, do you have announcements for us, Chat? I do. All right. Chat's announcements are brought to you today by Cicerone. You can go to cicerone.org and, uh, you know, find out how to become a certified Cicerone. Our good friend, Nicole Ernie, now works for Cicerone. And I think she organizes their tests and things like that. So Proctor. That staff just gets better and better over there at yeah. Cicerone, I'll tell you. And it's just a great organization. Check out Cicerone.org and figure out how to become a certified 
Cicerone. All right. AHA Club Only Competition is coming up for March and April. It's Bach. Entries are due Saturday, April 16th for that one. Judging will take place on the 23rd. Entries are 7 bucks per entry. Uh, May is going to be Angel Share, Wood Age Beers. And uh, this is going to be hosted by our friend Steve Kinsey, Sven, Crown of the Valley Brewing. Oh, yeah. Uh, down in Pasadena. Uh, entries are due May 5th. So if you have any Wood Age beers, uh, enter them. I believe the category is 22C for that one. Uh, HA Rally's coming up the 24th uh, this week at Highland Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. Go out and support the AHA and check out Highland Brewing. 27th, they're going to be at St. Arnold Brewing Company in Houston, Texas. March 12th is going to be at Stone Brewing Company in Escondido. And uh, April tel- uh, 10th, right here in San Francisco at the Rogue Ales Public House uh, for another AHA Rally. Uh, also, April 29th, uh, 30th is the Alamo City Cerveza Fest Homebrew Competition and Symposium. Deadline for this one is the 3rd of April. This is being put on by the Bexar Brewers Homebrew Club. You can go to bexarbrewers.org for all the details on that one. Also, the Indian Peaks Ailers Homebrew Club is having their Peak to Peak Pro-Am Homebrew Comp. Entries will be accepted between March 1st and the 11th. Uh, judging will, will be... Uh, at Left Hand Brewing in Longmount, uh, Colorado, on March 19th. And uh, basically, they'll have a little award ceremony after the judging, and the Pro-Am winners and all the other winners will be announced. You can go to IndianPeaksAilers.org for all the details. Uh, the National Homebrew Competition deadline is coming up here. Uh, it's right around the corner. March 21st through the uh, 30th um, is going to be the uh, window. Uh, online registration uh, opens the... Uh, Tuesday this week uh, and first round uh, judging is like April 2nd uh, through the 23rd in each respected uh, area uh, the Bay Area Masters are putting on the World Cup of Beer competition again this year this is a big one uh, this is going to take place all the judging and uh, after partying awards at Trumer Browry in Berkeley and uh, the deadline for this one is Saturday March 12th the entry window is open and uh, April 2nd will be the judging at Trumer. Uh, drop-off locations are Oak Barrel in Berkeley, uh, More Beer in Concord and Los Altos. You can check out all the info at worldcupofbeer.com for the details for that one. And then this one is the, uh, the last one I have, Puget Sound Pro-Am Homebrew Competition. This is up in the Seattle area, greater Seattle area. And uh, this one's pretty cool. It sounds like there's, uh, I don't know, like 15 different breweries that are involved. And basically, if you... Um, Brew recipe and it wins, and they're happy with it. They will enter it in the pro am at GABF uh, end of the year. So entries are due Tuesday, April twenty sixth for this one. You can go to uh, bewbc.org for all the details. That's all I got. All right, good job. Don't forget the chats announcements brought to you by Cicerone. Go to cicerone.org and check it out. Okay, I think we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we can do our feedback, or we can even save it till later if we need to. But uh, we got feedback to do, and we're going to get into bottling with uh, Brad. It's going to help us do that. And, of course, the other guys. And uh, maybe we'll even talk to Sammy the Douche, who is uh, delivering, delivering something to Bevo now. What are you doing here, Sam? Just uh, hanging out. Let's yeah. see your tattoo. <clears throat> You, does your tattoo need touching up? We're going next week for touch-ups, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looks pretty actually, good. Actually, you, you might be missing a little ink. 
I can't tell from here. I guess that could just be the fade, how, how the color kind of fades. Black Not the black, the green. I'm talking about like the uh, bottom of the hop leaves. Yeah, yeah. Did your bicep get smaller or the tattoo no, got bigger? It got bigger. Oh. <laughs> it got bigger. <laughs> you haven't been working out, have you, Sam? Yeah, I'm lazy. Yeah, you haven't been doing much of anything, have you? <laughs> How's school going? Are you done with school yet or what? No. Aren't I'm, you only, I'm only taking one class. High school, right? Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get my GED. <laughs> so, Sam. so he can get a J-O-B. Oh, my God. <laughs> G-O-B. You're about to trade for... Like, aren't you supposed to go to nursing school soon or something? You're going to be a nurse? I'll still do my prerequisites, but yeah. Let me tell you something. You know, when I was laying in the hospital, yeah. I thought about your career path. And uh, I'm not sure that you have what it takes to be a nurse. Oh, oh my God. I mean, you kind of have to care about people. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, no. And um, you gotta you gotta really be serious about things. Like, you know, if someone is in pain, you can't just make some stupid joke and go like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't hurt." Ah. They won't forget if they're drugged up. <laughs> just get just give them more drugs, right? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe you will be fine then. Will you be able to steal Dilaudid and bring it home for us? Now, that's what I'm talking about. And you'll know how to administer it, so we should have a Dilaudid show. That's what we should do. Can we not make him lose his license before he gets it? <laughs> we never use his last name on the show. He'll be all right. They won't know. Yeah, his last name is The Douche. <laughs> that's true. They'll know. I hope that's on your license, on your name tag at work. <laughs> all right, uh... Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about bottling. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska, in cans and on draft. 
So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network, saving your life one beer at a time. See the new uh, ass hat sweater that my pit bull is wearing? I did. He looks very comfortable. <laughs> very warm. Even uh, a little warmer than he might need. she might need to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our good friend Kim Wood knitted the biscuit a ass hat flavored sweater. And uh, it's about the ugliest thing you could put on a dog. Yes, yes. Which uh, is really why I like it. <laughs> and it's bright, too. Just oh, yeah. give it time. It'll be dingy like the actual ass hat is, so... Yeah, uh, I got I got to take her for a walk in it and see what kind of reaction I get from the neighborhood. And uh, I think Berkeley would be yeah, perfect sure. for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, San Francisco might be more interesting even than Berkeley. <laughs> be walking that dog there. I kind of like it though. It's hideous, and uh, I think Biscuit likes it too. I think it's warm. I think she's getting in touch with her feminine side for the first time in her life. You know, for a pit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She's getting old. She doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what I'm going to do without that dog. You don't mind if I stuff her, right? No, Chef? that's cool. Just I'm put the casters on her so we can move around. That's what I'm thinking. Tilt her head the right way. Well, I think I'll, be, I'll use your microphone, B. Oh, I didn't know we were back on the air. Oh, we're back on the air. <laughs> <laughs> what 
is wrong with you today? My headphones were turned off. I see. I usually just put um, a tabletop on her back. She'll be useful. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Turn her into a little like bar. And yeah. Make a table. Out. I'll feel bad if I make a table. Out. That's just mean. Turn her into a kegger. But rolling her around with her everywhere box. we go, that's not mean. <laughs> she can make her box. make her tail the Doc could probably figure that out. Put a little extra stuffing in her back and then make her an ottoman. That I wouldn't oh. mind putting my feet on her. If we made her a kegerator, would her vagina be the the tap? Is sure. that what we'd be going for? The the tail is the handle, and the vagina is the spout. Sure, no problem. We can run all my beer through it. It'll be it'll work perfectly. Yeah, I'm still debating it. I am seriously considering stuffing her though, because I I, I don't know what to do without her. Think we can bring her to a lot more events though. Hmm. If you think about it. all these oh. beer festivals, we've never been allowed to bring her because be the dogs are the list pit bull ever. Totally, she'll be a great ambassador. People go, is that dog alive? Of course it is. What kind of question is that? We'll just, I'll just yell at everybody who asks so they don't know what to do. She has a weird disorder. Yeah. Leave her alone. What's wrong with you? You're embarrassing her. She's got that, she has that fainting goat disease. Yeah. <laughs> it's not her fault she doesn't blink or breathe. She freezes up and there's a lot of people around. Yeah, it's a very strange disorder that only elderly pit bulls get. All right. You can watch all the fun and action of this show on justin.tv slash brewing network if you don't want to listen. Um, you can also listen live uh, with your iPhone if you go to iTunes and download the BN iPhone app. I forget what you have to search for. I think you search for beer radio or brewing network and you will find the BN app. And you can download that to your iPhone and listen on the go. Or, of course, you can just uh, listen at home. You can always join the chat room by hitting the chat now button right there on the home page. And the Beeve is in there taking your questions. She'll send them over to me. So if you have any questions about bottling today, uh, ask somebody else. Um, no, send us those questions and we'll try to get it answered. One of the things we're really going to talk about today in terms of bottling is um, sanitation and cleaning. Um, and then we're going to talk about a, kind of a more unique bottling practice that, that we've gotten a lot of questions about. And that's bottling our sours and lambics and goose and those, those kind of Belgian styles, particularly in terms of carbonation with those two. Because uh, as you may or may not know, the, the lambic styles and the sour styles tend to be uh, extremely low um, carbonation. Is there is there a in the style guideline? Do, is it acceptable if they're flat, Brad? Do you remember in the style guideline for the straight lambic category? It is. However, I got deducted points for it. Really? So it just depends on your judge, I guess. But in the category, it says yeah, still for the the I don't know whatever subcategory straight lambic is can be still. But does it says can be still? But it it doesn't recommend like it's okay to be lightly carbonated. No, exactly. It's lightly okay. carbonated or still for okay. that style. Okay. But, like I said, not every judge knows that. Right. Well, and that happens a lot. You know, we've talked about that. Well, when you get to these more, you know, obscure categories, that the, you know, they're becoming more prevalent, but, and more homebrewers are doing them, but without the judges knowing, you know, that, and all the judges, that tends to be, you know, a few judges out there that get stuck in these smaller categories like this that just aren't brushed up quite on right. it. Right. I think in carbonation, even, a, even still... Uh, a little carbonation helps them a lot. Uh, still just... I agree with that. You know. I mean, if I have... Unless it's a very old bottle, uh, any of my favorite Lambics, uh, you know, from uh, Cantillon or, or any of these, uh, Dre Fontaine, they're a little bit effervescent. Right. It, and I like that. I, I much prefer that. The only one that, that that is acceptable to be still is obviously the Brusquilla Grand Cru. 
But mm. even when it's when it's actually truly flat, it's actually not that great a beer. Right. Okay. Yeah, I find that the difference between I don't know how many volumes is it when we say a little bit. You know, are we talking two volumes here? Oh, or is no, it a little bit. It'd be that, like under one or it's one. Yeah, under one, yeah. right? Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. You really know it. You know. Right. Well, what I think uh, what cask beer is one point two or something like that. So, like still beer is something like that. But okay. It needs needs around one to just to open it up a little bit. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about that later and and how you can get those volumes and and kind of what's recommended. But you know, some of the questions that came through. And by the way, you know, I've been getting a lot of comments lately that say, um, I think it's mostly from new listeners, right? Um, in fact, some of the listeners that we that we met at the casting call on Saturday, they started talking about how we are an advanced brewing show, you know, and that that a lot of the things, that, the terminology that we used and things that we talk about, that we're an advanced brewing show. Which, believe me, I never thought I'd hear those words about my show. Must be listening to a different show. Yeah, but I did think about it, and you know, in part, it's because we've covered so many of the basic topics back in year one and year two, and. Shit, even year three, I think. And in the last couple years, because we've not wanted to repeat things, we've wanted people to just go back and listen. Um, you know that that we would we would keep trying to do new topics, and I think that that's made it feel a little bit like um, you know we're just for advanced brewers. So I don't mind going back a little bit to a topic like this where we're talking about some sanitation and cleaning of bottles, which we've covered before on other programs. I think we've covered it uh, more than once. But I think it's worth it in, in, in the lifespan of our show to go ahead and feel like we can insert some of this basic information, too, which is, which is very important. So some of the questions that were coming through, um, we're talking about uh, how to deal with, with bottles, which bottles to use, and, and reusing bottles, right? Now, does anybody, I should start with this. Does anybody in this room reuse commercial bottles and and you guys know what i mean you go buy a six pack you save it you clean the labels off you use that anybody do that only for my sour beers do i do it because okay. you just can't buy the belgian belgian glass oh i see so you're using this way right. to get the bottles the themselves. heavy glass yeah hmm. for for standard beers and competitions i'd i'd prefer you know just your standard you know 12 ounce that i'm purchasing right for cleanliness is is mostly the main reason for me and ease to go purchase the brand new one yes can i get this out of the way um competition bottling right let's just get this right out of the way don't use those fucking new belgium bottles with a little ring around them mm. you know a bottle that's going to stick out in a competition just use something normal so a lot of people will reuse like you know a clear bottle a green bottle or these little um you know, special bottles, proprietary bottles from like New Belgium, and that's just a no-no in competition. I just want to get that out of the way. Use the standard yes. bottle that you can buy at the store. And, you know, we're going to recommend this anyway. The reason I asked the room if they reuse bottles, I pretty much know the answer to that. We have recommended numerous times not to reuse bottles if you can. I mean, if you're not on that tight of a budget, maybe figure out where to save somewhere else. Because if you think about it, you know, You've really done everything to make the best beer possible. You've gone through every step. You've done your yeast starter. You've cleaned everything. You've sanitized. I mean, ideally, you have painstakingly gone through the whole process to make sure that your beer is clean. And now at the end, you're going to throw it into a recycled bottle. Uh, Now, we will talk about how to clean these anyway and cover this. But I I just want you to know that our primary recommendation is just that you don't do it. And I think it kind of goes back to Jamil's whole thing, even when it comes to, like, secondary fermenters. It's just eliminate everything you can to keep a clean beer. If you don't have to move it, 
If you don't have to do something, just don't do it. And I think that goes with recycling bottles. Um, take your Recycle your bottles to, to do the right thing for the environment, not to do the right thing for your beer. Well, if you're going <laughs> to yeah. share with friends, they're perfect for that. Yeah, I, I use, a, <laughs> yeah, I use like, use bottles for just beer I take out to places and you share do. and then bring back. But for uh, when I was in competitions, which was not too long ago, uh, I would always use new bottles for that. And then I would treat them like they're used bottles. I would treat, you know clean them just like they were messed up because I want to make sure they were ready to go. Right. So would you say, you know, the length of time is a real factor. So basically, if you fill a bottle and you're going to drink in the next 48 hours, it's fine, right? I mean, a reused like, bottle, like well, a recycled bottle, is that something? No, I treat everyone the same. I, okay. I clean and sanitize every bottle. I don't care if I'm going to drink it that day because I'm, I'm sharing that with somebody that would I would think they'd expect me to give them a, you know, a food-grade beverage, you know? Right. So, yeah, sanitized bottle every time. Not just clean. Always sanit- you know, use a sanitizer. A question that just came through that I think is a follow-up to your competition bottle, Chad, was, uh, you know, when you say a, a standard bottle, is that a, a long neck or a short neck? A uh, long neck. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. I think that's what they say on most competition sites, right? That's what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm at the competitions a lot, and then they would have kind of eliminated the raised letter uh, rule because so many people are entering them. It would be – it was a time when they were, you know, unique – and if there was one there, it'd be like standing out. But now there's so many of them, especially like, you know, there's so many breweries that are doing it, like Sam Adams and yeah. Widmer and all those guys. Um, and, you know, people should be probably somewhat encouraged to use use bottles. But, you know, my personally for competition, it seems like you care more if you send it in a long neck because you are using a new bottle. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm going to spend like important eight to bucks to send in a, you know, a competition or 12 bucks to send in an entry, why would I skimp on a bottle? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. you got an entry fee, you got postage, you got all, all the trouble to make it, like Justin was pointing out. Why just bail on the end of, on a, you know, just, yeah. I, I just, uh, did a lot of cellaring and I see all kinds of bottles coming in. You know, bottles that still have some of the old label on there, you know, might see right. some sort of remnant of uh, another commercial beer label on there and, uh, it's crazy kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, Taster will tell you, I mean, from the cellaring, um, bottles just tend to fit in a case from a microbrewery, right? Just the, the proper height and everything. They fit in a case um, just the way they should, and they stack right. When people send all these different size bottles and stuff, just boxes don't fit right. Yeah. So they're tougher to store, and you kind of got to manage them a little differently. So that's just, that's the big cellaring well, issue, right? I mean, yeah, the Yeah, con- the, con- the competition rules are supposed to, you know control that but you know there's obviously it's up to the they're usually pretty lenient because nobody wants a dq uh, entry right. so yeah if you don't send in in a, in a long neck you're kind of a problem like for instance if uh if i was cellaring and half the beers in a category were squats they wouldn't be fitting into my case box that well because they're wider right they're not taller right. but they're wider and all of a sudden things are getting cramped in there yeah all right, uh, so just for, for so for competition purposes, you know, just go get the new bottle. You want you're not sending that many bottles, so why not just do it? And my idea is that if you can afford to enter competitions, you can afford to, you can afford new bottles. But now I, I want to go. I do want to uh, digress a bit because I also get it. I get why some of you want to reuse bottles. Um, I was much cheaper than I am even now, and certainly much much poorer when I started brewing. And I absolutely reused bottles. I got it. I mean, every penny counted. If I was going to go spend forty bucks for the ingredients for a batch of beer, I didn't have another ten bucks to spend on the case of bottles or something like that or whatever it was at the time. I really didn't. So I did reuse bottles, and I understand. So I did want to talk about that a little bit, and I think 
you know, we need to just make sure that we've, and we've discussed this before, you know, there's a difference between cleaning and sanitizing. So no matter what you're doing, they all have to be sanitized. It really doesn't matter. Uh, it just becomes a little more difficult to clean if they're a used and recycled bottle in terms of having the label on it, um, in terms of the, of the fact that it, it might have some dry and stale beer at the bottom of it because you just sat it in your, you know, on your shelf. Um, so whatever the case may be, you, you need to make sure you clean, and then they, they all have to be sanitized. So I don't know if you guys have any special techniques. I didn't have any back then for getting labels off of, of bottles. I remember it being a big, fat pain in the ass, and I remember soaking them in hot water and then really just trying to scrape them off, and some of them would come off easily and some wouldn't. I do remember looking at the water and the bottles in it at the end of me scraping off labels for a while and feeling like I was doing the worst possible thing I could for to sanitize this bottle. Like the water just looked gross and dirty and there were small bits of paper that I felt like were probably going to be inside the bottle. Mm. So, you know, I would recommend that you have two water vessels at least going on where you're kind of scraping in hot water on one and you're rinsing in a second that doesn't have all these bits of paper in it. You've got glue coming off at the same time. Is there some method I don't know about besides the hot water deal? Uh, I like to use PBW. PBW, there's a a TSP or trisodium phosphate, which is available at the hardware store. It is a little bit more, a little bit more active in terms of removing labels, especially if you, you know, like the same with PBW, you give it some time to soak. I generally, I know the brands that come off real easy, so I just put them in a, in the kitchen sink of of PBW, one big teaspoon per, per gallon. And uh, let it soak, and then come back in a couple hours later, and then labels will be floating around. And mm-hmm. just, oh, they just will kind of fall right. Just off. fall right off. Other ones, I don't. I just put it into recycling. I don't care about. It. It's just too much trouble to, you know, be peeling, scraping, uh, right. obviously trying to physically move off, take glue off that it's not dissolving in water. Which is like, what's the point? You know. What are the brands that are? A well, I know Lagunitas is one, and of course okay. these are all subject to change, right? Uh, I know Gordon Beer's uh, and their stuff comes right off. Yeah, I remember that coming right off too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those are nice long neck bottles, the Gordon Beer's ones too. Yeah. I don't right. buy I don't buy beer based on how easy they come off, so it's not like uh, <laughs> no, but it's a bonus if you can buy good like beer and a free bottle. Right, right. <laughs> it's a free bottle, it's like eighty cents, you know, back. You know? Yeah, Pretty yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's good to know because, and believe it or not, that's a. I thought it was a silly question, like how the hell we could know. Uh, so I'm glad that you had a little advice. It came through. What are some of the brands that, that well, come yeah, off you, easier? You'll find out. Just you know, just put six different brands in a sink of uh, right. BW and you'll find out real quick. And it just depends on how they're gluing those things on. Because I'll tell you, I remember some bottles that I just at the end of. I mean, after 20 minutes, half hour, I just went, well, yeah. "Fuck it, this is ridiculous." Well, they used to all use just paper and glue, right? Which is everybody was cool. But now they use like stickers almost. You they okay. essentially they're they're peel back kind of things. But that is that doesn't mean they all don't come right off. Some of those that are peel back slide right off just like they used to. Okay. I can give one other alternative, and uh, I, I've had some discussions with Doc about this and, and argued a little bit. The other option is to not. The beer goes inside the bottle. If you really take true time to clean and sanitize the inside of your bottle, the outside label doesn't matter unless you're entering a competition. Right. Or, you you know, it's a nicer presentation, obviously. You're handing somebody a, you know, a bottle with another label on it, but you truly could let it go if, it, if you know... You're just lazy. Right. Yeah, if you want to present yeah. a more, you know, yeah. I don't even say professional face, uh, right. a little more 
I care a little bit face. You know, the argument I get uh, that I've gotten is is if you don't care enough to take care of the outside of the body, yeah, yeah. you probably don't care enough to take care of the inside, which no. I, is probably is true. I've experienced other no. other homebrewers' beers, you know, yeah, it is yeah. the case. <laughs> yeah, I notice a pattern that when I'm getting a beer poured out of a bottle of Slis or beer, uh, a label remnants on it, yeah. it's not as good, I can tell you. Well, so I had... I I agree with that too. And yesterday at the casting call, we had some people bring in some fully labeled commercial bottles with homebrew caps on them, right? So you knew that they had just rebottled. So they just didn't. They just cleaned the inside. They had the full label on it. Mm-hmm. And now we weren't judging anybody on their beer that day, um, but I'm at least at the very least I'm disappointed when I see that. And at the very most, it, it does change my drinking experience, like you're saying, Tasty, where you, you kind of see that and you go, well, I don't know, it's just different, I, right? I'd agree with that. Something mentally happens that you go, I don't know. Huh. The brewers that I know that brew really good beer would never hand this to me. So you automat- you're kind of judging the person automatically, aren't you? You're kind of right, going, right. he's not that great you a brewer. You keep it at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I try to remember if that was my experience with those beers yesterday, but I honestly I don't remember if they I would bet I would bet it, it, it probably was. It well, probably was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I you know, at a recent homebrew meeting, uh, I went in and got one a really nice stone bottle, you know, with a silk screen on oh, it or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, the the painted Rogue whatever they uses are. those. Really nice, right? But um you know, a guy comes over and goes, Oh here, here, try this beer. Oh great, yeah, I love ruination, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then you start sipping it, so you're already past like you're already thinking it's a different beer. And then he goes, Oh no, no, that's my my lager, my light lager. You're right, going, right. I wonder why it tastes all fucked up. Like or not yeah. the beer I was thinking. So that's another thing, you know, a right. lot of people now, here's though is now Stone's a good example because I'll make a little exception if it's an inked bottle like that. Mm-hmm. All right? If it's an inked bottle, I honestly then don't feel like they're being lazy. or I actually feel like they're being very efficient. They've chosen the best possible bottle. They didn't have to scrape off the label. They're also saving dough. They didn't have to go buy one. I think there's still the subtlety of you know most of the great brewers I know wouldn't do that. But I guess I'm saying I won't judge that one ahead of time as much because there are the brands of beer that ink their labels. And why not reuse that bottle? Right. You can. Mm-hmm. You can't reuse really get rid of it either right you know so, you could but right i think that's a it's certainly a better alternative to buying brand new bottles than but, than labeled ones but again you drink with your eyes right so if you don't yeah, know going yeah. into it yeah you're thinking what you're seeing so <laughs> that's the other issue right that's all right okay um and just in you know bottling in general uh you know as you as you take on home brewing and, and uh and bottling beer, you you have to you know to embrace that to a certain extent. Like, if you don't like uh, cleaning and, and uh, sanitizing bottles, you're going to have to eventually to because uh, you you know you don't want it to be the thing that stops your hobby from progressing. I mean, you just can't like um, uh, making wort and uh, and drinking beer. You got to do all the steps in between, and you got to take the same enthusiasm in each of those other steps to make the, the beer that I think you really want to make. You clean your carboy every time, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's you important. Treat it every, like that. Every vessel's yeah. got to be the I same. Mean, <laughs> you know, it's glass. It's uh, same right. same type vessel. Right. right. Well, so, you clean my carboy every time. Well, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, you Someone's know. Someone's got to. It's it's yeah. all about prep time and knowing you have that on your side. So, basically, let it soak overnight. Yeah, you know, do it. Yeah, do stick it. a brush in there. You right. always, if it's got a hole for a brush to go in it, Yeah, do, do it. Yeah, do, <laughs> and do it steps at a time. Don't try to, like, okay, 
my beer's been sitting an extra two weeks in the in the in the fermenter. I got to get it out of there. Now today I got to go clean all the bottles, sanitize all the bottles, get everything else ready. Do it in steps. It is get all right. your bottles ready ahead of time, and then maybe on the last day you do a few things and do your bottling. Well, you've got two weeks for new fermentation to to get those labels yeah, off. Right. Good you job. Know. You made the beer. Now do a little work while you're waiting. Right. Yeah. Not like a last minute East Star. You know what right. I mean? Like a lot of people do that too. It's, it's prep time. You know, plan and, and get some help. If you got you know neighbors that are drinking your beer, have them come over and help you clean those bottles. Ooh, that's a good plan. That yeah. is a good plan. <laughs> Bring those bottles you gave them. Yeah, they're... that's a great plan. That that's cheap right there. That's cheap beer. You know, your, your oh, yeah, neighbors getting all that free beer. All they got to do is come scrub a little bit. You get a couple extra set of hands, and you can do like three or four cases in like thirty minutes. It's crazy. I'll tell you, Tasty. They wanted me to ask for cleaning techniques. I did not expect to hear Invite that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great technique. Invite their your free yeah, drinking yeah, the neighbors. People that get the beer. Yeah, bring you know? those bottles back. Will you? Those buddies. Yeah, are make sure they return here. the bottles too that you've already done all that hard work for. If mm-hmm. you're going to continue to use, train use them bottles. to do it at home when they go buy commercial beer. To instead of throwing away those bottles, <laughs> train them that if they deliver you clean and and delabeled bottles yeah. in the proper way, you will fill those bottles. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And maybe do a half a half exchange of them, right? They bring you a six pack, they get three back full of beer. Well, I think that's uh, a pretty good two. deal. It'll depend on supply and demand, but they're on the list anyway. That's where you want to you want to be on the list. Yeah. They're part of the program. Yeah, you're in the deal. Right. I like the list. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about another type of bottle that came up since we're on this, and that's the swing top bottles. Oh, you can't forget that guy. Great uh, bottles, yeah. So the question was, yeah, are are they worth it? Are they worth a shit? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Love them. You can replace yeah. the gasket on the swing part. Um, you can replace the swing top altogether. You can get all that at more beer. Yeah, it's, just, it's still glass, um, but, you know, you really just want to watch out for the soft parts, like that gasket if it has any cracks, uh, especially if you're doing bread, sour beers. Um, but those are fantastic bottles to use. And give yeah. it a good soak for yeah. sanitation, because uh, it, is, it is rubber, so yeah. it does scratch. Okay. See, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it is such an easy bottle to use, right? And easy to bottle with and to cap, right? That was I, when uh, when I first switched to kegging. That's one of the first things I did was acquire uh, different places to do one liter swing tops. So if you want to take beer f- for a few friends somewhere to fill a one liter, you know, tasty style straight out of the tap and throw the swing tap on a swing ca- cap on. You know, is the easiest thing to do. You're not trying to cap it real quick or anything right. like that. It's the swing top's a lot easier. Well, and I'll tell you what I did. Being so cheap at the time was, you know, I was trying. I hated bottling, but I still couldn't afford the the kegging system, which which isn't that expensive, right? What was it? it's 150 bucks or something for a keg and a regulator and every, like the whole thing. It's the regulator that kills you. Yeah. But anyhow, so what I so I went in steps, and uh, this particular time, I, I'd already decided I was done cleaning labels off of bottles. That was too much work for me. So I was buying new bottles when I would do it, or I was you know reusing my own homebrew bottles, which I didn't have to clean labels off of. So my inner, I got, I thought like I hate bottling so much, and part of it is I'm I was worried about sanitation. You know, they're sitting there open while I'm trying to cap them. So my intermediate step between regular bottling and um, kegging was to buy 48 of the flip top what? bottles from you know two cases from from more beer. I just went down to more beer and I bought them all, and I bottled maybe two batches that way before I was like, "Well, you, know, I you didn't get your money too. back on that, yeah, did I did. you?" I did, but it was my intermediate because I thought, "Look, at least if I can take one step out, the capping, right? Then I was happy about it." And just, I mean, the thing to watch out for is just make sure it does make a good seal when you do, uh, you know, close it. Um, 
I love my Russian River growlers with the swing top. Yeah. Those are great yeah. for if I just, you know, pull a few pints off of the tap before I go to a meeting. That's a great vessel to bring, you know? You're right. Um, so, I mean, short-term serving, those are great bottles. I don't know. I haven't had any experience storing them and using yeah, them Yeah, I haven't way, either, but, but I, I I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you know, as, as long, long as, as they seal, right? As long yeah. as they seal and as long as they're sanitized. And, yeah. you know, keep an eye on those those O-rings. You don't have to replace them, obviously, as much as you would caps, but right. you're only going to get three or four uses out of them. Right. Can you PBW soak the O-rings? Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. That stuff's okay on rubber? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No grade, deal. yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do bleach uh, cleaning or sanitation with those because it would affect the metal uh, parts of that uh, mm-hmm. swing top. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Right. But PBW is fine. That's all fine. It's not going to eat away yeah, at yeah, the rubber. PBW and, the, and the other ones, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we talked about a couple of cleaning strategies, You know, definitely soaking PBW, and then you have to rinse that um, using the brushes uh, to get into that bottle, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You definitely want to – well, if you, a lot of people don't uh, brush their brand-new bottles. They just basically assume that – that, that's a good to go. I personally would never put beer in a bottle unless I, I ran a, a bottle brush through. You brush each one. Now, one thing I want to point out is you as you do a bottle. A lot of most of the people listening probably are dentists. You know, use a bottle brush on a bottle, and you hear that noise, that scratching sound. That's scratching. So you got to make you know be aware of that, right? You're right. you're scratching the inside of the neck of the bottle. Now, what I do is I get a piece of really I guess like almost like one eighth inside diameter tubing, and I cut that to the length of the shaft. On the brush, and then I just wrap, you know, kind of slit that down the center, like I was cleaning a fish, and then I wrap that around that shaft, and then of course that, that you don't get that noise, you don't get that scratching sound. Good so idea. the wire doesn't come in the contact. The wire doesn't with hit the, the glass, glass. right? Because right. that's real. I mean, you are scratching it, but you, of course, you're going to be you're cleaning and you're sanitizing it, but you're creating a point where there could be a problem, especially if you're reusing bottles, right? And or if you had like a sour beer in that bottle before or something like that, right? It's an excellent point. That's what I used to hate about carboys. Same thing there. You can use plastic on that. And my carboys looked awful. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, by the time Shat inherited my couple of carboys, the whole tops were faded with scratching right. all around. Right. And I knew right. that Frosted. that was scratch. Frosted. Exactly. And But, you know, I, w- I wasn't going to go buy new carboys, but I didn't know what to do about it. I should have just insulated, you know, that yeah. Uh, wire. Yeah. You know, the other thing I like uh, that I got at more beer uh, when I first started now going to more beer was uh they have a carboy and keg or bottle cleaner that screws onto a tap or a faucet or hose oh yeah mm-hmm. and it's a high pressure thing and it just when you press the bottle on it oh. turns on and hoses it out really yeah. good that those are great especially for the new bottles when you just want to give them a quick rinse yeah. and yeah. and and do great for that get and the, excellent get option. the mold out of the bottom too really and well that's exactly what commercial breweries are doing when they get a pallet full of glass all it's getting is a quick water rinse yeah. High pressure down. water High, rinse, yeah, real quick. Yeah, so that's, that's what it does doing. exactly. Yeah. No, that is I a love great little. And what is it? They're cheap too. It's just a little piece of copper, isn't like it? ten bucks. Yeah. yeah, that's a lifesaver. That's an excellent option. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. You know, for for sanitizing these bottles, I had a couple different questions come in, and and one that I had not heard is 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 what about baking? them in the mm-hmm. oven sure dry heat yeah, yeah. is that all right mm-hmm. that's fine you're actually sterilizing not just sanitizing you're making it sterile you could uh, okay so after we've cleaned of course that's the primary thing you gotta you have start to start with the, a clean vessel get the junk sure. out of it right, right, right. then bake it what temperature are we talking here they don't they don't well, break because this is not tempered well, glass no is they it? don't break you don't go that high it's like 340 for an hour or you can i think there's some tables around you can do like 280 for two hours or something right. it's like a lower the temperature longer the time like overnight for, for 280 i think right but one dry number i have is three, longer yeah 340 for an hour would uh 
would sanitize the bottles. Uh, you or know, sterilize. I, I just. It, it actually, because it does sterilize, it's a great thing. But I, I just see some concerns with break with obviously with brittleness. breakage, uh-huh. brittleness, uh-huh. Um, burning yourself with them. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. my question would be is is when you're you know if you're using something like Star Sand, it stays wet, stays on the bottle. When I take it out of the Star Sand and move it over to my bottling area, it's still wet, still sanitary. What's the you know you're taking it out of the oven? It's got to cool off before you can fill it. Right. How much air is it in intaking? You know, aluminum foil over the top. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. good idea. Yep. Yeah, that was my thought too. Yep. You okay. put aluminum foil over. Just the top. leave it out there in the oven as it cools down. Yeah, I mean it's just going to be cooling off, sucking air. Yeah, you know, no, in, in the, the oven, put aluminum foil before they go in the oven. Ah, okay. so that's right. Leave okay. the oven door closed. Aluminum foil. So, so it's going to take half a day because you're going to you're going to do this for a couple hours, and then you got to wait for it to cool down for a few hours. Do it the night before. So, well, it's just it's, it's uh, just planning, just like uh, with taking the labels off. It's just planning. Yeah, you got to do some right. of the work ahead of time. I tried it just to do it. It's too much work already. It wasn't that? It was easy. It wasn't. Yeah, I've used the you dishwasher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even in our disgusting oven? Yep. Oh. <laughs> With aluminum foil over the top. You're a brave man. Yeah. You, might, you should have double the aluminum foil in our oven. <laughs> All right. Don't use saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I've used the dishwasher as the other one because I have a sanit- oh, yeah. sanitized cycle on my dishwasher. Yeah, oh, you do? That's yeah. a wet heat. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then you don't use any detergent when you're doing no, that, right? No, not at all. Not at or all. Or a rinse. That or rinse is just, will a, kill it. just a rinse and sanitize. Yeah. So it's rinse, just water a rinse, heat but no, yeah. sanitize. So right. you don't, at that point, you would not then dip them in um, five star. I, I would uh, still clean them first. You would clean them first, but oh, yeah. I don't trust that because yeah, the, the opening is so small on the bottle. Yeah, I don't yeah. trust that my dishwasher is going to get in there and get that clean. Okay. No, I wouldn't. But use you, but but you wouldn't use another chemical after that to sanitize them. No, that's that's, the, that's your sanitize cycle. Oh, that's nice. And they're in a rack right there, and if you're bottling in the kitchen, you just take them out of the rack, fill them, cap yeah. them. You know, it's a nice little holder. Oh, I like that idea. Ours must not have that. I wouldn't try it. <laughs> not with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> we have the Pacheco dishwasher. Well, you ever see that little trap at the bottom? Yeah. I try not I try not to look at our Don't trap. Don't look in there. Huh? The a fork and a knife in there, a little piece of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, most restaurants in the Bay Area have uh, Pacheco dishwashers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't funky. even like our water. I told you, you know, when I left the hospital, I had that open wound that they wanted me to, like, shower with and just let water through it. And I was like, you know I live in Pacheco, right? You want that water to run through my open wound? Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, this question kind of came up. We were talking about uh, sanitizing with steam with uh, Brennelson last night. And he was talking about filters that you can kind of put in. Um, so, like, chemistry is really important. Um, you know, water chemistry with even a dishwasher. So maybe you do want to filter RO water coming in uh, to make it uh, food grade, uh, you know, depending on what what's in the water right. and the sanitizer. Right. So, I mean, there are ways you can kind of adapt and uh, modify and filter. So that might be something to look into, too, if you're not too sure, if your dishwasher is nasty. All right, one more thing on cleaning that I think is an interesting question that's coming through from the chat right now. Uh, Beerific is in there, and he says, uh, you know, I'd like you guys to explain why you assume new bottles are cleaner than reusing bottles. What about mouse piss and dust and who the hell knows what else well, from it sitting in the it warehouse? It sounds like he's quoting me. Oh, okay. That's point. how I treat them. I treat them like, yeah, there's been rat family been working in, in uh, you know, living above this case of bottles for a couple of years. So when we talk about that they're cleaner, we're mostly talking about the outside of the bottle, well, they, not the inside. They don't have any beer residue in them and stuff like that, but okay. they're open bottles. I mean, things just fall in there, dust. Uh, right. You know, uh, they're in warehouses, and some of those warehouses aren't like, you know, yeah. for food products or just, you know, for industrial products. So, 
Yeah, I treat him, which is not it's not like I'm giving him like a big sort of like detox thing. I'm just running a bottle of brush through there with the PBW, like I do all the bottles, my even my used bottles. So it's really no different. I'm just not a guy. I just a rinse. And I'm just not a rinse, sanitize, and fill guy. I want to. I want to treat every bottle like it's dirty. I right. do find that mouse shit rinses out really well. Though. <laughs> it just comes right out. Yeah. Mouse piss, on the other hand, that's yeah. a little sticky. That's what the pressure washer's for. That's what the <laughs> but I'll tell you, that's a talented mouse to be able to piss right down in that bottle. I mean, he's got to really straddle four of them or so. I'm trying to picture the action. and uh, Oh, they're up on the pallet rack shooting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, maybe a contest they're doing there. <laughs> yeah. Drop the pellets in the bottle. There. Come on, George, you it's try. It's like the ring toss at the circus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and these, mouse entertainment. These bottles could be being uh, treated differently, too. Uh, so, like, like, your local homebrew shop. I mean, they could get them on a flat, but then disperse them in the cases right there in the store. Versus you're getting them on a flat with a cardboard over them right from the manufacturer in a commercial setting. So, that could be a difference, too. Okay. Just, I mean, look into it. Do some research. Ask the homebrew shop. Do you guys take these from one place? Stick them in your own box. Right. Because a lot of places do that. So, you, yeah, that's a good point where he says, you know, these new bottles, how do you know? It's two different things. You know, it's either coming from a manufacturer and you know what you're getting because you've done the research, or it's coming from your local homebrew shop and they're just handling them. And that might be a concern. Okay. Assume they're shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to put yeah. your good, hard made beer, yeah. if it was somebody else's beer, I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Now, is there any reason? Now, I know you mentioned that it is actually sterilizing when, when we do the oven situation, but is there any reason that you would choose the oven over something like the. What do we all use? We all use. Uh, or sanitizing the five star star uh, sand star, star sand. sand yeah. um, is there any reason you would choose the oven over star sand? Maybe you could do more at a time. Uh, okay, uh, you want to do? You, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any reason. Me personally, no. But none of you do it. All of no, you use star no, sand no. Yeah. instead. Okay. Now I know that the you know the the common complaint about star sand is that it's that it's a little expensive. But the ease of use with it and knowing how effective it is, I mean, to me, it's like going out and buying the absolute best for the, for again, for this beer that you spent all the time on. I mean, I know that there are other sanitizers out there and, and there are other very effective sanitizers out there. But I think everybody who's come into the studio ultimately agrees that, and they're not a sponsor, that the, that the Star Sand is just superior. It's just such an easy-to-use product. Well, I think that you can really cut the cost of your reuse your Star Sand, mm-hmm. and it's good for a while. If I mean, you cover it. If you cover it, exactly. Right. If, but, you know, just take a little care. It takes a little bit of care, right. and you can reuse that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you go, in fact, I think a great, uh, you know, preface to this show. Before you go on listening to this show, I should have said at the beginning, you really should go back to the five-star show where you hear the guy who invented the stuff, Charlie, I think Charlie Talley yes. is his name, um, describe his products. And, and you don't, you really don't have any reason not to believe him either. You, you'll see what I mean when you listen to the guy talk about it. One of the most informational shows I think the Brewing Network's ever done, that Charlie Talley show is awesome. I, th- I think you're right. I think we just got some really straight, Forward in for, I mean, he even said stuff that he wasn't supposed to say in terms of the FDA. You know that. Well, and how much he uses it, you right? Know, PBW right. and Star Sand in his daily life, right? right. His wife and his wife, yeah. anyways, using it at home. Yeah. And he does talk about being able to reuse it, like you're talking about, Brad. And he says cover it. I think he said that his, you know, <laughs> he said a, a real good in- indicator is is when it gets real cloudy. cloudy. Mm-hmm. It gets that really milky, cloudy thing. Then it's probably time to redo it. And you'll get that overnight if 
you leave it open. Right. I mean, if you use it a lot and then just leave your bucket outside, you're wasting it. Uh, but if you have a lid and you can use your star sand for, you know, not for cleaning, but for sanitizing. Because I say that because I'll use it for cleaning, too, on brew day. I'm cleaning stuff, sanitizing, and it just gets dirty. But if you just have a sanitizer bucket and then you cover it, you're right, Brad. You can hold on to that I, for a month. I actually went down to uh, the grocery store and got some of those refillable five-gallon <laughs> jugs that you use to fill the water, filtered water for. And oh, uh, yeah. I, when, I, when I'm done with my star sand, I take it out, I put it in those and store it in nice work until I need it. See, you can save a ton on that. I could have probably bought a quarter of the of the star sand I've bought had I done that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> and here's uh, some of the other science behind it too that I see a lot of homebrewers still doing is they'll use PBW, let it soak, right, their bottles, and then they'll just dump out the PBW and go right into a star sand solution. Always rinse in between because all you're doing is neutralizing the two. Okay. You have an alkaline cleaner and then you're going to a, a acidic so you're just turning it into a base. So you have to go always PBW, rinse. water, star, then star always, sand. Always, always go around the same temperature, PBW. yeah. Because all you're doing is neutralizing that star sand when you're just dumping bottles full of PBW back into okay. the star sand, per se. Okay. So that's uh, that was a good tip I think he talks about on that show as well. Yeah, that's a great tip. All right, so star sand, you just need 30-second contact time, and then you're, then you're sanitized. And you don't, have, you don't have to submerse it in star sand. You can just spray it with star sand. So that's why the... What's it's called an injector, I think. Mm-hmm. The thing that is made to go on top of your bottle tree, which everybody should have a bottle tree that cleans bottles. I I have one myself. I use it all the time. I, mean, I might be cleaning six bottles. I get it out because it's just a just a great place to put right. the bottles. And uh, so this injector that goes on top, which I never put it on top. That's kind of silly. I just set it on the side. But a small amount of sanitizer can do a heck of a lot of bottles just by pumping them on that thing. Getting, right. You know, for... Three good, yeah, you only squirts. need about six ounces of star sand, and yeah. you could clean you could clean two cases of bottles. Exactly, that. right. That can't, that's not very much. You can tell how little we bottle here when I tell you that our bottle tree is like on the side of the house, buried in a foot of weeds. And oh, is that what that is? <laughs> that was yeah. a yard ornament. That little red thing sticking out. It's it really it's like four Christmas feet tall, but you can just see the. <laughs> that's our oh, bottle tree over there. That's how often we bottle here. Yeah. Uh, well, we have the stripperator now, so we don't need it. You know. That's true. Um, okay. Anything else on on sanitizing, guys? That that's not. Uh, well, like we didn't I mention said, iota four is another sanitizer. Well, and and I don't go and look at all. You know, there there's tons of sanitizers, and you can listen to that five star show, and we talk about them in comparison. Then to, I mean, in the end. A sanitizer is a sanitizer. If it says it will do what you need it to do, which is to sanitize, then it will. The IOTA 4 will do it. There's other products that will do it. Um, I, we've we've um, complained about the oxy uh, stuff before because of the chlorine content. Um, so that's a decision you have to make. Um, but I think I, I'm just telling you that we're, we don't get paid for this endorsement. It's just one of those personal endorsements that, like I said, everybody who comes in here has. Just get the five star. Just do it. Uh, my friend, the the brewers in France, if you listen back to the French show, they have me uh, send them star sand. Or every time I go to France, I say, what do you guys want from America? They want me, all they want me to bring is star sand because they have a hard time getting it over there. Uh, customs must love that. I know. I actually <laughs> thought I would uh, get busted, right? I just put it in my bag and I thought, well, 
That's not going to be in there when I arrive in France. <laughs> but you know what? I, I think they just read it and they go, oh, it's just a cleaner. Here's a good tip, too, about those little star sand bottles. The smaller ones are easier to work with. The bigger bottles, when you squeeze it, you got to squeeze the hell out of it to get it in that little cap to measure it out. Right. If you use a smaller one, just get it like a gallon and keep refilling the little one. A lot easier. Oh, or, I've noticed that little one around here. I thought you just were getting cheap. Oh, no, it works a lot better. <laughs> or take your NyQuil cap. And use that There's for a measuring, measuring cup. Ah, okay. That's okay. what I, I finally, it took me, I bought one of the big bottles and it just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, I took the Theraflu or NyQuil cap and measure the one ounce or half ounce off of that. I love just having one of those little ones around all the time now. Yeah. Got it. All just right. a little tip. All right. Well, that's good stuff and uh, good recommendations there. If you, if you have to reuse bottles, uh, you know, it just, again, you got to clean them. And then, of course, everything... You have to sanitize. I do love the tip about the if you have one of them fancy uh, dishwashers that Brad has over there. <laughs> one of them newfangled dishwashers. I like that. It's a good one idea. that works, you mean? Yeah. Where do you live, Brad? Were you in Walnut Creek or something? One yeah, of them fancy... Yeah. Uh... I'm in a town that's actually considered worse than Pacheco. It's that's called a... Antioch. Oh, that is... Con- well, I don't know if it's worse. It's on par. Bevo, what are you making faces for, El Sab? Or Rodeo, wherever, whichever awful city you're Antioch in now? Antioch is actually worse than Rodeo. No. Yeah. Nothing's worse than Rodeo. Not true. Kids get stabbed like, every day in Rodeo. In Antioch, too. Girls oh, get yeah. raped in Antioch every day. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. Or kidnapped for 15 years. You oh, kind of yeah, look like right. an Antioch guy, though, Brad. Uh, born and raised. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah. <laughs> that was just mean. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about, though. He's even got a schooner show on. That's Great right. Brewery That's right. Love Craig out there. Actually, that is a really nice brewery and good beer. Antioch's one of those towns, well, a lot like Pacheco. If a great brewery opened up in Pacheco, you'd all be surprised as fuck. So would I be. (laughs) And same with Antioch. When I first had Craig's beer out there, I went, holy smokes. (laughs) And now if Craig just just didn't have a shitty owner, he'd be brewing even more great beer. Right. I've heard that. They keep going back and forth over there with all sorts of weird changes. (laughs) Good beer, though. Schooners. Great beer. I haven't seen them around lately. Did they do any SF Beer Week events? You know, they Not didn't. This they, year. they did in the past, but they I did, didn't see them. They this didn't year. do any events. Uh, I know that Craig was down at Pete's Brass Whale. Uh, Oh yeah, doing some some tastings and took some kegs down there, but they don't even have anything. They have a standard five lineup and don't go anything beyond it these days. Hmm. Got it. I wonder why Pete's Brass Rail never ends up on our radar. It's a great beer bar down there in Danville. I guess we just never want to go to Danville. You go to Danville to look for hot milfs. That's what you go to Danville for. Yeah. But they have a but that it's a really good beer bar. They had that thirtieth anniversary Sierra thing, and I had that before like any other bar had it in the area. That was great. We were there. Like, yeah, yeah they have nice awesome. events, yeah. yeah. Amy Graham is out there too. Our, our, beer, yeah. our, our old friend Chris Graham at More Beer and uh his wife is uh, like the GM or something, yeah. one of those things. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get a couple of reports from the Celebrator Beer Festival. And then we're going to carry on with our bottling, too. we got more information to get through, so uh, hang in there. But I know that Moscow's got a good lineup of guests. He's been sending me the names of people. We're going to get to talk to some cool folks down there at the Celebrator Beer Festival ending SF Beer Week. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe, and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it, with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. I've always thought that opening a brewery was a great way to ruin what is the perfect hobby. But like most home brewers, I really wanted to see what it would be like to produce my own beer commercially. When I started out, I was, you know, obscure homebrew geek, and being part of the Brewing Network has exposed me to a lot of people with a great passion for brewing. They seem so supportive, interested, and generous with their support. That kind of thing makes you feel like you can succeed at anything. Of course I'm excited. It's frightening. It's terrifying. It's kind of, uh, we've got this rescue dog, and she is completely frightened. So when she comes up to me, she's shaking and salivating at the same time. I feel the same way with Heretic. I'm still a home brewer at heart, and I hope that home brewers always feel welcome at Heretic and able to provide part of the feedback and creativity that makes craft brewing great. The thing that excites me most is the opportunity to put a beer out there that I feel is the best beer I can make and especially get a chance to go and drink that beer with people and see their reactions and get their feedback and hopefully they'll be as excited as I am about Heritage Beer. Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus 8. I pour it. Sorry! Looks like she found it unpalatable. Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus 10 versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle, and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y-Yeast 3522 and Crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hilo, what's your feeling? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. 
the program we're talking bottling here with brad we're going to take a quick break because we got some calls from the celebrator beer festival ending sf beer week right now and uh let's see i should have moscow on the line here unless he passed it right to our guest moscow you there hey moscow hey hey moscow (laughs) (laughs) who do we have here this is moscow oh it is Uh, okay Yeah, yeah. Someone told me I should go for Drunk of the Week, and I think I'm well on my way. Uh Uh-oh. Moscow's going to be calling in with drunken interviews here soon. Uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't vouch for the uh, how articulate the guests can be, but first up, uh, let's see how Matt Brendelson from Firestone can do. Thank you. Hello. Brendelson, how are you, brother? Hey, long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about hanging out with you last night already. How's uh, Celebrator Beer Fest treating you? Oh, it's awesome. There's a lot of troopers here. It's a packed house, a lot of great beers. What it's, you- uh, it's amazing the the tenacity of these beer uh, enthusiasts here in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, here on day 12 of SF Beer Week, they're uh, still going strong, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> what is, uh, uh, what's Firestone pouring at the fest tonight? Uh, I believe our beers have been tapped out, but we are pouring Union Jack and Double Jack. Oh, wow. Those the two IPAs, and uh, they were pretty popular. And we're, we're never quite as popular as the Russian River. We never have quite the line, but uh, you know, <laughs> we're okay with that. Always the stepchild <laughs> to Russian River. You're, you're, just, you're so close, Matt. You're just right there, you know? You know, Vinny was calling me from across the room. I think he was taunting me. I think he was trying to rub my nose in a little bit. <laughs> look, look at my line, he's saying. Oh, oh my what God. What a dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty packed there, huh, if you already ran out of beer. Yeah, it's a, it's a full house here. I don't know how many people they typically get for it, but Trumer's an amazing host, and Lars Larson, the brewmaster, was uh, was in attendance, and we did a tour, and uh, we drank some Trumer pills. And uh, I'm really impressed with this place from a technology standpoint. They, mm-hmm. do, they did a great job setting it up. Yeah, it's a nice brew house. And, and I'll be honest with you, Trumer Pills is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, local Pilsners. It goes between that and the Lagunitas Pills. Both of those are red. But Trumer is an awesome Pills. Yeah, there's nothing nothing better. It's, it's really nice. It's actually a great beer to end beer week with because it's, you know, it kind of washes some of the <laughs> aggressiveness of the week off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, so tell, do this, because the listeners, are, they want to hear it from your mouth. Uh, I had the Double Jack just the other night. On Friday, I had it down at Beer Revolution. And I had Double Jack a while ago, and I wasn't a big fan because it was a little too big for me. But I had it this week at Beer Rev, and I loved it. Um, tell us about the beer. What is Double Jack? Well, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, I think, on the show. But uh, it's essentially the Union Jack on steroids. Uh, Union Jack is a 7.5% alcohol, 75 IBU, double dry hop IPA. And um, the, the, the double jack is uh, 21 Play-Doh. So it comes, comes in at 9.5% alcohol. Um, we dry hop it three times. We're trying desperately to hit 100 IBUs, although that's seeming to be a little bit difficult. We're somewhere probably north of 80 and somewhere around 90, uh, analytically speaking. But 
Okay. I think that as the more we brew that beer, I think we've done something like mm, six batches since the release. Uh, we started brewing this kind of as a full-time beer in mid-December. And I think that the myself and the brew team, we've, we've kind of honed in on what makes that beer a little more drinkable and balanced and trying to make sure that you know, the beer attenuates well, uh, that we try to hit that high IBU point. And um, to be honest with you, the, the recipe had carapils in it like the Union Jack originally, and that seemed to bring a little more sweetness than we wanted in the finish. So I think these later batches, we've tuned some of that up. And I'm, I've been really happy with the beer. I mean, you know, it, it, it did well at the Hayward IPA Fest, which was kind of uh, a big surprise to us. We were really happy with those results. But uh, more importantly, a lot of people seem to be liking it and getting positive feedback from folks. So it's cool. Yeah, I think that it. W- I think the thing I was complaining about was attenuation and that kind of sweetness. But not. I was not complaining about it on Friday when I had it at Beer Rev. So I think you have. Hey, can you tell us just quickly what is the trouble getting to a hundred IBUs? Why is that? Why is that difficult? I mean, every brewery is a little bit different, but the solubility of iso-alpha acid and aqueous solution is actually pretty low, uh, low, lower, I think, than a lot of brewers realize. And you read the textbooks, and and probably in a, a low OG beer, um, you can probably pack more IBUs in, to be honest with you. But, you know, the saturation point is somewhere in that 100, maybe 110 IBUs. So... You know, if, if a brewer is saying, oh, this, you know, this beer calced out to be a 200 IBU brew, it's not very likely that there's 200 IBUs in the finished beer. And Got it. We, um, I mean, on paper, this thing should have like 300 IBUs. <laughs> I see, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, another thing that we do, not to get too technical, but we'll, we'll look at wort IBUs versus finished beer IBUs. And every step in the process, you see a drop along the way. A lot is absorbed on yeast cells. A lot of it just falls out as the pH starts to lower due to fermentation. And then certainly if you're doing any finishing or you're fining or you're filtering, you're dragging even more out. So, wow. you know, if you can make a beer with 100 IBUs, you've, you've really packed it in there. Nice. See, this is why I love talking to Matt. He's just no bullshit about it. He's not going <laughs> to give you the hype about his 300 IBU beer, you know. That's nice. <laughs> All Although right. I think... I, I think I'm, I think I'm peeing about 100 IBUs after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you are. All right, I, I, I won't keep you, but am I allowed? You know, I've kept my mouth shut. Um, you know, you're a friend of mine, too. I didn't know if it was off the record. Am I allowed to congratulate you on your personal life right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, of course. Then congratulations to Matt Brindelson, who is now engaged to the lovely Allison. He will yeah. soon uh, be yeah. a married man. And she is lovely, by the way. Allison's rad. I prefer to hang out with her than Matt. The tasty yeah, oh, approves. Great thing. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you. I think it'll only improve my brewing life. She's a pretty organized individual. Oh, yeah. I've been getting to more events since I met her. So. <laughs> I think that's probably true. Look, Matt shows up now. <laughs> we'll, we'll call yeah. her to schedule yeah. you. I'm getting it. Yeah. <laughs> right. There we go. There we go. All right, Matt. Good to talk to you and good to hang out, man. Uh, safe travels home. All right. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, brother. Catch you later. I don't think Matt's had enough to drink if he can say Equius Solution. Yeah, he's probably got to drive home tonight. <laughs> hey, Moscow. Good job on that. Hey, thanks, brother. You ready for the next one? Yeah. What do you got? I got uh, Tom, the organizer of this great fest. Oh, yeah. Give us Tom. I love Tom. Okay. Hey, Tom. Uh, Justin and the Brewing Network wants to talk to you. Justin, how are you, man? I'm, uh, well, I wish I was with you guys down there, but I'm hanging in there, Tom. 
Well, listen, my brother, we wish you were here as well. Although we don't know where we would put you, the room is jam-packed. Well, that's what I heard. It sounds like you have more people than ever down there. Uh, we really did. The ticket sales were uh, awesome. I think SF Beer Week is on fire. Um, the excitement is all about beer, not only in the Bay Area, but in Northern California. And with people like Matt Reynoldson coming up and... Uh, we've got people from not only all over the state, but all over the West Coast uh, coming down for this. And the turnout from the, uh, you know, what we call the civilians, the people who are out there uh, drinking good beer, keeping the good beer movement alive, uh, we're just out in droves tonight. So the ticket sales were enormous. And, of course, that goes to the California Small Brewers Association, which has a big job to do this year with uh, all the legislation that's pending that affects uh, brewers, as you well know. I don't know. Is there a bunch of stuff coming down the pipe that, that that's being threatened? That's exactly right. So we're here to help those guys out. Uh, they're the beneficiary of this event. Great. But um, I think it's beer lovers who are the winners because we had 35 or close to 40 breweries pouring uh, each one of them anywhere from three to six um, beer. So wow. do the math, dude. We had a tremendous outpouring of uh, people who support Celebrator Beer News. Yeah. This is our third. I can hear the cheer going on in the, in the room. We're we're outside the warehouse uh, right now, where it's a little <laughs> less noisy. Um, <laughs> but celebrating our twenty third anniversary. Um, uh, hard to imagine, but uh, Brett and Julie Nichols. Julie's here tonight, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, Brett and Julie Nichols started Celebrator Beer News. In uh, January 1988, what were you doing, Dustin? <laughs> I, I was pissing my pants, I think, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it was very anyway, uh, you know, every, for everybody who spreads the word of good beer, like Brewing Network does, uh, we're so proud to have this moment and have so many people turn out for this. Thanks so much for, uh, for all of your support and uh, all of your listeners. Uh, supporting the good beer movement, not only in California, but across the country. Happy to do it. I'm, I'm pleased to see your success. And I'll tell you what, you're the last day and the last event of SF Beer Week. You'd think that people would be home sleeping off their hangovers, and it's nice to see that they're out with you instead. Well, they should be on dialysis by now, but you know what? <laughs> right. This is a hardcore group, and uh, the, the turnout was tremendous. Great. And we're really grateful for that, uh, but we're also glad that SF Beer Week is over. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. All right, well, we're going to keep taking <laughs> interviews from your place all night and keep talking to the brewers, so go have fun, and thanks, Tom. Okay, okay man, I'll turn you over to Scott. Perfect. Um, but uh, many thanks again to Brewing Network, and um, you know, think of what, what i got to do as a beer journalist is start Sacramento Beer Week Thursday with the gala. Uh, up in Sacramento. Oh, man. Think about it. Good luck, Tom. You Good luck. I am. <laughs> he, he's right, right, you know. Call Bye, Tom. Tom. my friend. Here's Scott. Thank Get him, you. Tom. Cheers. Yeah, that's a good dude. Yo. All right. Tom's hardcore, Moscow. That guy, that guy yeah, can party. He, uh, yeah, I wish you could see the shirt he was wearing, but it has more hops on it than all the Brewing Network gear combined. <laughs> I've, I've seen Tom's shirts before. I uh, Don't worry. I, I'm, I'm okay not seeing it again. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Well, stay tuned, everybody, because I'm going to be back with a few uh, more interviews shortly. All right. Hey, make sure that you're representing us well. I mean, I'm happy to take your drunk of the week calls, but I don't need you stumbling around slurring <laughs> Brewing Network at every uh, brewer you run into. 
I didn't realize there was any other way to behave. <laughs> How's Alexa doing? Is is Alexa hammered too? No, she's she's the face of the BN for you guys. Okay. She's uh, not oh. only sober but cute. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. At one point, you might just hand the phone to Alexa. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, about four more beers down the line. All right, Moscow, give me about 15 minutes before you give me somebody else. All right, brother, I'll call you soon. Thanks, man. All right, Moscow doing the good work down there, fighting the good fight for us. Yeah. It sounds like a real tough job. He's in the Our trenches. man on the street. Yeah. He likes it. The problem is, see, Moscow's good. He drinks and still works. If you send any of us down there, me, Tasty. Oh, yeah, I'd be in the car. Yeah, we drink, we hang out, and we're like, wait, phone call? Whatever. I'm busy. personal. I'm busy. (laughs) Moscow's good at his job. Film interviews, (laughs) edit them down. No, not going to happen. No, not going to happen. Moscow does that, too. You know, in the beginning when Moscow started, he was doing the video and then sending it to me. It never saw the light of day. Now he's figured out, I better learn how to edit because I see how it goes around here. So he's. I think he's going to have a bunch of video from SF Beer Week. Good. He was at the Anchor uh, release party. Uh, well, it was their 140th anniversary party this week. And uh, it was an invite-only event that we were lucky enough to get an invite to. And they released a brand-new Anchor beer called uh, Brecky's Brown, I think. Or yeah. Breckle. Yep. Is it Brecky's? Breckles Brown or something, right? Yes. Breckles. I think. Breckles. 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 Yeah. Anyway, it'll be in Scotch. He'll get it right <laughs> when he reports it. But he's got video, interviews with the brewmaster, all of that coming. Nice. And I tried that beer at Beer Revolution on Friday also. Yeah. Another great Anchor beer. We had an, we an Anchor yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That'd I think good. one of our TV episodes is going to be shot at Anchor. Oh, that'd be great. Which I am super that's, excited yeah, about. Like a, yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like the it's most like a cathedral gorgeous of beer. beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you couldn't pick a better set. You couldn't paint a one A lot of copper, yeah. But beautiful. might be. Yeah, might be. I, you know, I'm not I, allowed to say that, so it might be. It might be exactly. That's see, you're you're getting it, Brad. Everything about the show might happen. All I know is that it will air at some point. That's the only thing I can say. Will <laughs> everything else is might. All right, let's talk a little bit about sour beer bottling, uh, Brad, because we'll have a little time for that, and we'll do Ooh. some more interviews, and then we'll probably just listen to Scott all drunk at the end of the show. All right. But you're a sour beer guy, and you have been for a while. I've had a lot of different samples of your sour beer. Um, You've been doing it for, it's been a specialty of yours for a little while. Yeah, I've been doing sour beers for probably uh, almost five years now. Okay. Wow. So even longer than I've even been into sour beers, you've been doing them. I like that. Uh, Right when you guys first got started is about when I first got started. Okay. And you already mentioned that, um, you know, for uh, actually recycling bottles, you'll save... uh, you know, the big bottles uh, for sour beers. So I think that's an interesting point. And Chad and I have done the same. We bring, you know, Cantillon bottles and things like that because they're the big, thick ones that can... Right, right. You know, with the the variability of the carbonation you get, you just want to be safe with them. And I think that using the standard 12-ounce brown bottles is a little sketchy at times. And I like to to save those big Belgian glass bottles, um, that real heavy ones, Although they do come with their their quirks, um, some some in the U.S. are different than some in, in Belgium. So you really have to to kind of pay attention to what you're doing with them. Okay, all right, but good ones to recycle. You can save money on your sour beers. Plus they're big, so you're bottling less. Right. But the questions that came through was uh, really about carbonation. You know, for these for these sour beers, and I know that there are different styles. You should go look at the BJCP style guidelines and, and figure out which style of, of sour beer you're actually doing, 
And some of them, of course, are hybrids that we do over here, aren't they? They're not exactly... Right, right. They're not... The U.S. market definitely brews uh, non-traditional, you know, sour beers, and uh, I I think are doing it as well or better than a lot of the Belgian breweries right now. You know, they're still obviously the staples like Cantillon and Drifontaine and, and such, but... Uh, some of those beers coming out of Lost Abbey and, and Russian River are just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely great. Well, so here's a question that came up. And the question really is about um, priming sugars and, and how to prime bottles for, for carbonation. And let me just preface it by some of the questions came through just general volumes and uh, of CO2 and priming regular beer for carbonation. And, you know, we talked about this before the show and we said, you know what? We can't do this any better than How to Brew can do it. Right. So we, in fact, all the answers would be is us reading from How to Brew. So get yourself a copy of John Palmer's How to Brew. Um, you can get it. We might be even sold out in the in the Brewing Network store. The same uh, graph is in Brewing Classic Styles as well. Oh, it is. Same okay. one that he pulled from How to Brew. Same graph. Brewing Classic Styles is in stock right now in our store, and you can go get that. But but the point is, you just it's not it's, for one, it's not even radio friendly to talk about when you get to volumes of CO two and how to get it. But it's just more comprehensive to look at it in John Palmer's chart. He has really it, it's it's plain as day. Even I understand that stupid thing, and it has numbers and math, and but it's all right there, plain as day. Pencil, yeah, yeah. So even I can do it. So when you're talking about you know standard beers, you know look through the the BJCP style guidelines for the particular beer that you're doing. Figure out the volumes of CO2 that that they recommend uh, versus what you want in your beer. Um, and then just follow the chart in how to brew or brewing classic style. So that's the standard answer for most beer. Even easier than that is to punch it into Beersmith. Does it do it there too? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, well, this is, thank you. Now I can just do my quick uh, Beersmith thing too. Uh, Beersmith.com, you get a free 21 day trial of the software, and you can do all of your uh, uh, carbonation uh, CO2 volumes uh, when you go there. It's a pretty sweet program. I now use it, which is probably not a good endorsement. I have no idea why he wants me to personally endorse uh, Beersmith. I do know that Brad over there at Beersmith is a very nice man and for some reason wants me to uh, talk about this product. He really should be having Chad do it, who, who's the better brewer here. But it does make life easier. It's a, it's a rad program, and you can get your volumes of CO2 from that. Uh, just go to beersmith.com. Get your free, don't take my word for it. Just get your free 21 day trial version. And, um, I, I think you'll be more than satisfied at the software. And I think he's about to do a big update too. Uh, I heard something about that. Yeah. I think I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago and it sounds to me like there's a whole rad overhaul yeah, of a, the whole, he's a programmer. The guy, a, yeah, it's very much a live product. Yeah. yeah. And, and so there's not really another one that's still a live product out there, right. is there? Right. So check it out. Okay. So. That's the answer for your kind of general volumes of CO2. But but with sour beer bottling, it can be a little different, and, and, and I think that's there, it's also kind of a rare beer. Uh, we talked in the beginning of the show about how some of the straight lambics are completely flat. Right. But that we prefer a little bit of effervescence in there. Yeah, and I think that I think that they the sour beer spectrum hits the full range. I think your your fruit beers are, are tend to be a mid grade of carbonation, maybe a little bit higher than normal, but uh, doesn't really actually uh, affect the product to be even on the lower side of standard uh, carbonation um, and bringing some of those flavors out. Sometimes you get a little too much with the fruit beers and it gets a little uh, bitter. That's okay. some bitterness to it. But then you go all the way to a goose, which is um, you know a highly uh, carbonated product, which um, you know they used to call you know 
you know, it's a Belgian champagne almost. It's so effervescent. Right. Really sparkly and Really nice. sparkly and has that, you know, sharpness that really adds to the sourness of it. Also, I think I say this every time Goose comes up, um, it's supposed to be drank by the glass. Like a big-ass glass of go- of sparkly Goose. is. If you're a Belgian and you get one of these little fancy sissy glasses that we use for, for Goose. Now, we use it because it's real expensive over here. But in Belgium... Pour, they pour you a nice big it's a water glass of yeah. goo. Yeah. It's a water glass. Yeah, they're, they're water almost glass. like the Sarsai shaker glasses. They're nice big glasses yeah. of it. Man, do I wish I lived there sometimes <laughs> just to go get a nice big ass glass of sparkly goose. That sounds great. But that's a good point. So, what do you now? Are we using priming sugar with these type of beers, or are you just letting the the yeast do its work and capping it off? Well, I, I personally have used uh, in the past used priming sugar. I think it's uh, it's a safer way to go, and it's a better way to go. You can cap it off as well, or um, it just depends on the, how much how traditional you want your your beer to be when you're done with it. Uh, the traditional way is to add young lambic to old lambic to produce goose, which produces carbonation. Okay, I see. I've talked to the guys about that too. And now, have you done that? I have done that, and it it didn't go well. <laughs> so it's inconsistent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think that you know, you look at Cantillon; they've been doing it for a hundred plus years. You know, yeah. it, it it takes a while to figure out how to get that carbonation right when you're doing that something with that variable of product. Okay. So do you ha- did you learn anything other than you don't want to do it, Brad? Like, did you learn from trying that blend? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I learned that, you know, to work a little bit harder in the first place to find out how much you need. I think, I was, I think part of my problem was I was short. Uh, the second problem probably was is that I didn't keep the bottles warm enough in in aging. Okay. And and the third problem is is these pro- these beers when you're brewing these sour beers and your your bottle cut conditioning them is they take a long time to carbonate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to the Vinny about this and their pro- their beer beers sit on the shelf for a while before they send them out because it takes a long time to carbonate. They don't send them out until they are carbonated. Right? Yeah, so right. And he's, he'll sit there and pop them and make yeah. sure that they're carbonated and, and go through all that before you know before they send them out. Right. You know, in Cantillon, I think I've heard that they sit for up to six months before they, they're sent out. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a whole... Uh, it's a cool thing about the Cantillon tour that you do get to see their cellaring process. And um, they literally just stack the bo- – they're not even on pallets or anything. They just stack perfectly in these cubby holes, like this basement-style yeah. cubby hole thing. And then anyway, you can see uh, on each, each pile of bottles, stack of piles, has a sign on it of and, and with, with several notes of exactly how long it's been there. And you start to wonder how I, – I do the same thing with Vinny. You start to wonder how they're still in business. Because right. some of those bottles have been sitting there for two years uh, before they're ready to go. Yeah, I have the first batch I ever did still in a bottle, and I added it. I had one recently. I have one bottle left, and it has ever so slight carbonation. And it's been you know three years that's been in the bottle, and it's just now starting to get a slight bit of carbonation to it. Wow. Wow. But Three years. Three years. So that was... A blend. Yes. So no priming sugar added. You're just using a one-year and a three-year together. Uh, yeah, it was a one-year. It was actually like a more – it was more like a six-month and a two-year. Okay. And uh, it was – I just wanted to try and do it one time as traditional as possible 
But in the end, I'd rather have a quality product rather than spend two years on something and uh, not be able to drink it. You know, it's unfortunate that I kind of gave up. I kind of feel bad about myself sometimes about it. But then I'll have something out of the kegerator and taste it a lot better. (laughs) So you've moved on to force carbonating. Yes. yes. And, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said for that for homebrewers, just for the reason that you're saying. Right. I mean, why wait the three years and then go? Oh, well, and it's shit. not it's not like you're spending you know two weeks or four weeks on a beer. You're spending a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So you, it's really a high level of disappointment. I can imagine, right. If it's not where you want it. <laughs> so. Although I, I have to say, the the beer that I made, I I didn't care for it until I had that last bo- that I, like I said, I've got one left. The one before this one, I actually kind of liked it and I really enjoyed it. So it was it was nice for that, but for the age, yeah. So I think something that's important to mention, there's a lot of you listeners that, that know a lot more about this than me, but some of you who are new brewers is, you know, the reason that Brad is not adding priming sugar to these types of blends um, or even these very old beers while they're, why they are still carbonating after three years is is the particular yeast that's doing the work. Yeah, the Britannomyces yeast and even uh, the bacteria will continue to work in the bottles. And now the bacteria produces a lot less... Um, CO2 offput um, than the Britannomyces, but Britannomyces also even produces less CO2, I think is what mm-hmm. uh, Nate said, mm-hmm. than the uh, Saccharomyces yeast. Okay. But the point is that compared to regular brewer's yeast, it does keep working on sugars that sure. regular brewer's yeast would never work on, that you have to add priming sugar to those other beers. You don't with these because they'll just keep going. You don't have to, but yeah. you know, there's not there's not enough in the the lambic itself as it's completed to you have to add something to it. And that's why you're adding the young beer that has a little bit higher specific gravity or okay. finishing gravity uh than the finished, you know, older beer. And that's where you're that's essentially it's it's a different version of croisoning. You know, mm-hmm. you're adding young lambic to old lambic to croison the beer and create that carbonation. I see. Now, would you ever add a, a additional sugar? If you didn't want to do a blend, would you end up with a bottle bomb if you put sugar in any of these? No, not necessarily. Okay. You just have to pay attention to how much you're adding. Um, it, you really need to... I kind of look at it as you're doing a small fermentation in the bottle. Now, when you calculate out how much sugar you need normally, you know, four ounces of corn sugar to get two and a half volumes of CO2... Yeah. You need to hit those same gravity numbers going into the bottle with your sugar. You maybe wouldn't add, you know, as much sugar. Okay. You know, a smaller amount. It okay. depends on what your gravities are of the two beers that you're blending or even the the straight lambic that you're putting into the bottle. Can you find these either on the chart or on Beersmith? Can you do this kind of math, or is this like a trial and error? I would think you'd ha- you can do it, and you can calculate it in Beersmith. Okay. Because... Uh, you know what I've I've looked at for for me to calculate it. I kind of looked at it and said, well, if I put four ounces of sugar into a five, you know, into a gallon of of, of water, you know, that's you know a certain specific gravity. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing the same thing with that beer. I'm saying, okay, well, this is a gallon of this beer that matches the specific gravity of what I would be making with the priming solution. Okay. And if my beer isn't strong enough. Or is fermented down too far, then you would could add sugar to reach that specific gravity. I see. Okay. 
Have you added sugar to any of yours? Yes. You have done it. Yeah. And it didn't go well either, but it went better. Okay. It, it went better. Well, and it is a learning process either way, right? Yeah. I mean, all of this homebrewing stuff is, but it's interesting to hear you say, look, I, I did do it. I did it right, but I still had to learn. Right. And I think, I think even some of those concerns are, are, are questions that, uh, that were sent in to you about yeast yeah. and and the viability of the yeast. And it's it goes back to that thinking about it as a mini fermentation in the bottle. If your yeast isn't healthy, even whether it's Britannomyces or Saccharomyces or some of these other bacterias, that if it's not healthy in the bottle, it's not going to produce CO2 like you need it to. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So let's talk about some of that. You know, questions that came through specifically was... Uh, how to compensate for very flat, sour beers that have been sitting around. You know, they've been in our carboy for two years right. already, and now we want to bottle them and have them have a little bit of carbonation in it. How do we compensate for that? Well, I think you're going to need to add, definitely need to add fresh yeast. Okay. Uh, you could choose, uh, I've done both, and I, I can't say there was a lot of difference, but I've done champagne yeast and I've done brewer's yeast. Uh, the The key to me is to have a healthy healthy yeast when it goes in because you're really putting it in tough conditions to start with okay see and that's i think uh, it's hard to know especially for new brewers but even us chad you know we've had these old beers sitting around for a while i guess if you've taken care of it the whole way through if you did your yeast starter if you took care of that beer the way you should have you can assume you have healthy yeast is that what you're doing well, no, I think in in this case you're adding you're going to have to add yeast back. You just no matter you know, what, you no do. matter what, okay. and, and that at two years, it, it, when you're that's another thing with them adding the the fresh wort or uh, the young lambic. The young lambic obviously has healthier, you know, six month to a year old yeast and okay. bacteria versus the two to three year old yeast that's been sitting in your carboy dropping out. You know that that has almost no yeast in it. Okay. Well, it seems like a big portion of the of the unknown here is is what you have, right? Right. Now, the the big guys, I think they can analyze the 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 fermentability of what's in in there already, and each of the even if they're blending, right? They know what exactly what they've got. We don't necessarily know that. We don't have the lab, right? You don't have the lab. You can't see what what yeast or bacteria are in there. You, you know, you can measure your sugar content, right? But that's about it. So the only way we can operate it is to go to make sure that we're completely fermented out, and whatever we do. So that way we're adding what we're adding is what we're getting right okay. right and i think the i think the if i were to do it again what i would do is i i would take be taking gravities and i might stop my young lambic at a specific gravity oh, okay. so that there's you know crash cult chill it to get some of the other and so that when you blend them together you have a 1014 beer and you have a 10 you know your lambic is 1004 1006 in that range okay. so that you know how much sugar is from that is going in okay uh, and i, I might add you might want to take a sample of that and then let that ferment out elsewhere correct and then see, you'll know the real to delta. see that well and then you also have to take into account the how fermentable what's left yeah, is yeah. you might have 1014 but it's really only fermentable down to the 12 uh, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. or is it six you need to know the difference and do it right? you could do a forced fermentation yeah, they've exactly. talked about that on air before yeah. to, to get that okay all right, let's do a quick uh, side conversation. We've got Jesse from Triple Rock on the line oh. that we can talk to about our, our, our everyone's favorite fest here. And what we're talking about now is the the Sour Fest. Jesse, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's happening? How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. It's nice to talk to you down there. You at Celebrator? Yeah, yeah, we're here partying, having a great time. It's a really good party. What's Triple Rock pouring down there tonight? We run through a couple different beers. Sorry, I'm smoking cigarettes outside right now. You're all right. Bear with me here. Um, so uh, we've had four beers. Uh, we started with the barrel-aged porter, 
our uh, our English porter that spent a year and a half in a uh, bourbon barrel that we got locally. Great. We had the uh, the IMAX, our Imperial IPA, on for a little bit. Both of those, we had those on early, so the both of them kicked pretty early. And Man, then everything's we kicking. Are n- What's that now? Every all the, uh, the brewers we've talked to has been talking about their beers kicking already. You guys must be crowded yeah, down there. Yeah, I, I, I saw Vinny take off. I saw him push his whole cart out already. <laughs> um, well, where's he going? Come actually, on. Vinny just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I think that that's exactly the case, of course. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Right now, we've got uh, our IPAX, our our single IPA on, and titanium our strong ale on. Okay. Now, at the beginning of the show, Jesse, we mentioned, you know, one of the only events I've been to this SF Beer Week, I was kind of hiding out like a sissy, was uh, your Sourfest. And it just went, oh, I thought yeah. it was I thought it was great. What can you tell us about that? Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. That's, those are kind words. Uh, it was a really good event. Um, it was a great event. I mean, we partnered up with, uh, with Jupiter. You know, we had, you know, they're just a block and a half away. And yep. we had amazing beers. I mean, we had unbelievable beers. I mean, really the kind of... The kind of beers you can only only try, you know, once a year, once every couple of years or so. We got a whole ton of beers uh, shipped in. We got a lot of local uh, breweries put together their sour programs and, uh, you know, rack off, you know, little kegs for us. Um, but, yeah, it was a great event. I mean, uh, I think that it's uh, the amalgam of all these different beers is uh, something that, that, that shouldn't be missed. I mean, if that, is that what you're hiding out for? You picked a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't need to go to anything after that. Let me tell you, I had I went o- I was at Triple Rock for a while, and then I went over to Jupiter for the other half of the beers, and I had a flight of Rodenbach Grand Cru. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys had like five different years of the Grand Cru there, yeah. and yeah. I just thought I can't get this anywhere. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's the thing is you can't get it anywhere else, and it's great. It's a great venue. You know, it was a nice day. Thank God. You know, if if we were to have rain, it would have been a whole different scenario. But you know, we had a nice day out, and uh, yeah. Do you know? It was great. It was fantastic. Do you know uh, approximately how many beers between the two places were being poured? It was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred and five. <laughs> That's what I thought. I would wow. guess somewhere over a hundred, like that too. How impressive yeah, like 105, is that? I mean, we go to a yeah. beer festival, and if we see thirty breweries there pouring two beers each, we're we're stoked, right? So to go yeah, and, and have a hundred and five like sour, sour and, and, and barrel, yeah. Yeah. oh man, that's well done, yeah, Jesse. Wow. Thanks, man. Thanks. It was, it was uh, you know, really we've been you know we've been doing it for the last three years, um, and we keep getting better every year with it. You know what I mean? Uh, people from all over the place. We had uh, you know Midnight Sun. God bless them. Sent us you know stuff on a plane. Uh, wow. We had people from all over the place sending us sending us their stuff. The cool thing is, is that everybody everybody wants to kind of showcase their their barrel age program at our event, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at this point, everybody's got really really impressive barrel age programs going. Well, I, I have to and give was, some uh, props to um, you know. I think it's the power of Roger Davis. He's a he's a big fat asshole. Uh, but we all really love him, and so do brewers. And so that guy calls Absolutely. you up and asks for beer, and you don't say no to Roger. You just go, yeah, Absolutely. whatever you need, Absolutely man. Absolutely a big... Absolutely a big fat asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> God bless Roger Davis. God bless that that asshole. He's uh, great. Yeah, man. That, that, that's the thing. It's like uh, you don't say no to Roger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roger calls you up and, and wants to know what you've got going. You 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 bring it. Yeah. And uh, and it happened. No, he's just such it a good dude that like way. That. 
All yeah, right. Yeah, he is. If you, if you see him tonight, you tell him that I need to talk to him. <laughs> and I got, a, I, got, I, got, I got a Charlie horse waiting for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, the most important question I have for you is uh, how drunk is my producer right now? Is he all fucked up down there or what? Uh, right this second? Right this second, he's smiling. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it, it, I, I think it means he's having a good time. Okay. And uh, you guys can take that anywhere you want. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jesse. It's good to talk to you, man. Yeah, totally. Thanks a lot, man. Later. Word. How you, how you doing, Moscow? I'm I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there, I'm trying not to, you know, be smirched to be in good name. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. Jesse's a nice dude down there at Triple Rock. If you ever go down, I think he's one of the GMs right there, or is yeah. he the GM he is. at Triple Rock? Real correct. nice kid. Go check him out. Uh, you know, if Roger's not there to bug, then you can go bug Jesse, and you'll have a good time. All right, uh, give me somebody else in 15 minutes, will you? Uh, you okay, I will. Uh, do I have Jane right in front of me, Jay Brooks. You want him now? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. Okay, here he is. All right. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Right. Who is that asshole? Oh, well, can I say that on the radio? Or, yeah. We're not live, though, right? No, we're live, but it's internet radio, Jay. Oh. You're okay. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. I can say that? Can yeah. I say that? Whatever the fuck you want. It's not real radio, man. No one's listening. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It wasn't real. <laughs> How's, I hear that it's packed to the hilt down there. Uh, yeah, we uh, definitely sold out. We sold more uh, pre-sale tickets than any previous Celebrator event, mm-hmm. so that was kind of fun for uh, Tom. No, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. what I want to hear from you, Jay, you're heavily involved in SF Beer Week every every year. You do a lot for it. This is our third year of SF Beer Week, I think. And, um, Correct, yeah. Why don't you give me your overall impression of how it went? Um, so far, from what I'm hearing from the, uh, the field, as it were, is... Uh, Every event I've heard from uh, had really good attendance this year, um, which is awesome to uh, see. So uh, it sounds like it was a success across the board. Now um, we'll start here and things filter in, uh, you know, over time. Sure. Yeah, you know, see how it really was. But so far, the initial impression seems to be very positive. Um, yeah, a couple of hiccups here and there, but uh, nothing that I don't think can be fixed or uh, nothing to worry about too much. Now, one of the complaints I had last year, and I and I heard it a lot. I'm sure you did too. And I don't. I don't think it, I didn't really hear it this year. Last year, I heard there was just too many events going on in too many places all at the same time. And I feel like this time they really. I don't know if we we just parsed it out or what happened, but I feel like it was more manageable this year. Well, I certainly didn't hear that complaint this year, and I do recall it last year as well. And, and oddly enough, we had nearly two, uh, 100 more events this year than we did last year. Really? Um, the final tally came in somewhere around 320, and last year we had about 225. So we definitely had more events. I think we had less um, bigger sit-down events. It seems like we had a few less beer dinners this year, but, but more mm. sort of... Um, uh, beer and food pairings that you could do at any time where you didn't have to be seated at a, at a specific time for right. several hours, but you could stop by really any day of the week and try different things that were specifically paired, uh, dishes that were specifically paired with a specific beer. And so I, and maybe people learned from, you know, learned that from last year, you know, from last year's experiences, and this year sort of uh, structured the events a little bit differently, because we definitely had a lot more um, restaurants that, that stepped up and did not one event, but did the event every day of the week, had a special menu. Got it. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's a better way to do things because we all get to, you know, we want to go to them. We just can't, there's not that many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. So, Well, 
I suppose that's true. <laughs> you're, you're, you're breaking the curve there, Jay. I think what I'm really saying is there's not enough liver in my body is actually what I mean. Yeah, well, there's that, yeah. Well, you know, you have to do exercises. You have to exercise your liver. Well, I pushed out this year. I'm going to be honest, Jay. I went to, I went to maybe three events. That's it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're, you're admitting that on uh, you know on the air? <laughs> I am, but let me tell you why. And and come on, I, right. if you're honest with me, you're going to agree. And that is in the Bay Area, it's like SF beer year. Like we have great events <laughs> going on all the time. I don't need to cram them into seven days. Ten days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys in your stupid ten day week, but you you know. Well, that's a, we've declared that's a Brewers week. You know, like a Baker's dozen, a Brewers week is ten days. <laughs> That kind of makes sense, actually. I'll buy that. Doesn't it? Yeah. Now, now, on average, Jay, how many events did you hit per day? Right. Daily. I hit about three. I hit about three per day. Oh my uh, God, Jay! You machine. are a, you are a seasoned veteran. <laughs> That's why I was giving you such a hard time. <laughs> yeah. I did take one. Day, I did take one day off in the middle of the week. I took off Tuesday and did, and did some work. Okay. Uh, from home, and uh, but I still managed to hit about an average of three. See, it's not just that he's a seasoned veteran. It's that Jay actually has discipline. If I, if I go out to one event, I'm drunk as a skunk. You know, it just never. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you, have to, you have to be a professional. You have to pace yourself. All right. I it's, need a, to... it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I guess you're... I, Jay needs to give an SF Beer Week uh, training oh, course, oh, yeah, I think. Yeah, is, uh, that exactly. that yeah. should be an well, event... some sort of exercise regime uh, beforehand. Day 11. <laughs> yeah, just make a video, Jay, that we can all watch yeah, before... Yeah, <laughs> there'll be a lot of yoga, um, some right. knee bends, certainly some elbow bends. Yes, uh, yeah. Give us a give us a diet that we need to stick to. All of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. High high carb before you go out uh, certainly is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Survival guide. Yeah, Jay Brooks uh, SF Beer Week Survival Guide uh, coming to you from the <laughs> Brewing Network next year. Yeah. Get working on that, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Jay. Thanks for your time. Go enjoy right. yourself, man. Absolutely. Will do. Cheers. Amen. Hey, I love that guy. Mm. He's just a Did nice see him guy. at a lot of events. He goes, to, he goes to all of them. Yeah, wherever I saw him, he was always coming from someplace else. I don't know how he does it. You know? Yeah. Well, he knows how to say, I got to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let we me don't. tell you, not that Jay's old, but when I'm Jay's age, I'll be lucky I can get out of a chair. <laughs> Never mind go to three beer events a day. Yeah, let me tell you, Justin, I think that uh, Jay might have a, uh, like a robot that he built to look like himself because mm. I'm for sure he's been more than one place at once this week. Yeah, he's at everything all the time. He's, uh, he's a talented drinker is what he is. All right. All right, I'll be back in uh, uh, 15 or so with a couple more for you. Sounds good. Thanks, Moscow. Yep. Right. I think Moscow wants to stop drinking after the last phone call, huh? Oh, they're running out of beer. He takes us too seriously. Yeah, uh, he, or they're running out of beer, exactly. <laughs> he took that reprimand as serious. <laughs> he takes us too I mean, I can yell at Chad for a week. He doesn't listen to anything. He just keeps right on what? doing it. He knows, <laughs> he knows it doesn't mean anything. Moscow hasn't figured out that it doesn't mean anything when I get pissed off. He yet. needs this gig, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think Moscow doesn't realize that he's really not going to get a paycheck. <laughs> oh, he still thinks there's one coming, right? He still thinks if I keep doing it's in the this, mail. Justin, he's really going to pay me big one day. Well, don't don't tell him, all right? You guys just keep it a secret. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know. All right.
What else to wrap up this kind of uh, goose and sour beer topic? Did we? Are there? Is there some more stuff to to talk about in there? You now uh, exclusively uh, force carbonate. Yes, you do. Yeah, and I think it's the it's not the traditional way to go, but it's the better way to go because you get exactly what you want. Right. I, I'm more interested in having a enjoyable beer rather than a traditional beer, okay. and I think that you know. Uh, there are so many people producing so many great sour beers right now that are doing them non-traditionally. I mean, the you know Russian River does do a lot of traditional type things, but right. they're also turning around some beers in in less time than it takes to normally do that. And you know, you have to take some you know proper steps to right. do it that way. Um, not saying they're taking shortcuts or any way, but sure. But there are different ways to do things rather than the traditional way that have you know traditional ways were learned 150 years ago when they didn't know about yeasts and stuff right. like that, and and now they know and they can get those beers done and and to market and stay in business. Whereas you know someone like Cantillon, who is the you know considered the greatest sour beer brewery on earth, struggles to stay open. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that a brewer like Jean at Cantillon, or even let's take some of the German brewers who are kind of locked into the Rheinheinsgebiet and, and different laws, they would tell you that they would do it the way we're doing it over here, too, if they could. But it's part of their thing. It's part of their, it's even in some places part of their beer law, like in Germany. Um, but in Belgium, it's just part of their thing. Right. And I agree, you know, there is the possibility that it produces a better quality beer. Okay. However, it also has the ability to produce a less quality beer. Right. <laughs> And certainly efficiency doesn't come into play when we're talking about things that are 250, 300 years old and more. Exactly. I mean, we're not we're not talking about efficiency. We're just, like you said, we're talking about how it was done then. Right. And they're just doing it now. Right. And they just do okay. it the same way. All right. Hey, Brad, you know, I did have a question that comes up a lot. I get asked this a lot. Um, sugars. Have you played around with different types of sugars when I, priming? I haven't, but I've... I, you know, I was thinking about this when I was on my way in today, and it, it, what it really comes down to is you have to think of it as a small fermentation. Mm-hmm. If you hit that gravity of what you're adding as your priming solution, um, you know, four ounces of corn sugar and 16 ounces of water is a 1092. You know, mm-hmm. you could take anything. Now, the, then after that, you get into the question of, you know, how much fermentability is. Obviously, honey has less fermentability. Malt extract has less fermentability, and you have to take those into account. And mm-hmm. um, some of those you can be find in, in Beersmith, and some you can't. Yeah, you, know. you know, like apple juice was a question that, that mm-hmm. came up uh, recently. And, you know, apple juice is almost 100% fermentable. I mean, you, you know, you make a cider and you throw some yeast in there, you can get that down below one. So if you were using that for your priming solution, you definitely want to take that almost as exactly as a, you know, as you would corn sugar. Just take the gravity of it. Right. Just take the gravity of it. Make, you know, make a pint of it and and measure the solution and mm-hmm. see if you're where you want. And mm-hmm. you could dial in, you dial in your carbonation up and down with that. Cool. Right. Kim Wood's on the line with a question. Kim Wood. Hi, guys. Hola. Hi, Weasel. Hello. Are you getting ready Hi, for okay, are, you, so, are you getting ready for Sacramento Beer Week? Oh yeah, there's a couple events coming up. We might try to make it to one or two. All we'll right. See. More importantly, yeah. are you going to knit Weasel an asshat sweater like you did for the biscuit? Oh, like without sleeves? That might be kind of hot. Totally without <laughs> sleeves. It has to have buttons, you know, like a vest, maybe a vest. 
No, no, no. I want it to pull it over his head like a one-piece thing like biscuit. <laughs> Just like But it'll biscuit. be like a half-shirt a half shirt sweater, sort of, yes. but with no sleeves. A muscle shirt, half-shirt half, half <laughs> sweater? It's very Antioch, yeah. really. <laughs> you think yeah, about exactly. it. exactly. Man, that will be and lame. And the, the ass-hat pom-poms will be right on his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Perfect. So that's not really why I called, but whatever. No, I really do have a question, though. All right. Um... Okay, like about sour Brett beers. Um, I'm wondering, because I'm worried about carboy space a lot of the times. So if you have your carboys just, you know, sitting off and, um, you know, you're aging your beers and everything, I'm wondering, can you bottle a beer, like, that's had a pellicle for three months or something like that? Can you cork and cage it, a sour beer that's all breaded up or with dregs, and will it still um, gain the same sort of sour or bready characteristics in the bottle as well as carbonate? I don't have any experience with it, but I would say probably it's possible. I, I, I know I've noticed in, in that one beer I was talking about earlier, the first one I made, it did increase in sourness over time. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't expect it to gain a lot. Um, and I, I'd noticed, that, you know, if you taste your, your sour beer wort over time as it goes, you know, it definitely goes from like, God, this has been in here for six months, and it it hardly tastes sour. To you know, a year later, you're like, "Wow, this is great," you know. And and I I just don't know that that in the bottle it has the right conditions for that. Um, okay. It might gain a little sourness, but I don't know that it would gain a lot of sourness. Okay, all right, okay. Well, I think that uh, that answers my question. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kim. Were you talking? Did you have a question? <laughs> I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Shut your face. Didn't you brew today? I did. What did you brew today? I brew I brewed a uh, Flanders Brown. Oh, so you're go- you're going sour today. Yeah, that's right, baby. Well, not yet. In about a week I'll put the bugs in there, but yeah, the dude at the homebrew store gave me a, a free packet of Rose Lair, so I'm like might as well do it, so. So what do you do I'll with a sour with a Flanders Brown? Do you you ferment with a regular yeast like a clean yeast first and then you add the Rose Lair later? Yeah, in secondary. Oh, okay. Yeah. What kind of yeast do you use like, first? Just like 001. Okay. Or you can use Cephal 05. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, we'll see. I'll let you know how it is in like uh, 12 to 18 months. <laughs> it's not going to be ready in like a week or so when I'm up there? <laughs> no. Well, you can try it. Sure. <laughs> I'll try it. You don't it. know the difference. I won't you don't know, know the, the difference. difference. You'll love it. And I'm willing to yeah. try anything. I don't give a shit. Just put a little lactic Atta acid boy. in for him. He'll never know. Yeah. I'll be like, wow, right. Kim, you're great. <laughs> all right okay well that's all you guys uh go and uh eat one thanks kim wood okay bye all right yeah kim wood is going to teach uh my girlfriend how to brew in a week or two Hmm. is that code for uh you bet your ass (laughs) yeah i'm gonna film the whole thing she'll be a brewing machine (laughs) i see a queen of beers entry beating that certificate that you have Dude, it's not even a lofty goal anymore, is it? I'm so easy to... Bevo could brew a beer right now and, and beat my, um, you know, any other Tifo. I don't need you to agree with them or me, Bevo. Let's go back to work. Answer the phones. Sorry. All right. Jeez. Anything else on the uh, on the carbonation side of these Brett beers? And, and is, is there... You, you know, did mention a Brett difference. Go ahead. I was just going to go back and just one one question you asked me earlier was that uh, when uh, if you're saving your Belgian bottles, you need to be careful because uh, the Belgian glass bottles have a different uh, cap size. 
It's a 29 millimeter cap versus I think the U.S. size is 27 or 23. Um, your little red capper that you normally have, actually, you can pull the plate out and flip them around. Oh, for different size necks, but then you also need to get a different bell to screw into it, and uh, that will actually uh, make it so that you can cap those Belgian beer bottles. Okay. Unless you decide to cork and cage them, which uh, sounds like a pain in the ass to me. That does sound like a pain in the ass. <laughs> so you say you're forced carbonating your uh, Belgians now, yes. your sour beers. Yes. Uh, how are you getting that into the bottle, being so highly carbonated? <laughs> Not very well. I see. Um, you know, I'm doing some of the similar things that you do. Oh, the uh, still pour? Mm-hmm. You, you do the, you do the, you chill the bottle down, right. you get the beer as cold as you can, right. you know, yeah. you pour, and then you cap as fast as you can. Cool. All right. I got uh, Luke from Colorado on the line, and he's got a question about uh, sanitation. Luke, what's happening? No, not a lot. How's it going, guys? It's going all right. Nice to talk to you. What's your question? Right on. Well, uh, I'd, I'd like to try Brettomyces in, uh, in some of the beers that I'm doing, but I'm getting mixed results as far as sanitation goes. Uh, Homebrew Shop says I'm good to go. PBW, Star Sand, normal, normal cooking supply. I can reuse these carboys and kegs. Um, I've heard from other brewers, Vinny, you know, they're saying they mark their shit in red. So uh, any experience on this? Soft parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Stainless, glass, you're good. Gaskets, uh, airlocks, replace them or dedicate them just to those bread. I, I keep my fermenters, uh, the glass ones I'll reuse, plastic I won't. Um, for kegs, actually, I do keep separate kegs, but I think it just more works out that way. But I, if I were to change over, I would definitely replace any of this, like Chad says, soft parts, gaskets, and stuff like that. I actually, in my, my freezer fermenter, uh, I have a barrel that has Lambic in it, ferment right next to yeah. my, my regular beers and don't have a problem. Chad actually, okay, Chad has a set of sour beer equipment, a set of Justin equipment, and then a set of regular equipment. This is true. Yeah. Sabotage, right, two of which sour. Are <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You go ahead and guess which two. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and did I hear you using buckets for fermenting these sour beers? I, I have in the past, yeah. And actually what I like to do is I like to score the inside of them so you can't clean them. Oh. So it harbors bacteria. I see. Are you kidding? No, not well, at all. If you think about it, it's just like a barrel. It's yeah. just it's a porous surface, and you've got scratches in it. And it so you, you know, the the Belgian breweries, these the sour breweries, they clean their barrels pretty well when they reuse them, and they're not actually adding any yeast other than than from the air, and and truly. Their yeast that they're fermenting and souring their beers with don't come from the air. They come from the walls. When they're in the cool ship, it steams and drips down off the walls into the into the right. beer. Mm. And then it goes into the barrel, and it's in the barrel. And, and it's really just ingrained in the wood. And they'll, they recouper these barrels over and over and over again because yeah. the what really makes their beer great is the bacterial balance that's in those barrels. And, and so... You know, by scoring these plastic buckets, I'll still sanit- clean and sanitize them. But the bacteria is in these scratches. That's right. in these. You know, I take a screwdriver and just de- some deep gouges. And, oh, you do. You yeah. make some deep ones in there. Yeah, it's a good wow. point. Let me tell you, I've seen the uh, barrel cleaning process at Cantillon. 
It's fucking medieval. It's like a device that's a chain that beats the crap out of the inside of it, and then they hot steam it. That's their sanitation is the hot steam. And hot steam is like one of the best sanitizers you can do. Wet, Like Chad mentioned earlier, there's dry heat, but wet heat is even better. Yeah, it's it's pretty, like I said, it's medieval (laughs) watching that process. But don't be afraid of Brett, man. You can kill it. But also dedicate no, the right soft on. parts. So Just dedicate the glass, soft parts. Stainless, good to go. Soft parts, uh, buy new. Yep. All right, guys. Hey, thanks a lot. Right on. Thanks, Luke. Have a good one, brother. All right, you too. All right. Now he said buy new, but go ahead and dedicate just a set. Yeah, I can reuse them. You don't have to buy right, new. Just right. set them aside. Put right on the bucket that all that shit goes into, right? Yep. And you're fine. That's what Vinny does. I think he has a whole separate yeah. hose. I have separate and, hoses, a separate yeah. you know, racking case, stuff like that. Yeah. Separate ga- gaskets. Yeah. All right, let me get in a couple last questions that came through just uh, kind of randomly about the whole bottling process, and I think that will cover the topic for us for today. Um, one of them was the um, bottle caps that are the, what are they, like oxygen oh, absorbing. Mm-hmm. oxygen absorbing caps Oxy versus caps. regular caps? Mm-hmm. Um, experience with those? Are you all now using oxy absorbing uh, caps? Oxy caps? If the store has them, yeah. Yeah, that's what I buy, just because that's, you know, gives me the extra advantage. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a problem with, like, oxygen in bottled beer, but uh, certainly if I did, I'd certainly be looking at those, yeah. I, I can't even prove they've helped me, but. You know, why not take the chance? But you use them, yeah. right? No, there's something about them where they're active and deactivated if you use them a certain way, like with a sanitizer. How does that? I, I don't know. I've heard. Yeah, my, or, my understanding is is if you have to get them wet to sani- to activate them. Right. Uh-huh. So if you get them wet with sanitizer, they're going to start absorbing oxygen from the air. Uh, I've never read anything about like are they going to absorb too much oxygen before you get them on the bottle? Mm-hmm. You know. It makes sense that you're you're waving them through an oxygen rich environment in the air. But it also makes you know. sense that you would have to sanitize them first. Well, no, it? no, you you put them on and then you just flip the bottle over and then the beer inside wets uh, it uh, okay. and gets it going. So you, my th- understanding is is that you wouldn't want to sanitize them. Mm. Huh. A lot of people, you know, literature so says to sanitize the the caps. I I treat them like the. Uh, like they're a food product that I bought at the store. That they treat them, and I know from from talking to more beer, they do. They package those like they're a food product. Right. So I don't really have to sanitize them. And you know, as we talk about you know sanitizing the bottles and all this, uh, really, you know, beer is sort of and with alcohol in it, it's not like that vulnerable, really. And it's got a low pH. And it yeah, kills yeah, it's a, a lot pretty, of that bacteria. Yeah, it's a pretty safe place, really. And so I say, I, I basically. Uh, activate my caps by capping on foam, right? I'm, mm. I make sure there's a, a foam over the top, right. not just near the top, but it's maybe rolling out of there. I cap on that, and that's what I think oxygen, you know, starts right. my caps working. And I think the surface area, you compare, you know, you don't want to not sanitize your bottles because you think beer is great and it's going to kill everything, but because the surface area of your bottle is huge compared to the surface yeah. area that the cap is contacting. Yeah. And, and, and like Tasty said, I, I don't take them out of the uh, bag until I'm going to use them. Yeah. You know, to, even if I've got extra ones, I leave the bag. I cut a small hole and just take them out one at a time. If I and, touch the okay. inside, I throw that one away. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Does seem a little counterintuitive. You're you're sanitizing everything else except for this one piece, but uh, I get it's the point. whether you choose to fight bacteria, fight oxidation. Got and it. if you did your job right in the first place, you should be able to fight that that very very minute amount of 
of bacteria yeah. okay. or wild yeast. But that's, I mean, Tasty brings up a good point. That inch or two of O2 in between the cap and the beer is the biggest problem any brewer will face getting it in a bottle. Yeah, it's so, got to be there if it's anywhere. Yeah. Capping yeah, on foam is... Capping on foam is more important than having oxygen absorbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's something that, yeah, we have to drive that in. I, like... Yeah. Uh, if I like pour a you know fill a bottle for beer uh, and there's not foam, that's a fail. That's a, you know similar right. as a, it's only half full, it's half foam. That's another fail. Uh, so yeah, I'll shake the bottle or I'll next bottle I'll just pour faster, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get it to foam up more and stuff. You give them a little tap on the side too. Or you can knock them, them on the side. Or, yeah. Right. All right, I have another uh, report from a different beer week. Uh, beer oh. Punk is calling in. Apparently, it's also Arizona Beer Week, and he wants to give us his roving right. report. Beer Punk, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nice to talk to you. Is it AZ Beer Week right now? That is correct. Today is the second day of the first annual Arizona Beer Week. See, everybody is it ten days though? <laughs> is yeah, is yours ten days? Um, ours is seven days. See, I gotta say, I agree with Arizona that There's, a week is a week is a fucking week. They know how to keep time. They know a week too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do like that everybody in the world has a beer week now. Like we have SF Beer Week, and then what is it? Fifty-five minutes to the north of us now is Sacramento Beer Week. Uh, I'm happening. looking forward to it, and I'm just going. Come on, what? Do we, I've said this before. Like I gotta have Pacheco Beer Week next time, which is going to be half a day. By the way. That'll be, awesome. that'll be my beer week. It'll be half a day at the California Grand. Well, tell us about Arizona Beer Week, Beer Punk. Okay, well, uh, we finally started getting out of the, uh, the craft beer scene. Uh, I've been living in Arizona for about two years now, and this is, uh, like I said, the first annual Arizona Beer Week. And we uh, just today actually had our first American Homebrewers Association rally in Arizona. Nice. We the Highland, the, right? uh, the Santan Brewery. Oh, Santan, that's right. Where's that at? Uh, Where in Santan Arizona Brewery? are we talking? Where at? It's uh, Chandler, Arizona, a little bit south Chandler's of Phoenix. Chandler, right. Okay. Yeah, so uh, they had, oh, I'd say probably, it seemed to me about uh, 75 people uh, that had name tags that were here for just uh, the AHA rally. And uh, they had a, had a brewery tour, and they had, uh, they had beer specials and stuff like that. But earlier today, I went to a, a little beer and beer and breakfast pairing they had at the uh, the Whole Foods that they also had in Chandler. They had uh, one of the uh, one of the distributors had a had a guy there that they had uh, probably about seven seven or eight different different breakfasts you could choose from, and each one was paired with a different beer. The one I had was a French toast and the uh, Rochefort Eight, which was very tasty. Ooh, that sounds good, nice. Uh, good combination, on my on my opinion. Yeah, that sounds great. What else? What else is yeah, going on? So, what do you do? You have any plans for the rest of the week, or what? Oh, at Whole Foods, they have a uh, they have different beer tastings from uh, probably about six or seven different uh, breweries from the state of Arizona. They're going to have each one of those come on a different day, and uh, they have oh, run the run the whole state. They have 150 different. Uh, Different events. Yesterday was the the kickoff with the uh, Arizona Strong Beer Festival, which unfortunately I didn't get to go to, but I hear it was it was quite spectacular. Unfortunately, the weather was a little uh, little shitty. They had a little bit of rain, but they said the the two hundred two hundred and plus beers they had there that were all eight eight percent plus, I believe, kind of made up for the the crummy wow. weather. Sure. You know what I like about Arizona Beer Week? 
There's nothing else What's to that? do. There's nothing else to do in Arizona. I mean, I've been oh, there. Yeah. I lived there for a little while. Yeah. You, you, you gotta. It should be SF Beer Week every day in Arizona Beer Week every day in Arizona. Well, you know, I'm originally from Oregon, so we have you know Oregon Beer Month in July. So this is a <laughs> this is kind of a kind of a welcome change for the Arizona beer scene. Right. See, up until now, this is the the first actual uh, conglomerative beer event that I've seen in the entire state. And uh, the the Santan Brewery actually just last uh, last year got their own canning line, and they got about about six different beers of theirs that they put on a canning distribution. Hmm. Sounds great. Well, congratulations. I'm glad to hear that the beer scene's growing up. And now this is an example that I won't complain about with everyone having a new SF beer week or new uh, sorry a new beer week. Uh, I think Arizona deserves to have one. It's a, it's, it sounds like a good idea to me to help elevate beer in a place that doesn't get a, a showcase all the time, right? Yeah, well, especially down here, you know, the beer scene is uh, pretty much going to your local bar and drinking one of the big threes. That's that's about it. But down here, you know, we're finally finally starting to pick up a little bit, and right. especially getting the getting the canning scene in and getting some of the some of the smaller breweries. We just had one that opened last year that's finally getting a statewide distribution. The, as far as like a, you know Bevmo and some of the other big uh, big package stores around here, so things are things are definitely starting to pick up. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I always considered it land of the 30 pack, and <laughs> I was I was guilty of the same thing. Is why I'm allowed to say that. I oh boy, I could get a 30 pack for like eleven dollars back in the day in, <laughs> yeah. in Arizona, and uh, and I got my fair share of 30 packs. <laughs> so yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, good job. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you for the report, and um, keep us up to date, man. Yeah, well, on a side note, I, uh, when I went to the brewery tour, I actually sported my BN gear, so uh, bringing it strong down here in Arizona. Beautiful. Nice. That's what we like to go. hear, Beer Punk. Thanks, man. Word, take your easy. All right, you too. I do like to hear that, I'll be honest. That's cool. I do complain about everyone having a beer week, but uh, that's, a, that's right where you need it. You know who needs beer week is Connecticut. That'd be great. I mean, Connecticut is just starting to figure this this whole thing out, right? Yeah. And it's mostly the home brewers out there that are mm-hmm. figuring it out. Some great brew pubs, yeah, it, they're doing it. I might even attend a Connecticut Beer Week, and you know why? Because I know that it'd only be like five events. Let's start. And, Let's do it. So It'd be I, doable. I could probably handle it. But you'd still only go to one. I'd still only go to one, and the rest of the time I'd be asleep at my dad's house. That's that's how Connecticut Beer Week would go for me. All right, let's take a quick break. I've got one more uh, question to cover on bottling, and then I think uh, Moscow's letting me know that we got a bunch of uh, interviews coming up. We'll wrap up our celebrator, and we'll get ourselves out of here pretty quick. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll wrap up bottling. If you've got more questions about it, just hit the chat now button, and Bevo's in there. She'll send them our way. You can watch all this on justin.tv slash brewing network, and hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. 
Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste to deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a Award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. 
White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Since 1921, Mundins has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy says. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant's home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. Mundins is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really weird language. Muntins for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntins. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. (laughs) I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. (laughs) (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Keeping the ass out of Brewcast. This is the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking around with us. Got a couple things left to do, and then we're going to head on out of here. I think I have Moscow on the line uh, with Sully, even. What's happening over there? Yes, I do. Uh, I don't know how coherent he'll be for the interview, but he can. We'll see what he. We'll see how he does. Oh, all right, drunk Sully. We on right now? Right now. Hey now, Sully. What's going on, man? Dude, I have to tell you right now, I am so excited that this week is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was excited on Monday. I, the culmination here at Schumer with the celebrator party. Uh, which always been traditionally the end of uh, SF Beer Week. Right. It's coming to a close right now, ladies and gentlemen. Good. Uh, the people are filing out of the <clears throat> warehouse, and uh, I am, I mean, seriously, done and done. <laughs> uh, how many events did you go to this week? Uh, is this Justin Crosley I'm talking to right now? That's right. Um, That's correct. I, uh, I went to probably 10 events. Wow. And um, I had a personal driver for all of them. Nice. But really, the culminating experience for me was yesterday spending five hours in a conference room <laughs> working on your TV show, which I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yes, Sully. And like I, I mentioned at the beginning, Sully helped us do the casting all day, so we did spend five hours in the. And, and Sully was, you know, he was in surprisingly good shape. I thought. Uh, he might be used and abused from SF Beer Week, but he was looking all right. 
Justin, when the lights go on, the camera goes on, and you say action, baby, I'm there. <laughs> but I will, I, so I'll say this to you, is that today uh, at the 2-1-A, which I was hoping you guys would attend, uh, but it's fine. We did uh, the Brewer Sunday Tea, which is uh, an event we've been doing for the last three years yeah. uh, for uh, SF Beer Week, and it's where uh, Fatted Calf, which is a local charcuterie com- company, comes out, and they basically park their what we call the weenie wagon, which is a smoker, a grill, and a, uh, and they... They, they cook up these uh, beer sausages that they make from the strong beer uh, that we made for the month. And uh, we've got the little beer garden open up, and it's just... That was the start of the day. And now we're at the Celebrator Beer Party, and people are walking out of here right now, dropping their plastic glasses on the ground. You know, out of control. if you change the name of your Sunday event to the Weenie Wagon, I think you'd get more people attend. You know, I think I... You know, Justin, this is a male-dominated sport uh, that we live in. And uh, right. it's usually, you know... Every event is the weenie uh, wagon. There's a lot of big guys, tasty, um, <laughs> right. that are uh, kind of those people. If we say weenie... Those people. That's going to be the female draw that we're looking for, really. Yeah, you make a good point. You make a good point. So uh, I think the Brewer's Sunday Tea is innocuous and allows the opportunity for everybody from both sides to come out of the closet and join <laughs> us. So to speak. All right, well, that's fair. Well... Thank you, Sully, and it sounds like you guys have been having a great time down there. I wish uh, we could have made the fest ourselves, but um, let's face it, I, I pushed out yeah, on all, yeah, Justin, all week more events. Justin, the point, though, are you, are you having a good time? Have you had a good time? I have had a good time here and staying at home. I've had a great time staying at home this week. I, I, I want to go to your home right now. <laughs> I, I, want, I want Kate to feed me. Yeah. And... I want you to hold me. I, I'm done with this. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. This is what I'm saying. This is why I avoided the week, because of the feeling that you have right now. Well, until next year, folks. Thanks, Sully. This is Sully, 563 Second Street, two blocks from AT&T Park. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to give it back to your, uh, what's your name again, sir, the producer of the show? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, it's this week's producer. Uh, Nate's here, so here you go. Thank you, Sully. I love you all. And you. God bless. Oh. <clears throat> All right, I got fun. a couple more for you guys before we wrap it. This okay. is uh, Nate Smith. Great. ABN Army. Nathan Smith, nice to talk to you. How's it going? It's going great. How's that Celebrator Beer Fest treating you? Wonderful as always. Any, One of uh, the best uh, events to cap off SF Beer Week ever. Any beers to highlight for us? I'm drinking some uh, Lagunitas Fusion right now, which is a really wonderful beer. Had that also at the Double IPA Fest. It's an uh, excellent beer. There's so many good beers here, it's almost even hard to summarize it down to just a few. You know? How many of the so many good beers have you had, Nathan? <laughs> uh, maybe one or two. You never know. <laughs> right. Well, we had the longest lines. We heard that uh, Brennison was having some uh, li- line lines, envy. Longest time. There was a, a nice, huge bottle opened, uh, you know, Russian River three-liter bottle, or uh, oh, yeah. the Belgian beer distributors that we hear opened a giant three-liter bottle of beer, and Nicole jumped up on the table and <laughs> held that above the crowd, and there was a, a huge group of people around that. That was a nice photo uh, occasion, of, you know, <laughs> among others. So, things. hang on, let me yeah. get this right. Those kind uh, of things drew a line, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, was it the three-liter bottle or Nicole up on a table that drew the line? That's the, that's the question. Was she, like, writing this bottle or something? Yeah. What was she doing? I mean, that's the real question. I think it was Nicole on the table, you know. Right. The bottle was just... Yeah, uh, we were hoping she would strip afterwards, but... Uh, the bottle was a bonus. Right. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, she has to watch what she does now. She's representing all the time. She's she's a professional. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to send that straight to Ray Daniels. <laughs> he probably will actually put that up in his office. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, how many SF Beer Week events did you make it to, Nate? I only made it to about four or five. Sadly, I think I'm going to have to take time off work. So homework for those at home thinking about their respective beer weeks in their town or maybe San Francisco Beer Week if you're a local to the Bay Area. Yeah. Just take time off work. It's the only way you're going to make it to all the stuff that, that's really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, either the day before or the day after, you know, kind of plan your uh, time around that. Right. Because uh, there's just way too much cool stuff going on. It's that's the only good way you're going to be able to check out everything. Good advice. Thank you, Nate Smith. Yeah, the, the Sour Beer Fest was one of the highlights, so I'm sure you guys already covered that one. That one's one of the we agree. For sure. Yeah, we love it. I, I don't know. I, I'll try never, ever, ever to miss the Sour Beer Festival. That's I, a great I think one. I'll yeah. just, I'll do, yeah, I'll drop it. at home wonder why there's not a show on that Sunday, well, yeah. that's why. Well, yes. come out to it and you'll know why. You won't blame us at all for ditching the show uh, for that. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, Nate. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I was going to say, once you see a keg of Cantillon goose on the ground, right. it changes your life. It does change your life. It does. Like, what? <laughs> it's like the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Moscow, is that it? Uh, that is it. Uh, they flashed the lights on and off about 10 minutes ago. Uh, and I do, real quick, I need to clear the record. Um, I got called a, a pussy by about 20 people when I got the vanilla beer from Thirsty Bear in San Francisco. Really? So I need you to make sure no one knows how big of a puss I am, okay? All right, I'll try to do that. And uh, how it's, many it's of the... It's very important no one knows. How many of the beers did you did you sample tonight? Um, I probably had six or seven different varieties. I had sours and double IPAs and lagers and hefts and every variety i can think of a porter and uh, everything was great but that vanilla beer man good stuff <laughs> that was just something else and let's face it moscow's a lightweight so you get like four or five of that seven beers he had in him and he's already feeling good it's true it's true and here i am uh, you know making a fool of the bn <laughs> you're doing a great job thank you for all the live reports and uh we can't wait for your sf beer week coverage on the website cool thanks guys see you soon thanks moscow later yeah, I got to personally thank Nate Smith because I'm pretty sure JP called him before he called me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, he probably did. Nate's always our go-to when uh, we get put in a yeah. bind. We're like, well, let's see what Nate's Guest doing. Guest canceled? Let's call Nate. Yeah. Nate's going to Celebrator. Oh, shit, what do we do? <laughs> well, you did great today. I do have one more question uh, for, for all of you guys, but, of course, you too. Uh, Brad, that came through in the questions today. Um, and that was about, you know, one thing we didn't talk about with bottling is purging the bottles with CO2. Hmm. And uh, I think we just assumed that that's... So a question. So uh, ideally, you can purge each and every one of your bottles with CO2. That's why a lot of people like the counter-pressure uh, bottle fillers. Hmm. I know that Chad likes to use that. Tasty does his wacky... Uh, uh, Weird you know, shit. You know, yeah, just uh, you know, fill from the tap method, which, which seems to work great. But purging the bottles with CO2 is very important. The question that came through specifically was, well, what if you don't have a CO2 system? Can you purge bottles with CO2 from, like, the mini can? canisters that you get to you know you can pour the 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 small kegs out of that little canister sure sure yeah you can Mm-hmm. CO2? I don't know how you do it, though. <laughs> yeah. You have a little... Uh, a little hose know, attached yeah. to something? Just oh, okay. like he does with the Cobra tap. Yeah. Yeah, just put a little Rocking hose on can. there. And, yeah. Uh, 
Is there enough? Wouldn't you go through like a canister every well, three yeah, bottles? They're really sure, expensive. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. Are economy of scale is terrible on those. <laughs> so you're asking if you can do it? Yeah. Yeah, you could. So if you had to do like one 22 ounce bottle to bring to a friend, then yes. But if you had to do a case of beer, it's really not practical, is right. it? Right. Okay. If you were like entering a competition mm-hmm. and it was a three bottle competition, you had one beer. Yeah, you could do it with that. Okay. With those, yeah. All right. Fair enough. And that's going to cover our bottling topic for today. Uh, quickly, we're going to go through our feedback. At this time, uh, Drunk of the Week callers can call in 888-401-BEER. We'll take our your Drunk of the Week entries uh, as I wrap up uh, feedback. Uh, 888-401-BEER. It's now or never. I don't want to hear any bullshit about, oh, you didn't take calls or whatever else. Pick up the phone and Wake dial, up, dial the number 888-401-BEER. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right now or uh, never. And it's a holiday. We should have some good calls Ooh, tonight. That's right. Yeah. Get Abe right. Lincoln a call. Call you federal workers. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What else do I have to do? Uh, feedback is brought to you today by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com. That's right. Everybody's favorite store. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Yes. Uh, well, there's an offer. You Did I see a broad walking out of your room today, Chad? It's possible. This morning? It's possible. You got new sneaky broads coming in? Ghost. It's just a ghost? Ghost. If, if hypothetically, how many different broads what I see walking out of that room right now. Not at one time, but you see what I'm getting at? How many different Chad ladies are there? You know what the Hy- rotation is? Hypothetically, what's the rotation? Yeah, count them on one hand. <laughs> well, that's good. Man, he's not a total safe answer. Tell you, wouldn't think of it, but uh, uh, Chad, but he, he's got game or something. He doesn't even have to take them out to dinner. I mean, we were all out to dinner. Uh, I didn't see any of these broads at dinner, but I'll tell you what. Woke up this morning, they're walking out of the house. That's a man right there. No dinner, no no uh, romance, no movies. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, and where was I? Uh, oh, here's an offer you can't resist. Go to adamandeve.com and uh, limited time you get 50% off just about any item, which is pretty rad. That's like half off, by the way, by my math. 50% off is pretty much half off. And uh, that's not all. Uh, when you select one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. And look, you can never have enough adult DVDs, especially like Blu-ray adult DVDs. You haven't seen a vagina until you've seen a, a vagina at, in Blu-ray, high no, depth. It glistens, I guess. I've never seen that. You know what yeah. I'm saying, Bevo? Oh like, God. I mean, there's a vagina and then there's a HD vagina. It's like better than real life. It's like a home. <laughs> close you're almost there uh get the blu-ray <laughs> plus an extra free gift so sensual i can't even mention it on the radio top it all off we'll even throw in a free shipping on your entire order so what is that uh a 50 off a thing uh, uh, uh three uh dvd vaginas um, um hd in HD, I guess. I don't know that they're Blu-ray. I'm just oh. saying that if the option is Blu-ray, I would get Blu-ray. I would get an HD. Optimized. Uh, <laughs> I would get that optimized for your pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, and then also a free gift. All of that, just uh, type in uh, uh, coupon code BNARMY. B-N-A-R-M-Y. BNARMY, one word. Have you used this yet, uh, Bevo? Bevo, your, your pole just fell down. What are you doing? What's going on over there? You're breaking things. Uh, just leave it down. Now we can see it. Now she can't hide from us as we're uh, 
Have you used this AdamandEve.com yet, Bevo? No. Why not? It's 50% off any item. I'm old. Three free DVDs. <laughs> what would you do if you walked in on Sam watching a, DV- a porn DVD? I'd say, sweet, I can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't bother you. You, see, you, don't, you don't care. So here's the lotion, Sam. I'm going Dude, to bed. <laughs> we have the internet. I'm not stupid. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. Mm. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, okay, and uh, anyway, c- type in coupon code BNARMY. Get all your free stuff. Three free DVDs, uh, 50% off something, a free extra gift. BNARMY at checkout. And um, yeah, good stuff. And now, feedback. Should I do this phone call first? Is this the same uh, SF uh, Arizona Beer Week phone call that's on for John? No, he's from Colorado, not Arizona. Mm, that's true. Good you effort. Did, you did write that. Sean from Colorado, calling him for Drunk of the Week. <laughs> Sean's feeling good. All right. All right, Wait, what? Sean. What's, oh. what's your Sean beer? Sean sounds what's like you, nitrous I, user of the oh, week. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> nope. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I am. Uh, I had everything muted and, uh, uh, you know, watching the video, and I guess I'm like maybe 30 seconds behind on that because yeah. something oh. just fell down and smacked Bevo in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And we all laughed the same. And Bevo's been retarded all night, let's face it. So. <laughs> all right, Sean. What have you had to drink? Alright, I have had a, um, well, I actually started off the night with our new IPA recipe next to our old IPA recipe, so uh had one of each of those, and I gotta say the new one kicks ass. Alright. Uh, then I had a, uh, this is my, actually, this is, uh, tonight is my first time calling in live. Okay. Uh, listening live, chatting live, etc., you know what? So it's my figured, first time you know, paying attention live, so uh, I'm right there with you. Liar. That's true. Okay, it shows. I didn't pay attention. attention. Didn't pay attention uh, at all. Right. <laughs> Carry on. I started off with, uh, I had uh, my last uh, 2008 Schlafly Brewery Barley Wine. Okay. Uh, I had a bomber of that. Then uh, went into uh, Bomber of La Folie that I'd been holding on to, and then uh, nice work. Bomber of uh, Dry Docks Double IPA, which is freaking incredible. This is my first time drinking it. <laughs> and then uh, after that, I uh, thought I would see how my own Double IPA stacked up, so I cracked open a bottle of that and... It's shit compared to the dry dock. All right. And can we get through a little quicker? What else? Okay. Sorry. Wasn't, didn't realize I was being slow. No, you're good. Uh, it's like, then, it's like uh, you, can you say your alphabet backwards? I can't even do that when I'm sober, officer. <laughs> I actually can do that sober, and I could <laughs> probably do it right now. Do you want me to try? Try it. Give it a go. Uh... <laughs> Exactly. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K. Not drunk. Come on. Uh, either he's, a, either he's a, a, a really nerdy English major who spent a lot of time with his alphabet or not drunk. 
or a huge rugby who practices. Yeah, or no, yeah. He also no, can stand on one leg, touch his nose, and <laughs> count fingers. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, Brad. You make an excellent point. All right, Sean, you are now in not. the running for Drunk of the Week. No, I wasn't finished my resume. Oh. Go on. Do it. Okay. Then I had uh, two pints of a homebrewed IPA, one pint of a homebrewed Doppelbach, and one pint of a homebrewed Blondale, and now I'm done with my resume. Uh, what time did you start all of this? That's a pretty good resume. Uh, the beginning of the show. Oh, wow. wow. That's not bad. i got to say, guys. Let's see. That's that's two uh, regular beers to begin, 12 ounces to begin with, and then one, two, three bombers, and then uh, another double IPA, and then a Doppelbach, and then a Blonde. That's a lot of beer. And there's no yeah. light beer there either. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, my strategy for this is why I weigh 165 pounds, oh, wow. so I wanted to just shotgun it and not be hammered by the time I had to call in. I, I actually see. don't think the alcohol has actually fully kicked in on right. him. <laughs> right. By, right about the time we go off air is when he's going to be right, He's going to lose drunk. it. He's going to be, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, that is an impressive resume, and you are in the running, my friend. Thank you, sir. Hey, can I just say one more thing? Yeah, go for it. This is my first day listening in live, and uh, earlier today I went in and I put my money where my mouth is. I'm a private in the BN Army, and I love what you do. Thanks, cool. brother. Well, I appreciate thanks. that, and we appreciate the support. All right. Good night. Later. Later. I think it's hitting him right now. Yeah. Like right at this moment. He's an I love you drunk. Yeah, yeah, he's like, wait, wait, I'm not done. I just got to say, I love you guys. <laughs> and you just, you guys have been great. It's pretty good with the alphabet, though. Oh. Must have wallpaper Practice. with the alphabet all over Practice. It. Yeah, you make a good point that he's, he's just like, look, one day <laughs> I'm going to get pulled up. Should I just take these directly, Beeb? Yes. Uh, Aaron is on the line. Aaron, what's happening? Oh, holy shit. How are you, brother? It's calling. Number one? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Call him for oh, Drug of the Week. Yeah, yeah, Drug of the Week. All right. All right. Take the headphones there. Give us your resume. All right, so you... <laughs> All right let me go to the uh, fucking beer cooler. <clears throat> All right, we got Sierra uh, Nevada Glissade. And we've got okay. Fuller's Blood and Pride. Uh, we've got Lagunina's IPA. We've got two Lagunitas eyeballs, uh, Grand Teton Black Cauldron, and, uh, uh, fuck. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a good six-pack so far. It's yeah, I got a, I got a, a, a Port Brewing Hot 15 sitting in the cooler right now. That's a bomber. That'll get you going. Do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Do it. All right, Aaron, you're in the running, my brother. Uh, thanks, but... <laughs> what was that? What was the end? It's a sign-off. You know, I just had that Black Cauldron from Grand Teton. It's a nice beer. Is it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Is anybody beer. trying to Skype right now? Not that I can see. Oh. It's possible. Yeah. Andy and Kim Wood? Yes. Song and dance? Yes. Are they calling for Drunk of the Week? I haven't. Not I Kim. I have no idea. <laughs> she sounded completely sober then. She worked today. Yeah, Kim's on. You, you know how you can tell when Kim's sober? She's a bitch. <laughs> That's how you can tell. Oh, hey, Andy and Kim Wood. Hello. Oh, Hello. Hi, Andy. 
Can you hear me? I got you. You're loud and clear. We should have had Andy co-host live oh, from uh, Woodland or wherever the hell he lives. All God show. Damn it. Can Hold you, on. Can you not hear me? Andy. I can't hear shit. You sound great. Slowly. Why don't you call on the regular phone? Oh, hold on, hold on. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I hear you now. He's got his old face on. It's about to happen. Hold on, hold on. Here it comes. Here we are. I see, he sounds great. You totally could have co-hosted the whole time, Andy. I should have called you up. You should have called me up. What the fuck? I don't know. I had, I had so many witty things to say and funny characters to do. Like George Lopez! <laughs> your, your best one. That's my best one. It's the one that sounds the most like the person that I am doing. <laughs> Bevo is not laughing at you. Well, she's laughing at Why? you, but she's not she laughing. She is not laughing because she is not like J-Lo. Sorry. I'll stop. Are, are you calling in for Drunk of the Week or? Hell yeah, I'm calling in for Drunk of the Week. I have the day off tomorrow, so I'm getting drunk. Oh, that's right. It's President's Day for the Woods. President's Day. I that's forgot right, about that or I would have taken this Sunday off to come hang out with you guys. Well, you have an open invitation. Open like my anus. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Get it? Oh, you know Andy's drunk when it starts reverting back to his butt. <laughs> Immediately. Remember yeah. Sourfest? When he goes directly to the butt. Yeah. Sure, can I put can I put what you just said in my butt? <laughs> just... All right, Andy, give us your resume. All right, I had a mere pond. <laughs> Great. And what did you do when the pond was dry? A big one. <laughs> All right. An eighteen gallon mirror pond. What? Just kidding. All right. I had that I had a I had a Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, which I enjoyed a great deal. What year? It was a two thousand ten, which I found to be delicious. Okay. Although not not as good as the Sierra Nevada thirtieth anniversary blended Bigfoot uh celebration pale ale mess that they have. <laughs> How did you store the two thousand ten? Has it been in a fridge the whole time or on a shelf? I well, I like to store them upside down in my closet. Okay. Really? Balanced, balanced precariously on their cap. <laughs> okay. No, not really. Are you kidding? It was in no. a fridge. What? It was in a refrigerator. Sure. Refrigerator right. in the garage. Or um, in the forest. Yeah. It was actually, it was out in a hollowed out tree on the wood property. It's where it was. In the middle of no, nowhere. <laughs> that, that hollowed out tree is for other things. Okay. Anyway, so can I keep going? Yeah, please. I've had some of, uh, my wife is a brewer, and uh, you may know her as Kim Wood, yeah. and she brewed a uh, Can You Brew It um, Meantime Porter. Oh, right. I've had eight of those. <laughs> really? <laughs> sure. And how? she made one, one was heavier and one was lighter, and I've had eight of the heavier ones. How, what was the, I forget what the, uh, the uh, alcohol content was on that beer. It's 14%. <laughs> Andy's actually floating right now in, Eight. His, in his own vomit. All right, what else? Um, I had a Bloody Mary. Really? Wow. What yes. time did you have that? Uh, right around 4 o'clock. Okay. We were brewing today. So, But it was actually the secret to my Bloody Marys. I know your Bloody Marys are pretty good, but the secret to ours, human blood. <laughs> do you Are you a pre-mix? Like, do you buy the mix or do you make your own mix? I don't know, man. My bitch makes them for me, so I don't know what she does. Not a girl. All right, what else? Um, that's it for now. But I also have a song that I like to sing that I've been drinking. Okay, <laughs> that you've been drinking. Sure. All right. How's my uh, my audio quality? You know what? I I, I think it's never been better. Oh, that's great. <laughs>
Check, check. One, two, check, check. Sibilance. Lesbian. Lesbian. How's that? Good. Sounds great. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, just a quick song. I've uh, been writing this one for a while. This is a, a Andy Wood exclusive. And, um, you know, it's just it's for the, the chat room, really. Okay. Should we be silent? Yeah, absolute radio silence. What the fuck? Sorry, just checking. That, that, the protocol? Hello? Did you get my note? My fault. That's okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm really not mad. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, please. Are you guys... I'm sorry. That was rude. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> um, this song is a song I like to call um, Grown So Ugly, and it's not really mine. I got up this morning! Boom, do da do da do da ba ba do bam bam Put on my shoes, bon do da do da do da ba 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 Tie my shoes, bon do da do da do ba 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 Went to the mirror, bon do da do da do da ba do da ba But I comb my hair, bon do da do ba do ba ba do 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 I made a move, bon do da do da do da ba ba I know what to do, do 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 ba 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 do do ba da 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 ba 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 are we done with Andy now? Hold on. It's it's not even halfway through. I think Andy's fucking with you. He's just trying to figure out how long I'll wait for him and his stupid punchline. Walking down the street, knocking for my baby. All right, Andy. My baby, come out. Okay, that's all. You're- anyway, thank you. I'm just you know trying to follow up on 2010. I think it's it's probably not happening. So Well, it's a long year ahead of you. I, I wouldn't worry about it. All right, well, fuck February and uh, have a great night. And, you know, I got to say, bottling, awesome. Okay. Happy and Black History Month, and I'm glad you have a Monday off. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Thanks. I'm going to go cry in my bathroom. <laughs> Later, Andy. Bye, Andy. Andy Wood. You know what Andy Wood's song reminded me of is my new favorite song. Have you guys heard of this weasel? I hope that you have. And if you haven't, I'm actually really excited to introduce you. Have you heard of Steel Panther? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. I can't Lord. say I know any songs. They played a lot of that at Drake's all the time. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. Steel Panther is the best thing to happen to me oh, in a long yeah. time. I mean, I've got this TV show gig. I have the best job in the world. But Steel Panther is the best thing that has happened to me oh, in the last awesome. 10 years. Can you just it is. It's great. see how annoyed I am right now? Oh, you'll love it. So oh, no, I've heard it. Oh. I Sam am a, introduced him. <laughs> I am a child of metal, all right? And by metal, I'm talking white snake, you know. And, you are and an 80s idiot. hair metal. I'm talking, I'm talking glam. Yeah. I'm talking, I should say glam, yes. shouldn't I? And I mean, I can remember the first time I, I uh, you know... My, my dad and my brother were in Connecticut, and I grew up with my mom be, you know, being raised as a big pussy in California. Yeah, I didn't know you were a douchebag. So I would go back to <laughs> <Really>? Connecticut. <laughs> I'd go back every year to visit my dad and my brother, and they'd man me up a little bit, like mm. for a month out of the year, every year. And when I was about, shit, I don't know, nine or ten, I went out there. My, my older brother had started listening to the metal. And I came home at like nine or ten years old with like nothing but White Snake and 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 uh, Motley Crue and all. Anyhow, so you get the idea. Steel Panther is uh, is the best thing that's happened to me since White Snake. I will give you the stars in the sky, but 
Oh, that was Antioch oh, growing up. That's good shit. <laughs> that was Antioch growing up. Now it's more a little more gangster rap for loco and you'll be shot. But, right. You know, back in the day, that was Antioch because growing they're up. really good at metal and they're funny. Like their <laughs> metal, all of it is it's like solid metal. This, aren't you tasty? I love it a lot. <laughs> yeah, tasty's downloading in his mind right now. I can I'm see. A, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this tomorrow. <laughs> They got the strings in the background. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is the big part here. I mean, that's some real metal right I just there. want to know, are they, are like, in the true tradition of Poison and White Snake, like, only ballads? Uh, no. I'll play you Stripper Girl. Oh, that's a good one. I miss you down at the seventh thing. Actually, it's a little ballady, but the then it starts to rock. The first that I got out of jail. Your lips were red and your skin was pale. You were the one that I wanted to nail. <laughs> Asian Hooker. Yeah, that one's pretty good. That's a great one. Oh, it's great. This one I just like for the chorus because again, it's just fucking metal. It's good stuff. Come on. If you can throw boobies into a song, man, I, you have talent. Can we talk about my 
Harry. I really love your boobies. What are you doing over there? Settle down. <laughs> she's got hit in the head with the banner. Oh, she's taking shit on that shit, though. <laughs> she loves Steel Panther. You play a little stripper girl, and uh, she goes nuts. She's trying to get to the pole. <laughs> All right, you want Asian hooker? I want to go home. It's like, How racist is that, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, Bevo. Bend over. Oh, I mean, get that sign back up. It's all good rock and roll, man. Look up Steel Panther. Those are the best. I mean, at Drake's, they would blare this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? And, like, a couple, like, San Leandro cops came in to pick up a keg, and they were like, um, yeah, I'm here to pick up a keg. Uh, what's going on here? Right. Like, this is just blaring. Here. This song, they actually wrote for Chad. Um, I don't know if you know. Chad's kind of a big deal. But they wrote this song. It's called Turn Out the Lights. See, it all kind of sounds like an old, like this one oh, is totally like scorpions. So you're big and kind of heavy, like a monkey at the zoo. I don't care if you're a monkey with an ass that's red and blue. Some gonna fuck you, dog is down the way but I got one request that I just have to ask of you. Turn out the lights before you suck my dick. Someone beat you with an ugly stick. I want to fuck, but you make me sick. So turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. I'm pretty sure the lights in Chad's room don't even work. Yeah, they're like all he doesn't even there. have bulbs in the socket. <laughs> Never come on. <laughs> Even during a day. Nothing here to see. Just keep moving on. That's my gift to you, listeners at home. Steel Panther. You That's go, awesome, man. You, you finally heard that. Yeah. Wow. It's really old. I'm so like behind the time. I think this album we're uh, sampling right now is literally from like 06 or 07 or something. Hilarious. But uh, I think someone played it for me a while ago. And, you know, I often don't pay attention to people when they talk to me. So I just wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> and Sam played it for me uh, just the other night. We were on a long ride home from San Jose or something. And, and start playing this stuff and uh, yeah it's pretty much been in my head ever since community property pretty good yeah pretty good and I especially love it because it just it like pulls on my heartstrings you know what I mean oh metal <laughs> with the glam I mean it's just like wow that is white snake but funny <laughs> you know I took my white snake very seriously back then but now I, I get it now you know it's kind of funny so I think Sam tells me that some of those guys in the band they're they're like real old metalheads, like guys that were in some real bands, you know, some White Snake, some Poison, like some some real metal musicians. Mm. Brian's a big fan. He said that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently, serious musician. Another friend of mine told me, uh, you know, the the band yeah, has two so names. Human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the band. Uh, 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 a friend of mine told me that they have two band names. Um, they used to put on a show down in L.A. like once a week or once a month called Metal School. So uh, the band was originally called Metal School, and you can go and, and hear them do awesome metal covers. 
Like, I don't know if you've Actually, heard, heard of Metal I've School. heard of them, yeah. Same yeah. band, same okay. guys. Okay. And so that was all doing metal covers. And then when they decided to write their own funny shit, they became Steel Panther. But here, for example, is one of their... This one isn't, this one isn't really metal, but it's one of their covers. That you used to go to metal school and you could catch them doing this kind of shit. And their guitar player is like real pretty. They stop apparently throughout every song and talk about how pretty their guitar guy is. Like true glam fashion. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah, he can sing. I mean, he's no David Coverdale. Bevo, what the f- the sign just fell on your head again. The other side. The other side. city <laughs> There's some sort of weird thing going on in there tonight. All right. What else did I have to do tonight? Uh, feedback. Can you take the call that's been on hold for like six hours? No. Yes. Who is it? Oh, no. Um, oh, is it Beer Punk? She yeah. remembered if you were... <laughs> did, got beer, sooner. <laughs> did, did Beer Punk call in and give us a legitimate roving report, and now he's calling in for Drunk of the Week? Yes. Beer Punk, what's happening? Oh, uh, well, besides uh, sitting here listening to your drunken ramblings, uh just been uh, having some beers and uh, trying to uh, enjoy my Sunday evening slash afternoon slash morning. He sounds real sober to me. I mean, if you can call and make fun of me that clearly, you're pretty sober. What's your resume? Well, let me uh, pull out my piece of paper here that I decided to write down because uh, during your songs, I forgot what I drank, so I wrote it down. All right. I had a Rochford 8 with my breakfast this morning. Oh, yeah. That's some good shit right there. Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. See, that's like real metal. That's not even glam. That was like that was metal. <laughs> that the uh, the double bass. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Schumann and Shoe Light, uh, his brother, have a. They now have a policy when they're auditioning band members. Well, Shoe Light's the drummer now, but the guys that are in you know quality bands now, whenever you're auditioning drummers, if they show up with a with a with a double bass pedal, you know the way that you can hit the. You, you just you don't even audition. You just mm. say thanks for coming. You don't ever audition somebody who brings a double bass pedal anymore because that's what you get. Like it all sounds like that, and there's just no place for it in modern music anymore. No. So, but it ruled then. It did rule then. I mean, if you could play the double bass back then, you are my own. All right, beer punk rush for eight. What, what else? You can play a triple bass. If you triple bass, not even so, you hit the third one with your dick or something. Then you were then. That's still acceptable today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Groupies would love that. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm working with. I don't, I don't hit it with my dick. I hit it with my balls. <laughs> I see. Uh, me and Sam both could play in that band. Uh, all right. What else besides okay. Rush for Date? Okay. So, started out the morning at 9 o'clock with the Rush for Date and the, uh, the Widmere 11 specialty. 
At 9 a.m. Which was a Russian Imperial Stout at 9.8%. Okay. And then I had a taster glass, four ounces, of the uh, 2010 Abyss, because I have the 2008 and 2009, so I wanted to try the 2010 before I purchased. All right. So I had some of that, and then I bought a couple of bombers of that to stick in my cellar. And then I had a uh, 2008 Stumptown from Bridgeport Brewing out of Portland. Uh. I had a bomber of that. All right. And then I kind of sobered up because I had to do some driving to the uh, to the Santan Brewery tour. How? And then How? Once I, well, once you had I a cup arrived of there, <laughs> okay. Once I arrived there, I had their their double red, which was called Night of the Living Red. It's a imperial red style ale with a uh, seemed like some some very citrusy hops, but was very tasty at about eight point three percent. And then I had their IPA and uh, a half of Weizen from there. And then I also had the uh, I had a glass of their Skunky Monk, which is a a pilot brew they made out of their Beerfuck, you are in the running for Drunk of the Week. Thank you for the phone call, and uh, we'll put you in the running. Since I'm JP today, God, do we have to have a story on every fucking beer? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to, you know, I had to talk with our crew about how we have to be nicer to our listeners this year, but uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm a listener, and I'm saying it. And Beer Punk is a nice man, I'm sure. Just for the record, I was exempt from that rule. <laughs> That's true. Bevo is allowed to. You're going to have to speak up, Bevo, since you're the only one who's exempt. I'm not even going to get through feedback. If I were to do feedback, it would have been brought to you today by Beersmith. Go to Beersmith.com and uh, check out their uh, software. You can get a free uh, 21-day trial. Uh, but I'm not going to read feedback. I'm going to save it all for next week or something. It's getting there's, late. and uh, There's a girl for Drunk of the Week. We'll take Her it. name is Sarah, and she's calling from West Virginia. Sarah from West Virginia. Oh, what's hi. happening? Hi. How are you? Um, do, Sarah sounds cute already. Uh, are of you a, Are you a fan of Steel Panther, Sarah? Actually, yes. It was hilarious. Okay. Very nice. And what have you had to drink? A lot. Um... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I'm a, a bottle of, I don't even know how to say it, some kind of Tuscany wine earlier with dinner, and then another half of another wine, and then a Norbal, and then Harpoon, uh, a barley wine, and then right now I'm having Dog Piss Head, uh, the barley wine. Oh, I love Dog Piss Head. Which is awesome. Is that what she said? Yeah. Sounded okay. like it. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, that no. all sounds good. And but, I did, so that. but I've had like a whole bottle and a half of wine before this. I actually have alcohol, you know. That'll, that that'll, that'll mess you up right there, a bottle and a half of wine. Bevo's agreeing right now. That, uh, uh, yeah, that'll do it. I mean, that's, that's hardcore shit there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not asking this, uh, you know, for any other reason than to just, you know, figure out uh, how much alcohol is going to affect you. Uh, you know, what do you weigh? What's your size? What are we at here? 
300 Ooh, I'm like size 4, 36C. So. <laughs> well, I didn't know how you that. We'd like to know how it's put together. That's great. But. I mean, I'll write it down, yeah. but I just was getting it. But all right, so you're. Uh, she's little. She's little. Size 4 is small. It's, th- it's 36. <laughs> Is 36C big on a, on a size 4 beef? I really don't think that you need to ask me. I think you know the answer to that question. <laughs> what size are oh, you, for nice. example, Bevo? They're give me perky. A... They are up there. They're perky. <laughs> they're up there. <laughs> Bevo, give me something. Give me a frame of reference. What I am are... a 34B. 34B. Oh, so sorry, 30... no, no, I'm a 34C. I'm oh, a you're a 34C. C. Oh, okay. Oh, so she's got some big boobies. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're plump. They're there. All right. Curvaceous. <laughs> and uh, are you at home listening with your boyfriend or something? Your husband? Yeah, sadly. <laughs> My husband. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, goddamn phone system. Her husband cut her Fuck off. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking to? Her husband's like, sad what? Too many questions. She just got punched in the head. Yes. <laughs> Drop the phone. All right, Sarah, you can call back. Yes. Uh, all right, so far we have Sean from Colorado. Get who, your pictures together. He he has the longest resume. He drank a crap load of beer. Um, he was a couple of IPAs and... Uh, yeah, he could be yeah, hammered at this point. Three bombers, yeah. a couple it's home IPAs. Yeah, it's Beef, catch that phone, William. Uh, Doppelbach. Then we had Aaron, who had some Glissade and some Fullers and some IPA and a couple of hairy eyeballs, which, by the way, a couple of hairy eyeballs will do you in, won't That's they? Serious Jesus. That's Lagaditas, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll do it for you. And then a Grand Teton. I know. So he has a nice resume. Then we had Andy, Andy Wood. No, no. Who, you know, I don't know. He had an okay resume. But he talked about his ass a lot. But that he does that anytime. I mean, good point. Yeah, so it, maybe not that drunk. Time? He gets more verbose about oh. it when he's drinking, but other than that, it, pretty much any time. So, Mister Mister Glop on the phone. How is his audio quality? It's good because this is 2011. All right. How's your audio quality? <laughs> Mine's fine. You don't get to judge him. All right. Blobber, gleeby, 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 gloppy, gloppy, gloopy, gop. Yes, I'm sorry. I do not have 36C uh, boobs. What size boobs do you have? Uh, very small boobs. I have not even man boobs. I have. I'm pretty much chestless. You've got that. Like a, you've got that skinny, like a, skinny minor look down pat. Yeah, kind of like a teenager, you know, like ew. <laughs> yes, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, I think ew is a good description at this point. Uh, all right, uh, are you calling in for drunk of the week? Yes, I would. No. No, no, not really. No. I'm supposed to be up in like in like five hours, so I shouldn't be drinking. Okay, but you are. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes sometimes I will stalk Blobber on Facebook just to find out how late he's up drinking because I kind of yeah. know his work schedule just from getting to know him a little bit. And uh, and I'll tell you, my job is real simple compared to Blobber Glops. And that man is up drinking way later than he should be on a regular basis. Yes, you know. yes. very bad for yeah. my brain and such. Right. Um, <laughs> songs are very nice tonight. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Are you a Steel Panther fan? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to sing us a song? I, I guess, but it will be in a very different uh, direction, unfortunately. That's okay. Um... 
I don't know. Do we, do we need backup music for this? Because it's kind of like, it's totally Clips of the Heart, by the way. That's the song? Yes, it was either that or uh, um, I'm Your Lady by Celine Dion. <laughs> So you got a choice. You know, both are fabulous choices, Blobber. You know, I, I don't know how to pick. And you do them both well, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but he has the body of Celine Dion. Now. No. <laughs> For, yeah, pretty much. I've got nice an ugly face and a flatless chest. Do you want the Glee version of Total Eclipse of the Heart or the uh, or, or the Bonnie Tyler version? Yeah, the norm. But, well, I like the Norwegian uh, cover, but the Bonnie Tyler is good, too. Okay. All right, let's do that. Okay. Is this going to be the outro, or is it going to be just the hmm. song? No, this is just going to be part of the show. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you want me to restart it for you? Uh, no, that's fine. I'll just, I'll, just, uh, I'll just do it with Bonnie. There you go. Turn around. Oops. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and I'm never gonna get something around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of something. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Something around. Every now and then we'll get a little terrified. Look in your eyes. I'm getting good now. We're getting to the the best part. Yeah. Every time and then I fall apart. Every now and then I fall apart. And I need your love. And I need you more than ever. Bebo's doing it better. I know. Let her sing too. Hopefully they ain't making it right Cause we'll never be wrong together Take it to the end of the line Your love is like a shadow for uh, something and something And oh, you're right, I'm... This is too late for me, I should be sleeping! <laughs> uh, would you like me to put you in the running for Drunk of the Week? I, I guess so Alright, I'm gonna do it, Blobber Good work, my friend, thank you for the call you're very welcome, and, uh, yep. <laughs> All right. You guys want to hear the shocker? Oh, my God. I want to go Are you home. ready, baby? <laughs> Tasty hasn't liked my funny music in years. I'm really it. happy that he's liking this. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jump Rope back on the line. Perfect.
Sarah, have you ever had the shocker? Me? Yeah. yeah. What? Oh, whoops, what? Sorry. <laughs> did, did I say yes? I meant no. I meant no. No way. <laughs> Wait, I just realized. This. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I like that sometimes people just give us their first reaction and then they're like, shit. That just went out on the internet. That's how you know they're truly drunk. <laughs> yeah. Points for answering honestly, Sarah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Sure. All right. Okay. Well, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week. Um, okay, awesome. By the way, can I tell you in your chat room, they're saying that I'm lying and I don't have 36 C, and I totally do. I will prove it however I can. How How can you... <laughs> Uh, they're going to ask me that. It's not fair. They're not believing me. It isn't fair. I agree with you. That's not fair, chat room. She should show them or something. No. Yeah. Fucking hot. I think. Well, Sarah, I believe... Okay. Look, yeah, I believe you. They just want to see your thank boobies. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They Where's, believe right. you, too. Let me just mute Bevo real quick. She doesn't know what she's talking That's about. That's all bad advice. Uh, you know, Sarah, listen, I'm on your side. I told, I believe you, too. But, you know, I have a responsibility to my listeners to, you know, if they question things, what am I going to do? You know? Prove it. That's right. You're going to have to prove it. Exactly. Her husband's back there going, no, you're fuck not. Justin and this show. I hate this show. I'm canceling my <laughs> donation. <laughs> He's saying you need to prove it. Oh. He's like, I'm a private. You He's can prove it. Get in the camera. He agrees. All right. Well, get out the <laughs> get out the camera, Sarah. Either way, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week. Awesome. Thank you. I can't turn this show into some kind of porn show, can no. I, Bevo? That no, would be, no. That would be inappropriate, wouldn't it, Bevo? No. It's about serious brewing. That's right. Well, what if we kept it even and we had Blobber Glop uh, you know, send in pictures to prove his cup size and Sarah send in pictures to prove her cup size? That, that would be acceptable, Perfect. wouldn't it? Seems fair. Exactly. It's a side-by-side. I think yeah. it's scientific is what it is then. Yeah, exactly. You need to get out your little ruler and, you know, do the calculations. Right. I'm totally, if you post pictures, I guarantee you I'm getting out my ruler. Well, I'm getting the ruler out. Sure. <laughs> and I'm going to do, I'm going to do all the calculations I have to, to make sure we get this right. Oh, my. Great. <laughs> I just wouldn't even do math for that. Yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't even cry during that math, you know. All right, Sarah, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week. Thank you. Pleasure to talk Bye. to you. Literally. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like Sarah. She's quite bubbly. Yeah. She's got a good attitude. Yeah. Sounds like her husband has a good attitude, too. Yeah, I like him. Any guy who doesn't go, stop being a dick when you start doing that. you know, He might be drunk oh. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good attitude. Well, they know we mean no harm. I, I think that's enough, Bebo. We, we have uh, uh, six contestants for drunk of the week. Not including Moscow, who unfortunately sobered up. I got to stop yelling at that kid, so he should call him back. See yeah. how he's doing now. See how that's that off the air. All right, it's a good idea. All right, guys, uh, everybody, pay attention because you're gonna have to vote. We had Beer Punk first. Um, he had like a um, no Sean first. Let me get it in order so you guys yes. can remember. A couple of IPAs. Uh, there was a big story behind the two IPAs. Uh, three bombers. One was a barley wine. One was a La Folie, and one was another. Uh, one was a double IPA. 
So that was three bombers. Uh, then he had a homebrewed double IPA. Then he had a Doppelbach, and he was rounding it out with a, the Blondale, I think was the end. Uh, uh, then we had Aaron call in, who had a Glissade, a Fuller's, an IPA, a couple of hairy, hairy eyeballs, and a Grand Teton something or other. That was a barley one, too, wasn't Black it? Black Cauldron. It's a uh, Imperial Stout, I believe. Okay. Then we had Andy Wood call in. Um, he had a Bloody Mary, a Bigfoot, um, eight of Kim Wood's. Uh, 14%. 14% Mean Time Porters, which I think he, you know, I think he was stretching the truth a little. Um, he, sniffing some glue or something. Then we had Beer Punk, who. Um, Probably had more to say. We just got real bored. But he had a Rochefort 8 and a Widmer 11% something or other and an Abyss and a Stumptown 22 ounce something or other and a Double Red. And then we cut him off uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, then we had Sarah, who was a 36C. And then we had Blobberglop, <laughs> who, called in, uh, who, who uh, didn't give us his resume but did sing uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. And um, clearly, it had a, a few beverages tonight. Did I mention that thirty? That Sarah is uh, um, how much did she say? Did she weigh? She didn't really say. Size four. A very small size four, thirty-six C. Did I did I mention that? No. Can you mention it one more time? Thirty-six C on a size four frame. Thank you. Plus, if you go by her voice. She also, I mean, it sounds small. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's a real thing. I know it doesn't sound very scientific, but but your but the cavity in your chest area and the size of you has a lot to do with your voice. It's why I I sound so manly, you know. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so those are the people you have to vote on. Bevo, of course, gets two votes as always, one for each boob, and uh, one one for each personality. Actually, is I think more what it is. <laughs> wow. One for the nice side, and and you know, let's face it, the other side. Uh, are we ready oh, to vote? Man. Sure. All right. Sean, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That was good. I, I want to vote. I wish I had two votes because I would vote for Sean with one of my votes. And if I'm being real, he certainly drank the most, didn't he? And it's all during the show, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's during the show. Shit face right now, now. Now, 36, I mean, Sarah had a bottle and a half of wine. Don't forget that. And she I mean, I'm, sounds drunk. I'm, yeah, like, I'm making fun. Her nose. No offense, Sarah. You're adorable, but <laughs> <laughs> right. She's but you're nasally, no offense. Like, drunk voice, you know. Right. Okay. Anyway, how many was that? Uh, raise your hands again if it's for Sean. Okay. All right. Uh, raise your hand if it's Aaron. All right. Uh, by the way, if you watch all this on Justin.tv/slash/brewing/network, you can see the voting happen. Raise your hand if it's Andy Wood. All right. Uh, raise your hand if it's uh, Beer Punk, who's been drinking all day at Arizona Beer Week. And driving. <laughs> and driving. <laughs> he took a pause. Well, he, but he paused. Yeah. He paused. <laughs> he wasn't drinking and driving. He stopped drinking while he was driving. All right. Raise your hand <laughs> oh. if it is oh, uh, yes, if it's uh, Sweet Chest Sarah. That's uh, both votes coming from Vivo. Uh, okay. Ooh. All right. Okay. And uh, raise your hand if it's blobber gleeby 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 gloppy gleeby 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 gloppy glop. 
you know, the listeners hate us for this, but uh, Sarah just won Drunk of the Year. All right, I sure. mean, let's face it. You got a set of those, and uh, Bevo exercised both of her votes for one person, which is very rare, actually. Usually, uh, they get spread out. I just uh, know how I sound when I'm drunk. Yeah. It's a lot like that. <laughs> so Sarah wins with four votes. Sean, our first caller in, was, a, was really close with three. On another week, I mean, he really might have... Yeah, I, I really want him to call back in. Yeah, I do. Because right now, I oh, think you yeah. got... And Brad brought that up, too. It's really just hitting him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he was calling just a second ago. Sean, keep calling. I'll answer oh, Sean's call. is that call. who that is? Yeah, I think that was Sean. I'll answer his call. I think he was calling a minute ago. If he calls back again while we're still on the air. I got to tell you, Justin, after you play that Steel Panther... Erica has decided she's already got her shirt picked out. They come in concert, she's going. Oh, yeah! <laughs> See? I'm going, too. I will go. All right. We should all go. <laughs> I thought about that. I got to look up their tour, and I thought, do I really still even fit in with that crowd? She sent me a shirt. She's got it picked out and everything. She loves it. Oh, I think For you real. totally fit in with that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> really? I shouldn't even have asked myself. Yeah. Just, I just thought, you know. Just stop talking. <laughs> You're right. All right. Hey, Sean, is this our first uh, Drunk of the Week contestant, Sean? Yeah, this is me. I actually don't remember that first call. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what do you mean first call? I'm giving you my resume right now. Uh, Sean, you are a very close second place, man. Um, Let me tell you, if if you were a 36C, I think you could have gotten it. Actually, it's funny you bring that up. (laughs) All right. No, I am not. If you are a 36C, that's wrong. Yeah, he doesn't sound like a big fat load. So, uh, yeah, look at I, I. I do feel bad. If I had two votes like Bevo, it would actually be a tie. But um, I, I just don't, and so you lost by one vote. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, the reason I called back in is that I wanted to break the tie. Uh, I have a pint glass sitting here that is full of my Belgian quadruple 11.2% and I was going to chug it on the air. I don't... Yeah, do it. Yeah, just do it. (laughs) Chad. (laughs) He's on a roll today. Come on. It sounds like such a nice beer, though. An 11%. Uh, It's a holiday. Yeah, go for it. Do you have the homebrew? He's got five more calendars. You guys got nothing to lose, right? Yeah. All right, Sean. You're the man. Do it. All right. Here we go. Maybe a little Steel Panther while he's doing it. You got it. It Thanks. could take a while. <laughs> Tomorrow morning's going to take a while. Okay. There we go. That was got quick. It. That was wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Dude, you're going to hate yourself for that tomorrow morning. You know, that's <laughs> one option. I mean, I think the other one is. I'm going to love myself. <laughs> and right oh, now... I want to change my vote. <laughs> I love you and me. Glasses is half oh, full. I'm pretty guy. sure he's going to love himself later. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love yourself in about 20 minutes. No, he's not. That's not going to happen. No, I'm not going to be moving any muscles in about 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, Bevo is seriously considering changing one of her votes oh, after that. That was pretty good. Well, hey... Uh, you guys broadcasting live next week? Yes, we are. From Downtown Joe's. Uh, I will call in. All right, Sean. Thanks, man. Have a good night. You too. Later. Have a good morning, sir. Uh, okay. Where was uh, 36C from? Can we just call her that now? Virginia. Virginia. Oh. West Virginia. Oh. So that means her husband was probably her brother. <laughs> oh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it might be true. <laughs> he was pretty relaxed, wasn't he? <laughs> he was good with it. Beer Punk wants to call back in and sing us a song. Oh, Boobs is on the phone again. <laughs> 36C, what's happening? Oh, I'm so excited. You can't believe it. My tits are like jumping up and down right now. <laughs> boinga, 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 yes. <laughs> Congratulations. You are our official Drunk of the Week. I'm so excited. You don't I'm understand. Here. This is like lifetime achievement. It's going on my resume. I'm really, really excited. <laughs> my husband's excited, too. <laughs> I feel like I feel Thank like you. I feel like uh, she's being a little sarcastic. I feel like she's not, no, take, no, she's no, not taking her crown seriously. You don't understand. I've tried. I've tried on Sundays for so many times, and I haven't reached this point. And this time, I was like, I'm going for it. I got to chug the wine first. Um, yeah. So awesome. Well, I think you, you. I think you've made your husband proud, and uh, you you really done a good job. I mean, it was a well earned victory. No, thank you. I love you guys. I listen every Sunday, and I finally reached this point, and I'm so happy. <laughs> Sarah's about to cry right well, now. We're happy for you yeah, as well. Maybe. Now put that swimming suit on. Get I'll a picture. I'll send you a picture later. Thank okay. you. It's uh, Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> And uh, I know. and I'm just I have a memory. All right, and I'm you know I'm just trying to look out for my audience. That's all. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. All right. I will be sitting in front of my computer all night, apparently. Just waiting. Just waiting. I'm just going to be waiting right here. Listening to Stripper Girl. We done? Beef? You're the producer tonight. (laughs) Um, If I'm the producer, we would have been done a while ago. (laughs) Um, Beer Punk wanted to call back in. Were you going to do that? No, we're, we have okay, no then songs. Yes, we're done. Bye. Love you guys. All right. Uh, join us next week out at Downtown Joe's. Uh, thank you very much to Brad for coming in and, and, and helping us out today. Glad to be here. I appreciate it. Come back anytime. You're always welcome. Um, oh, wait. Just for JP, go Sharks. Okay, there you go. You, you really are uh, filling in for JP. <laughs> yeah. All right. Come out to Downtown Joe's next week. It's Tattoo Week. Plus, we'll have some great topics with Colin like we always do. You can taste Tasty's new pale ale out there. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Out. I really love your boobies. I want to love you till the end of time. I want to love you in a 69. I want to love you where the sun don't shine. Hey, where'd you put that Coke? Cool. Take my cock into your back door. I want to fuck you, you fucking whore. I want to jam it in and out at a real fast pace. Till I squirt hot juicy all over your face.
dance I didn't mean to fuck your friend Give me one more chance hey. 